Welcome to Sexy Time with the Coffee Hunter. Today, you'll be hearing Green Arrow the Longbow Hunters from 1987. This scene is from issue one with Oliver Queen and Dinah Lance in a nice warm embrace. And Oliver has a question for Dinah. Marry me, Dinah. I'm serious. I love you more than anything in this world. Maybe I've been stricken with my own mortality. I'm going to be 43 years old this week. Somewhere I have a grandchild, sort of. But I don't have a child of my own. Back into the superhero world we all know and love, and that's exactly what we're here to help you do. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is episode number 234 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Ah, yes, it is. And welcome. It's the end of June. We're ready to go, Eric. We're ready for July and the dog days of summer, right? We're ready for them. So much. We're ready to go. Happens in June. Yes, this is the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can go and read all of our reviews for all of the books that you'll hear tonight. We also are on Twitter at WeirdScienceDC, I think it is. Uh, oh, we yeah. also, yeah, we also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash WeirdScience, where you can go and listen to a ton of shows, including this show early, uh, and some other things as well, including the weekly Patreon-only DC Comics Spotlight. Uh, this week, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Coop. Beep, boop. You had beep, Silencer boop. number 18, which ended the series. And also Dial H for Hero number four, which ended my sanity. Sadly, is what it the finale. Did. It is not. We still have eight more issues of that book. It's not <laughs> nonsense. Uh, but we're going to get right into this because we just mentioned the badasses of the Get Fresh Coop. Beep, boom. We're going to do... The badass roll call. Here we go, Eric. I got it all set up. I hope I don't mess this up. We're going to start off with Dalton, who is back and made me so happy. That Welcome he came back, Dalton. Back. Yes, and we then have Christian, Ken, Francisco L. Rock III, Lady Abby. Oh, jeez. This already messed up. John Jack, oh, no. Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T-Funk, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja, Batman Beyond Mark, who we'll hear later, amazingly talking Fish. Batman Beyond. There. Uh, we have David Fink, Scott Manship. Manship, we have a mail later of Mount Frisbee. We have Brandy right. Murray, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, everybody. Reggie is on the men. 
and and talking about coming back sometime in August. So that would be awesome. awesome. We have the A Superhero in a Home Business podcast by Ron Saunders. Look that up and listen to Ron do his thing. We have Dave J, Andrew and Bel- Belfast, Comic Boom Araki, who you can look up Comic Boom. He has a pretty cool YouTube channel that I sure go does. and look at. We have D-Man 3000, All New Dave, Carlos, Ian, Chester McJerk, Brian King, Jolly Drew, my man Pete from NYC, Paulie P, Right Said Fred Too Sexy for Eric G, Seller Dweller, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A Ramonte, Simon Swanee, Anthony G, Missy TR, man Rob Lewis, Long with my Ruben. I did it. I feel Save. bad for those people at the end. I- I didn't. I'll say them again then, Eric. We have Hakeem, double A, Rod. <laughs> Wait a minute. So I, I quiet in here. We have Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T. Now I feel bad for the people that didn't get this treatment. Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf Mar, and Ruben. You feel bad for them, do you? All right then, Eric. Dalton, Christian, Ken, and Francisco, Lady Abby, John, Jack, Nick, I Adams, really Mark feel Jager, bad for him now. T-Funk, Vermillion, Aldrin, Stosia, we got Batman Beyond, Mark, don't you know, David Fink, Manship, <laughs> Brandy, Murray, got Bobby Bain, Reggie, Ron Saunders, Dave J, Andrew in Belfast, Comic Boom, Rocky, D-Man, 3000, all new Dave. Carlos, Ian, Chester, McJack, we got the Brian what King, Jolly Drew, and my man Pete from NYC. We got the Paul P. Right, said Fred. He's too sexy for Eric G. We got the cellar dweller. We haven't seen him much lately. Luis, Ulysses, <laughs> Jones, Hakeem, Double A, Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee. Don't call him Taylor, Anthony G. Missy T, our man Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf, Marv, and Reuben. And Reuben. And Reuben. What a strange intro. Reuben. Reuben, Reuben, Reuben. There you go, Ark. <laughs> there you go. You, you made me feel bad. <laughs> and don't worry. From all of that, you made me feel bad, too. They, they got a very, very special send-off to June now because well, of that. They better, st- they better stick around <laughs> for July to, to have all that. Now, with that, I am yeah, desperately right now. That's great instead of the stick around. Look what I just did for you I'm guys. telling you, I'm, I'm looking through for other songs that I can do this for. I want to keep going. Now I found something that really tickles my fancy. As they say, you want to hear some others? You want to hear break? that? No, no, no. <laughs> what, what's, what's that, Eric? This just in. It tickled my fancy. It did. Would you like to hear the badass roll call done by Britney no, Spears? Would you like to hear that? Is that something that might intrigue you from here on out? If it's you, actually you done by that? Britney Spears, yeah. Yeah, it is. I- I'm telling you. Wait. Hey, hey Brittany. You that? Yeah. What's going on? There, there, I don't Brittany. trust this. That, I don't think it's legit. That, that doesn't sound like Brittany. Hey there. Hit Maybe me, now. baby, one more time. There, there you go. I don't know why she sounds a little like the guy kid. I, got I there don't at have, the end there. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Brittany Spears here. I hear that there's some badasses around town. <laughs> I'm here to do this. Hey. 
Maybe we could do a duet with the Tay Tays. <laughs> that's it's becoming guy kid again. That, that's classic Britney, isn't it? Hey, I, I'm doing this, and for some reason I can't multitask. I'm trying to find what I'm going to use this, and I, I can't do it, Eric. I, I just I'm having problems here. I, I don't know. Well, that's that the intro, ever, everybody. I hope you enjoyed I it. I don't think Thank that we're going to be able asses. to have. There's no way that we could possibly have the oh, bad roll we move call. On past this. Don't do it. <laughs> What's that, Eric? Fuck. I actually think this might be the song and, and not the karaoke that I thought it was, Eric. Yeah, listen, at least we can... Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that this is the karaoke. We're going to see, Eric. Here we go. Of course it's the karaoke. I, I think this is completely yeah, yeah, failed. Yeah, even with the karaoke version. No, oh, no, it's the real version. No, oh, I Jordan thought you were doing really good Christian. there for a second. Here, here's what we're doing now. I'm doing it. You, you don't realize this is the hidden messages. Ken! Francisco! Just doesn't work as well, Eric. I, I thought that was the karaoke. <laughs> what, were you screaming over Britney Spears? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I thought that that was the. Is there any others? Is there possibly that I have you drive? Does so everybody crazy? remember that episode number two thirty four, the milestone when we started yeah. yelling over Britney Spears for the yeah. roll call? That that doesn't work out. How about this? That, that's not that's not a karaoke. Obviously, either. it's going to work so much more, right? <laughs> this is. <laughs> This has failed. Come on, Eileen. Oh, Eileen's uh, not one of the badasses. Come on, badasses. You got Dalton and Christian and Ken Halleck. There's Francisco Elrock. See, it works right, right? Lady Abby, John, Jack. It would be perfect if I had the karaoke version of that. See, they got a bonus now. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, hey, anybody's you know, gonna call this a bonus. You know what we really? <laughs> you know what we're doing now? We're gonna go off to the books. Right, we're here with uh, the books, and we're going to start with the two big books of the week. We're back to actually having, you know, uh, what we usually have at the beginning of the podcast. Last week, we had that uh, very weird start with Teen like Titans Teen and Titans Nightwing. And- oh, yeah, God, Nightwing, yeah. I believe. It was very odd. Uh, but yeah, we have a couple more books this week. Uh, I will say that in general, 
I don't know. I was kind of bored this week. I have to yeah. admit it. I'm not going to fake the fun. Wasn't the hip week. week that I was looking forward to? No, these books. And what ended up happening is a lot of people were talking about the books in Slack. And as they always do, we see tweets and things like that. And I'm like, oh, my, it's a golden age this week. I can't <laughs> Every wait. week. And, and there was a bunch of these. I, I didn't have any reviews. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I haven't read any. And that always throws me off also because usually I have read some and we'll be at work and we'll discuss books. We really didn't talk much about those. Uh, all the books this week because you only had a couple of the ones we're doing tonight as well. So we're kind of, you know, doing our deal. You did mention some things to me. Uh, But yeah, so I I jumped in today to read all of these and i always have people you know on thursday like what'd you think of detective comics i'm like oh, i'll let you know gym, saturday future jim will be talking to you around saturday at five uh so i, I jumped into these and read them and i was already tired i'll admit it I, I had taken my medicine but i was already tired i'm laying down with my tablet reading and i actually when i realized that i have to get up and read them sitting up at the computer because i'm falling asleep that means trouble and i had to do that i did end up having to do that not that these are awful i mean we'll have some things we're going to talk about tonight it's just overall it kind of was one of those blah weeks that that really nothing grabbed me there's nothing that i can say right here and now like your letters to cleo song that you've been singing all week uh that i would say like hey that moment was huge. Now, again, one of the books that everybody loved was JLD that we'll be getting to later. That's just not my jam. So nothing in that. Because I guess the big moment would be the uh, Naboo, the Dr. Fate uh, yeah. deal. So Stealing that, away Naboo the and the Helm of Fate. Getting yeah, rid of the yeah. Lords of Order. Going forward to the other like that. Oh, my. You're getting me fired up. Breaking right. news, Eric. I don't care. There you um, go. I have my new, that's my new sound effect that I overused today in the news program. Everything was breaking news. Breaking news, Eric. You're an asshole. There you go. It just, this, this just didn't hot off the presses. I hate your guts. Oh my. That, that's my kind of news program, right? Wait a minute. We're getting news from the chopper. What's up there, Artie Pie? Eric's an asshole. There you go. There, that was the news uh, from the chopper. That, that was the traffic report from Artie Pie in the sky. Eric, he causes the accidents that Artie, as we know. Uh, but yeah, here we are. We're here to talk these books. If you want to read all of the written reviews of these, you can go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and read the reviews. And there's going to be a lot of different voices over there. I mentioned this in the Marvel podcast. I don't mention it as much here, uh, but I will. Uh, if we don't like a book that doesn't mean that it's the same exact review on the site Uh, a lot of the people there's a lot of other people involved so they may like something we don't we may like something they don't so there's always a surprise are you there you upset that i said breaking the breaking news I love Eric Shea. Is that guy going back over? I'm just sitting here wondering, like, he's yelling so loud. I wonder if he blew out his microphone yet. No, it sounds a little no. staticky to me now. No, there, there's a weird thing now. I realize that looking at the thing, somehow I'm coming in real hot and heavy. So I'm not really yeah. yelling as much as you would expect, but somehow my mic, and this happened to me and Brandon uh, as well for the Marvel deal where the mics reset the levels. I usually have myself pretty low. I'll have to adjust that. Pretty low, later. Jim. Pretty low. Speaking of pretty low, I, I might have mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but I don't think I would have. Anybody who's listening and wants to get involved or not get involved in the Patreon, who wait, July is another one of those annual months. We're going to have an <laughs> annual week at the end of July, so you can all be mad at me then. But, uh, you know, July is my birthday month, Eric, so you can't be, you know, that upset. Wait a minute. What's this coming over the wire? Breaking news. I'm <gasps> old as hell, Eric. It's true. Breaking news. 
Ah, here we go. We're going to start up. I'm telling you, I love that breaking news sound. It gets me so fired up. It really does. I love it, Eric. I, I, breaking news. I love that sound effect. How's that? Was that a little more laid back? I it actually like it a back. little more, maybe maybe equal to the fart board. We'll get the fart board back. Speaking of which, Why? I saw we don't I that. saw wrong turn uh, yesterday at work. He came into work, and I said to you because we'd had something that we really needed to have wrong turn recorded. Did you we figure out say, what it was? No. No. I, I sat there and I'm like, he's here. Uh, he's in the house. Wrong turn in the house. What was it that we needed him to record? I can go grab him right now. And and you're like, I don't remember. I couldn't either. But I we tried. do have we do have some. Pretty much old... sitting there. You're interrupting my lunch to tell me about wrong turn. Yeah, really. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. They're trying to listen there. to my true listen crime here. podcast here, Jim. I'm can't being informed see, over here. Can't you see right now I'm vaping my maple syrup flavored vape? That means stay away. It's what that means. Uh, we did find from <laughs> the will. vault. Eric, wait a minute. From the vault. <laughs> I love that. From the vault, we did find two wrong turn games that we never used. We think we didn't use, but hey, if it's new to us, it's new to everybody. It's new to everybody. So yeah. we're, we're going to end up doing those on annuals week. So we'll have probably one of the last wrong turn segments because he breaking news. I won't hit it. He, he ended up moving out. <laughs> From his uh, father-in-law's that he was no in the parking, the parking lot. lot. Yeah, he's not in the parking lot of our work now. He's uh, down the road living with his parents. But hey, that, that's how you go. That's the upgrade. <laughs> the upgrade was that he doesn't have to pay rent as we See, uh, that's think. the worst part is that they had to leave because her parents got tired of, of their son dropping yeah. trowel and taking a crap right yeah, there on the floor they, in the hallway. They, well, not even just that. What happened is their son ended up, and now, you know, classic wrong turn son story here. Uh, and if if you want to know Wrong Turn's son's name, find Wrong Turn and look at his forearm. He forearm. has it there. Uh, to make yeah, sure he, he always remembers. Up, he ended up like, hey, Grandpa, look at this. Pulled down his pants, took a big deuce right in the middle of the hallway. And then when his grandfather, Al, Grandpa Al, Eric, you know, oh, Grandpa Al, Al uh, <laughs> says, hey, you can't do that in the hallway. He proceeded to start doing like he was a monkey and picked it up and threw it at his <laughs> grandfather. He picked it up and threw it at him. Oh my! So it makes so much sense in my uh, mind. It all is coming together. Yeah. Come on, Jim. It's this so kid's good. Gonna be a terror. It's so. He's oh, going to be in jail by the time he's eighteen. Yeah. Also, eighteen. Also, he's been cutting. Uh, you know, things. He's been like cutting through their screens he, and breaking the screens stuff. and chairs. At this point, it's going to upscale to people soon. Yeah, really, it will. We I mean, keep the animals away from them. We're going to start with a book that we usually start with the weeks that it comes. It's no surprise, and and really, the beginning of this book is not going to be a surprise either. It is Detective Comics number one thousand and six, written by Peter J. Tomasi. The art by Kyle Hotz. He is hot, Eric. David Barron and Rob Lee. I know. We both have problems. Uh, Peter Tomasi starts up another story. I'm starting to get worried. It looks like there is another cult in town uh, with a few days to thrill. And while this is an intriguing start with an awesome guest star, Tomasi's last bunch of stories on Detective going back to the end of the New 52 kind of all had intriguing starts, some with cool guest stars, and they've all had disappointing ends. Fingers crossed this breaks the trend. And like you said, this is the thing. You might like old Hots' art here as a 
look at the panel, see yeah. it's kind of an old school type of look at points. You have the Spectre, who is the Spectre you know amazing. big guest, looks incredible. At one point, you have King Kong Spectre. Oh my, he's so huge and it's sexy, and he's there, and these all look King great. Kong Spectre. I was like, <laughs> there was an ape Spectre in this. Yeah, really. He has planes and stuff going. He's you know got Kaiju the fleas going. He's there, and uh, but yeah, so each panel, you know, the whole the. The sum of its parts don't equal out to what each panel looks like. It, it's really – it didn't tell a story in a great way. I mean you both thought that separately. Uh, I think that the focus is a little too close in. It points there's action. It gets a little you know, muddled. You, you don't know what's going on. And just the progression from panel to panel, I, I mean it, it points the specters doing things, and I, I can't tell exactly what he's doing. Looks like he's got bottles and cans on his fingers. I don't know if that is. That's the uh, thing is, I'm telling you, I think I actually ended up looking at that for a little while too because I didn't understand. I thought that maybe that host, uh, the cult of specters that we have, should have they threw smoke grenades to get away. But the whole and he idea got those on there, I, yeah. No, he picked he picked them up to look at him. It looks very odd, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think about how this cult of specters got away after kidnapping Jim Corrigan. Yeah, and this thing. is the problem. And, it's almost like there's little pieces missing in the panel progression. Like you're watching a movie and they're taking out. Frames as you but, go, like, so it, it looks the whole disjoint. Thing. Right there, when you, I'm looking at the frame right now, I'm realizing now that what happened is because when they take Jim, you have a close up on the Spectre's face, and it says "blam, blam, blam, blam." I'm yeah. guessing that's the smoke grenades going off, but you never see it yeah. on the panel. This yeah. is not a progression of a story here. There are scenes. I'm telling you, I have to expect panels to show up to say "scene missing." Yeah, and, and so with that, you see blam, 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 blam. I, I actually think they're shooting at him, uh, and then Maybe. he has those because the only – you're going to be playing with fire or smoke, Eric, and when there's smoke, there He's is trying to fire. trying where these cans came because from. Because the, the idea of having smoke grenades against the Spectre, the guy runs around. He rolls in smoke. I mean, really, you don't need smoke grenades for the Spectre. But yeah, it's a cool deal. It's a cool idea of having the Spectre. Joey ends up reviewing it on the site, and he reads it right away. You know, he's reading it, you know, Monday or Tuesday when he's doing the review, maybe even on Sunday. And he sends me a message like, how many Spectres are there? I'm like, as far as I know, pretty much there's one, if not none now from what we uh, ended up with, or at least he's not oh, what he in, used to in say. Gotham but, After Midnight, yeah, that's, that, that series I that we had in the DCYU, right? It, it doesn't bother me because I never liked that in Gotham After Midnight, getting rid of it, not even referencing yeah. it. It's okay. It's just the idea but that explain we what up it the was. first Spectre explain. story. The first thing was, in Gotham After Midnight, we found out that you know the whole right hand of God, the spirit of uh, justice and wrath and all that stuff, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't it was that. Spectre. It turns out Jim Corrigan was a meta with a split person personality and he was yeah. actually controlling the specter i'm like it was an awful turn of events for it the was character. an awful turn of events it. but what i thought was if it continued a little bit with it it gives you something different i i can understand what they were trying to do i didn't like it either but it it gives you a little more play with the specter because you kind of don't now have a lot to God. do with the specter i mean really it's this is this issue gives well, you classic specter and really what do you do with it he on, ends well, up even with that whole thing when you change it up to where it's not actually you know god himself the yeah. judgment of god before you 
that like opens up some things because it doesn't make this uh, this an omnipotent character. Because now we have this yeah. whole thing where we have the the ho- the uh, the and cold stuckers leave you now. It's see like, this. I am unable yeah. to sense your presence, Jim Corrigan. I'm like, but why? Because yeah. we just had these guys who looked like you, but obviously weren't you because they were shooting guns and throwing smoke grenades for all. I, yeah, for all and I it, know. it's funny too because as we ended that uh, in the new fifty two DCYOU with this idea of a split personality, with the idea that it's not the right hand of God, not the presence of God, and stuff like that, and you're going to work with the meta that has it it's funny because tomasi is going against that we're, we're writing that out but then he kind of twists it back towards that again with them being separated you know and i think that a lot of writers do have problems writing the specter it's why we don't have you know 800 issues of the specter when we get the specter anymore you can never really hope or think that you're going to get more than say a six issue mini of the specter it's real tough i mean we've had ongoing stuff like whatever but it's tough because you kind of like you said you have an ultimate character that pretty much yeah. can One give of the you most the powerful wrath of God. characters I mean, yeah, in the dcu so when you do have them you do have to have a reason and a way to kind of you know nerf him a Rail little him as there. the kids yeah. say uh, and it is it is kind of a, a neat premise of the idea that a specter instead of jim corrigan because most of the time when we have jim corrigan show up especially in with a batman book and things like that it would be jim corrigan going to batman for help jim corrigan going to find something and then you know oh my god it almost ends up like a hulk thing where he ends up you know becoming the specter later and stuff like that but this is a little bit of a twist and i i like it like i said i'm intrigued at the beginning of the specter actually going to batman for help because of this but i'm telling you not much happens in this issue this is an issue that you know even though it took me a little time to get through uh, there it, it's it's paper thin the plot so far so i hope that it expands upon it. i don't even want to look to see how long this is because it always ends up upsetting us if i'm like oh by the way eric this is a two issue <laughs> it's not but i you know i have no right. idea but right. we'll, we'll go with it well, while, you're, while you're talking here i end up looking because of that canister thing has been bothering me this entire yeah. time since i read it so i'm going through it seems that this cult of specters though they have what i can only imagine are finger guns with silencers on the ends of their okay, fingers so he and this is what that? specter is picking up after they had, uh, it, like, it's took weird. Off. i just don't know how this group of freaking cult members were able just to get out like you know no, run I, away yeah. from the specter well the weird thing about it is is you know we'll say it's the cult of specter uh, when did we get we got the missing panel of cold specter come out to play that's all it reminded me of he's got <laughs> bottles at the end of his fingers uh but yeah it starts off here and you you get the specter and so it, it's a wow moment it really is jim corrigan we, investigating we a murder with like, his partner yeah. martinez and we both like you know the specter and ja- you yeah. more than me uh it's one of those dark characters but i have a connection this is where i was talking about i do have a connection from the end of the DCYOU. And, and so when I see Jim Corrigan, I actually right away thinking, okay, what's which which one's Tomasi playing with? Is this the idea? Well, that even in he, that one, too, we had the giant kaiju specter walking around yeah, Gotham fighting yes. that Black Lotus. So we have that here again. Yeah, so I was Batman. thinking like, okay, is this going to be the, you know, are we going to be shown that this meta thing is, is the, you know, who knows what's going on as we go. But they get word that there is a, you know, shots fired. There's there's problems. They go. They end up finding a body in an alleyway in an execution style murder. Moida, where the guy's there, but they're like looking all, you know, no lacerations, no problems here, no defensive wounds. You, you have all this. And as it's going on, like right away, the idea where that 
hooded green hood from behind Jim Corrigan. It, it's it's not really well played out. And when it goes, I don't know if you're supposed to think like, oh man, that's the specter coming out or whatever. But then I think you it was do the see specter the pers- like persona that's looking on. But yeah, I, that, and I think thought, that's what you're supposed to think as well yeah, until they I, give you the big reveal. But, like but then it's here. right there, the next panel. Yeah. But with that, I actually thought that it was one of those where it was the wink wink trying to show you, hey, by the way, Jim Corrigan, if you don't know, he's also the specter. But it, it's really kind of a weird deal and then these people attack and and the thing that i didn't like right away with this with the idea that this you know where we're getting confused is these people are obviously dressed up like the specter why doesn't jim corrigan react any bit different he just the specter comes out then but i i would have liked to because he's just like what the hell that's about it I'd like him to be like, and the, and what, what do you think too. you're up to? You know, what the hell are you guys up to? And it's just these guys. And and with that, you don't get the idea of how many there are, who they, you know, all this stuff because of the idea. It's real close in. And they end up shooting. Oh, Tony, we hardly knew you. <laughs> he gets shot in the and shoulder. Tony, even with that, though, the, the cult has the Tom King problem as well because this entire issue, all they say is, yeah. the host must die, long live the host, yeah. over and over again. Now, like, again, with this, uh, I would have liked more of a reaction from Jim Corrigan. He doesn't get a lot of time to Come react. Come on, Tomasi. Tell me that. about the Knights of the Sun and the Arkham yeah, Knights some more. Really? Tell me what happened with that. Now yeah. I expect you to jump in here and tell me about a new cult yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't so it's a new much. cult. He is a guy who seems obsessed with cults suddenly. And uh, yeah, so Jim Corrigan, the minute that I'm Jim Corrigan, I see people dressed up as the specter saying the host must die Hashtag along Spectre with Brown. the host as they're pointing at me. I'm, I'm just grabbing Tony and I'm running or whatever. But he kind of Tony gets shot. Uh, Poor Tony really didn't need to be shot. Right. He could have just been pushed away. Now, I I saw him eating at the diner earlier. He kind of needed to be shot. No, no. Real. Really. This guy's eating habits and how, uh, you know, awful he looks. He'd be dead next week from a heart attack. Uh, So they're going here. And the specter. So. In my mind, I'm. You mentioned Tom King. I'm going to start Tom Kinging this of filling in the blanks. In my mind, they obviously know who Jim Corrigan is. They know the connection to the Spectre. Yeah. They shoot Tony to bring out the Spectre so that they can grab Jim Corrigan and run, right? This would be the deal. Number one, you're playing with fire here. If you're going to entice or, you know, get, you know, yeah. If you're going to try and you're part of your plan is, okay, we'll get attacked by the Spectre because they all all should be dead. First first part of our plan, what we really got to do is piss God off. I don't (laughs) want to play anymore. Let's piss God off. And then, and then we'll, our plan gets into motion. You know, and also not even just piss God off, but pissed the wrath of God off, who really could just end up destroying all of us. And then this one guy again seems as if he wants to be killed. Like this is the thing. And now I'm looking too. These gun things are they're actually guns on the end of his hands now because he does fire from them. I'm yeah. I'm confused with these things. But then it's, again, I'm telling, you, so, I'm telling you, when I was reading this too, I was confused too with what we had going on because we have all of these people dressed I guess as they're God guns. after the specter had shown up i guess these are god guns and the the way that they're trying to get you to know which is the specter is the word bubble but he's like is if wrath is what you seek you know you have well earned it murderer and uses those things that seem to be just you know out of his hands (laughs) guy he's a t-1000 now he's making things and blowing them up which might be a classic thing i don't know but it gets gets confusing i say you can t-1001 is what he is but yeah so you have the blam 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 and that's that is the specter 
shooting and drawing yeah. blood and then the smoke coming off of his handguns. He's finger banging them is what he's That's, doing. Uh, by the how end, did they get away? How, I don't how did they get away? Moonface, I need your... <laughs> The host must die. Long live the host. And as this is going on, they grab Jim Corrigan and run off of them. Now, I see them grabbing one, two, three, four, five. At least six guys are grabbing Jim Corrigan. And then what do one, they two, three, do? Four, dance? Five, six, what is it? They dance down 11, the, the, the alleyway? As if, what is this? West Side Story? The, the Jets and the Sharks? They're snapping. Because why doesn't the Spectre see any of this going on? He's so, I guess he's supposed to be so into this killing that he doesn't see it. I need, where's my wrong turn deal? And they just get away. They get away. And where are you? I'm unable well, to sense your presence. I guess we need Batman's help now. Yeah, and he's like, Corrigan, where are you? It's like Corrigan left. I mean, I guess what this new specter that, uh, you know, Tomasi's given us, you know, two blocks down the road, he's gone. He, But again, is the cult doing something? They don't seem that fancy. You know, when you get to the end of this, this just seems, and we don't know. And this is going to be know. the problem. We need to know about this cult. So hopefully in the next issue, it's fully spelled out. But yeah, Batman has to be in his own book. I don't know if you realize that, but they, they have an editorial edict that you must have some Batman in both Batman and Detective Comics. So we do get Batman fighting these bank robbers. It's it's nonsense. It, there's not much to it. It's it does okay. nothing for but the story except for give us stuff, a reason to have Batman there and then go yeah. away to go investigate that murder that Jim Corrigan was yeah. on and then find a kaiju specter as he's going rooftop to yeah, rooftop. because he's fighting these guys and even that, like this progression. The one point where he punches that guy's face in, ah, that guy's dead. But the next panel where he's doing the karate move of the elbow to the face to the side, and it's so close in, you don't even get anything. It's just like, and then one of the guys is looking from behind him and stuff like that, and I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> it, it throws me off. But then that's when you get the big giant specter because he's there he he ends up knocking out all of these bank robbers and then he's like leaping from you know building to building and all of a sudden because he hears this big like boom boom and it's it's the specter walking through gotham and it's it's the kaiju specter and it looks awesome and when he ends up coming and i have come for you batman the credits page there here we go i mean that (laughs) that uh you know, as a plain page, that, that's something that that Hots might be signing at some conventions. It looks awesome. And it looks it to me, it actually and I, I don't know if you like this, but it does have a Neil Adams kind of look oh, yeah. to it. Uh, also, with that, he also, Jones to I said he likes the Kelly Jones ears is what I was going to say. Yeah. It has the big giant ears uh, that you always get a kick out of. So it's really, really neat. But then it just goes on and like, I, you know, you will talk. I'm going to talk to you with the big finger there, the smoking finger. And it's just like Batman was like, I didn't think we'd ever meet again. I'm like, oh, is he, is he playing back at what we were talking about I earlier? I just don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't think we'd ever meet again. Jim Corrigan is a cop in Gotham yeah. City. If you're going to see the Spectre, it's going to be in Gotham City most and, likely. And that's what I was thinking, that maybe that was a little bit of a play of the end of the DCYOU. The whole idea that it's not the right hand of God and all this and maybe he's talked to Jim Corrigan about that because he does say Spectre I didn't think I'd meet you again I thought maybe that's the play I don't think it is but you know no. he he 
Jim Corrigan comes here, they're heading off and watching Netflix together. Isn't that what dudes do together? That's what they be doing. Sometimes. Uh, but, but not the Spectre. Uh, he don't watch it on Netflix with the Spectre. The Spectre. No, he's an Amazon Prime guy with the no, good omen. No, show the, you know? he, he does that, but also he always spoils things. He always knows the endings. He, he's a spoiler. Uh, except the spoiler alert here. He doesn't know where Jim Corrigan is. But yes, Batman, Brown, Batman has to be. You, you know, I don't know because what, but if I don't have anything to say, yeah, he attacks him. <laughs> I'm like, why are you attacking him? I don't understand Batman, you know, this whole deal. And it ends up being nothing because Batman tries to run away and he just grabs him by the cape. I have not given you leave. And then he's just like, he's not there for anything bad. Batman really needs to find out things right, before look, he like, goes Batman off the knows his, his deal, though, because he's not there for anything bad. He's looking for Jim Corrigan, but pretty much with the specter being out batman knows that he's just murdered somebody and well, Batman's yeah. not about any murder yeah well still he's just like well what's going on but he's like you know i gotta find out i, I can't find jim corrigan i'm here and i love how the specter realizes the way to get batman is to stroke his ego he's like listen batman i came for the greatest detective he's like huh? i'm listening now you know, yeah, I might be my giant this. ears no. have perked yes, up now. They have Come perked on, up big time, uh, and they end up, you know, going. And even then, Batman's like, "Why isn't anybody noticing this? I mean, where are the, you know, the sirens and things?" And they've you know, the made military. it so yeah. that they cannot see us, Batman. As we walk through the crime scene, there's, and that's the thing is too, the whole idea of Spectre and Batman walking through this crime scene yeah. unnoticed because they're under under the power of God, whatever. But in the one panel, it does look like the one CSI guy is looking behind him, like he knows they're there, and yeah. wondering to himself. Why don't anybody else see this shit? Yeah, when the guy's there and he has his eyes like to the side, like he can hear <laughs> something. Maybe, maybe he's got some powers there. Uh, but yeah, you have Gordon there. He's smoking it up right at the crime scene. Always oh, ruining the crime scenes there. And they're looking at that wall that the guy like got just obliterated. That, that's one of those little pen lights. He's just trying yeah. to inspect it better. Oh, that's what he's doing. It's a pen <laughs> light. Is it? The funny thing is, usually this pen light, it, it starts smoking at points. It must be overworked. But yeah, he's like, hey, look at this crime scene smoking it up. Uh, no, and they're no. gathering I was evidence. really hoping that there wasn't a close-up of it. I'm going through now. Yeah, there's a big old close-up of that cigarette. Yeah, he's yeah, just ruining yeah, it. Yeah, he's ruining it. But yeah, so I could have made believe something yeah, before, I like but not to, now. They're, they're putting their little tags there. Like, what are these other tags behind? Like, there's the one near the hand. I get that. Are these other blood? More blood. Even more blood. Yeah, yeah there's a more lot blood, of blood. blood. That's what are written on those. But we're not getting anything new here. So when they go to the crime scene, you're pretty much just being told what we saw already. So it's like, you know, yeah. John Doe's. This is, you know, uh, this Detective uh, Martinez. Detective Martinez. Another guy had been blown up. This other guy's blown up. This guy execution style. So we, we know all that. Now, will the execution style, do you think that that was the setup then? Uh, oh, I and why do. and why would they have to set it up to be this execution style? It seems I just a imagine more... it's one of these things. You got one of the the cold of the specter running around, just kind of following Man. Jim Corrigan. All right, we got him and Martinez eating at this diner. You should see all the shit all over Martinez's face. It's gross. But anyway, it's we got gross. in the area, kill that guy in the alleyway, call it in, so we'll know that they're going to answer this call, and then we can grab that Jim Corrigan guy. That's what I imagine is going on. A whole yeah, I just wonder why the they cult, go full the out. They go full out with the you know execution style. That is it supposed to lead the in a different direction in the thing but i'd love it too you have the one guy who's the plan maker and he's like listen everybody this is what we're gonna do we're gonna get this guy and we're gonna get him execution style what do you think and the one guy's like uh raises his hand okay john the host must die long live the host 
<sighs> All right. Well, th- then we're going to get, you know, then when the specter, we're going to draw the specter out by shooting this Martinez. Uh, what, what's that, John? Uh, the host must die. Long live. The- oh, God. Damn. Let's just go. He's like, I, I, my <laughs> why don't I get smart people in the cult? Listen, I told you, I told you himself, the mantra. My cult. <laughs> I told you the mantra. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to say anything else. What it's going on is these guys are have really bad memories. They have to keep repeating it to themselves. Repeat they, after me. Yeah, repeat yeah, really. after me. Oh, Walk no, God. this no. way. Next thing, they're walking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Batman then, in a cool twist here, it is kind of him showing up with Gordon like out of nowhere like oh man you're always scaring me with that as we say this Eric I do see a close-up of this that is one of those douchebag uh, smoking pen things that he is smoking. That it son of a like bitch. like a drawn Gordon, cigarette to me. Gordon. No, no. When he's like, glad you made an appearance, Batman. Yeah. No, that, I don't know. That looks like an e-cigarette. Who is he? Stephen Dorff? Really? Well, the thing what is, the they hell? don't smoke at the end. Yeah, well, he, it, it's a combo. I don't know what's going on. Actually, we find out it's a French fry that he's. It turns out fire. he's just—he's really trying to quit smoking, and it's just end up burning his friggin' pen light. He sticks yeah, in his mouth now. That's all he's doing. He's burning it's oil his fixation. Pen. <laughs> he's smoking his pen light. Uh, yeah, so you end up having Batman show up, and these guys are all have that look like they did before when when they weren't supposed yeah. to know he was there. Uh, but yeah, they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" Batman's picking up evidence, which basically. Has half you know, an, an arm, arm and some gooey rags. Well, Gordon with, gets to ruin evidence. I get to pick it. up some. And I love it too. He's like, you know, a dead detective, a missing one, along with this guy against the wall and whoever this chunk of gunk used to be. And Batman's like, at least they left something to go on. I'll run this back at the base. I'm like, who the base? The base. You? Oh, you, you fancy one. Uh, so like, okay, they're going to go. Nothing feels right about this no, issue of detective comics it just, to me. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It, it it feels like that. You know, that fear. What was that? Kings of Fear or whatever that one was that we yes. didn't like. Kings but, of yeah, fear. That's that's what it kind of reminds me. Of it just doesn't. You're right. It doesn't feel right. Like some of the characters who doesn't really know the characters are actually trying to like somebody was hired who doesn't really know comics to come in here and do a story. And not only that, but the artist as well. Because while the art looks great as a panel, it's for like you know just to look at the progression of it does not tell me a great story. For some reason, even the way that it was set up, it threw me off while reading. And I'm like, I usually don't have this kind of problem. Yeah, I don't. I usually don't either. I'm a dummy, but I don't don't usually have that. And I want to look up Kyle Hotz real quick when we're doing this. Uh, he is older. He's 70 years old. I, I had no I, I don't know who it is and he, what he has done here. Maybe he's somebody that we should be aware of. Uh, but I, I'm not. And he really goes for that classic feel. Even the idea of when Batman's like, I don't care what you are. When the specter says I'm God's vengeance, blood on blood, because he's like, you killed somebody. You slaughtered somebody. And he's like, I'm God's Batman. vengeance. When he says, I don't care what you are, it's that classic angry Batman with the scrunched up cow and things that you see a lot in the classic deal. I like it. Like I said, I like the panel itself, but the progression just is off a little. But yeah, at the end, we get the, you know, the big cliffhanger where you do have Jim Corrigan there with this Colt. And, you know, some of them really, I, they better be wearing gloves. That candle wax that's burning on all of their hands. And I guess they are probably because that's kind of a part of the Spectre's deal. But some of them might not be. I don't know. And you know what? It, I like the way it feels, Jim. It's I like burning it a lot. the crap. 
And, and even with that, when you that look at this, a little bit of pain is a whole lot of pleasure. Are the things on the right? Are they little guys or are they statues? <laughs> they're like little <laughs> mini skeletons or something. But they're like, you know, long live the host. The host must die. Long live the host. Their mantra. Yeah, I've heard them. And there's Jim Corrigan, and that's that. So we, we don't know. It's intriguing. It really Just is. The idea and- too that we had that whole setup, like you said, where we go and we see the crime scene, we see what happened, and then we have to go get Batman to go and reiterate the crime scene we just saw. I'm like, come yeah, that's on, what I'm saying. You, there's not much to it. this issue. It is filling it out. It, it's it's tough. I I really think that there's not, and that's what worries me going forward. That there's not much story and you're going to kind of get these things like this. But it's always cool to see the specter. You get points for it that. It is cool. And uh, like I said, they, the art and that that credits page look great. Some of the individual deals. There is a problem with the the progression of the stuff, though. I'm going to give it a 6.5. I'm intrigued. I'm worried. I'm very worried. Uh, I think that this could easily turn into one of those things again where we never find out anything about this cult. And it's going to be more of the wow factor with the specter. And then we, you know, get out of here and start another cult story. Uh, probably I think you're going to go a six. But what would you give it? I'm going to end up. I was. I actually just talked myself up from just giving it a flat out five. Oh, I'm going to really? give it a five point five out of ten because oh I don't know what they're doing with the story right now. I don't know what you know. Like you said, we talked about the continuity and what it is. We don't know what yeah. continuity we're playing with the Jim Corrigan, especially no. what we have here. The it's idea okay, that the specter, that, this all powerful yeah. being, cannot find Jim Corrigan. It's very like you know convenient for what they're doing with the story, and then we're just backtracking, doing the same thing for what we have with an issue where I don't think the art tells a proper story. So I'm actually constantly backtracking to make sure I'm reading this. Yeah. Proper we couldn't even figure out those goddamn canisters and the god guns, whatever you want to have them on the ends of the Spectre's fingers. I actually thought those were the cult members. It's just not properly spelled out for me here. And I was not having the fun I was expecting out of a book with the Spectre. Besides for when he's a giant kaiju. That little bit was fun, but it actually took two or three pages just to show Batman jumping across rooftops as you saw the top of the head of the Spectre going through town. That was a lot of filler there to go right back to the crime scene that we just saw. There was nothing to the story. Yeah. This just in, Eric. You're negative. You're negative. I, I just wanted more out of this because I've really you know, enjoyed this. You know what? I think that uh, one of the things that might have been played better, a little script, Dr. Eric, uh, this I was going to say this just in, I'm pretentious, but uh, the idea that you didn't kind of they should have done something this cold if these if this cold cold, knows everything that it does but maybe something should have happened to the specter where he's not as all powerful you know what i mean (laughs) the base hey go back he's got a tree fort nothing feels right i I love the bit i want the base to be an overturned cardboard big cardboard box he men women's haters club <laughs> it's no Jim's allowed, and Jim Corrigan goes to go in. You're not allowed in here. But no, no, wait, no. there's Jim Gordon in there. No, no Jim's allowed. Jim's, no Jim's club. <laughs> That'd be great. But yeah, the idea Glad that maybe the Colt could have done something that would have, you know, You're given right. the whammy if to the Spectre. Would have done something in this issue. Maybe it would have been better. <laughs> I'm just saying that the Spectre's the Spectre. I mean, really, all he has to do, God, it's me, Spectre. Uh, Are you listening? Are you there? Are you listening? It's me, God. Spectre. Yeah, he, where, where isn't he just getting old? He's the right hand wrath of, of God. He ain't the smarts. He doesn't know where he is. He, he can't sense. The Jim's Corrigans. And even maybe, with that, maybe you can really, get his bearings back at Batman's base. <laughs> back at the base. Maybe it would have been something well spelled out, too, if, if something would have happened in this connection and disconnection meant something. I mean, really, it's just he just seems like he's mad because, you know, I should know everything and I don't know where Jim Corrigan is. We don't get any sort of, you know, stakes 
with this, right? It, it's like we're there hunting vampires. I knew you were going to vampires. <laughs> steaks. We're eating steaks. There you go. I'm not going to go anywhere into that. But yeah, there's something missing. And that's what worries me because a See, lot I'm of going stories, down to a five out of 10 for it. I'm going to a four. No, I'm going <laughs> to stick with the six, five. Uh, but yeah, even like the uh, dream machine birthday party of the mind uh, deal, like y- you never get enough info and i'm starting to worry that's what we're going to get well you got a lot of info at one point until you realize none of it mattered because it it was a dream well really what we find what we will find out later those are the people that trained batman and tomasi's mind it was just a dream simulation i'm i'm gonna go into the mind of tomasi eric i'm going into the oh i just figured it out the the cult of the specter they're all long lost cousins of jim corrigan that we never (gasps) met eric that's all it is there we go but yeah, we didn't even mention that that annual had another one of these stupid mysteries. Batman Year Two tie-in uh, to a character yes. that we never knew existed. Yeah, that's a yeah, mystery. Yeah, <laughs> it's a mystery, all right. Uh, what are we talking about next? Next up, we have Action Comics number one thousand and twelve, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Simon Kudransky, Brad Anderson, and Josh Reed. It's time to get back to the Invisible Mafia, but after waiting so long and dealing so heavily with Leviathan, I don't know if anyone's going to remember the Goofy Food nickname group, and they especially won't from the art depicting them. God, I'm having trouble tonight with this. No. The meat of the story, though, is the introduction of Rose and Thorn into this series, where she's immediately given the Leviathan offer to help change the world, even though it doesn't really matter because she's just introducing this issue. There's no real stakes the idea yeah. oh my god this character we just saw here she was given the offer oh my yeah. yep she got the offer yes she did and it kind of pulls back of being uh leviathan as one person then i think that bendis got word that you said that it was going to be one person and now he's pissed you, you don't bet, you can't out bendis bendis my friend uh you, you, oh, we're no, gonna somebody, start somebody with just this. said hey you know uh, leviathan is a group oh shit it is uh, also, we are I, leviathan I wanna, I just want to say, well, first off, too, you start with this web page, the Daily Planet, you know, Twitter page, and it drove me nuts. I'm looking People at it. You really got, like this. You got Jason Momoa mentioned in the DC comic movies. I'm like, I, I don't need that. What I love, though, is this fantasy world that Brian Michael Bendis is, is in. I need whatever he's on, Eric. I need it because in any world that right now trending is Event Leviathan, Gem World Crisis, Wonder Twin. Lex Lucifer d- dilates for hero, and you're the. I mean, really, like pretend that that's going to be trending at any time on our twitters, please. That ain't happening. Also, I want to point out the Daily Planet Sometimes are a Superman bunch does. of assholes. Assholes, Eric. Oh they have 124 million followers and follow back 127 people. What a bunch of jerks. Really? You know, assholes. Uh, that sounds like old Eric Shea right there. But yeah, after that. I, you mean I in do the future, have, old Eric Shea? I, I do. Yeah, like I'm old have, Eric coming back no, in the no, future? The, old, yeah. the, uh, the issues I have, two issues right away. Uh, Simon Kudransky, me and him have an ongoing battle, Eric. Him uh-huh. versus Does my know eyes. No, he, he's uh. never found out about this. I do not like his art. I never have. It's just a, a thing. Well, the, it seems I don't like mind at the beginning. His art. What, what is this well, the first bit with the freaking Invisible Mafia, though, with the style that he's depicting? Because Well, that's you because re- he's trying to be Alex Maleev. It's just I, Alex Maleev just from the, the idea, Leviathan Just the though, book. that you jump in here to reintroduce the Invisible Mafia, which we haven't really dealt with in like a wholeheartedly in a long time since the Leviathan started. We had that whole iron lung kind of thing, that lead tube that they all get into, and they have their meetings yeah. so Superman can't see them. When you can't even recognize any of their faces and the style is actually a yeah. hindrance on trying to figure out who any of these people are. I'm telling you, I think that he's trying to grab problem. the Alex Maleev style that was 
on the Leviathan book. So you're getting that Leviathan feel there. But this is the I most action why. comics part of it. <laughs> I know. Well, you, you have that going. Now, my other problem is, is that uh, why do I have to have these things? I get hungry every time I'm reading these people. Gummy? I mean, there, there's pretzel. There's gummy. It's funny. If, if gummy Brian looks like a thing doesn't is, have any teeth. Yeah, really, if Brian Michael Bendis is listening, which I would doubt it, you know, and he would want to put it, I'd like to be cheesesteak. That's who I am, Eric. I'm cheesesteak. You'd be pizza. You're the stuffed crust pizza. I don't want to be hey, pizza. St- hey, stuffed crust pizza, get over here. It's funny because as Superman is listening and they're trying to not go. Can he, I be he like a 7-Eleven like, Bahama Mama? You could be the Bahama Mama, and it has to be Seven Eleven cheeseburger big bite. And Superman's <laughs> listening in because they don't, you know, they're afraid of these trigger words. Superman starts like, "Who are these people that are always yelling about food? I mean, they're always talking about food and stuff." But yeah, they're they're going with all this, and it's just it's a lot of nothing. This whole issue is a lot of nothing. This well, is we continue what on the Brian same Michael idea. Bendis is. When we first had the Invisible Mafia, with the idea that these people have to be super careful, so they go and they have the meetings in this tube that's led so they can't be seen yeah. through. They have the idea of the words you can't say because we can't get Aunt Superman hearing out for us anymore. We're going to stay incognito, but I don't know anything about this. Like This was a problem when they first introduced these characters that – I don't know what they're talking about because this invisible mafia, we've never seen what they do really, yeah. except for set some fires to make it look like Superman did it at one point, and that was it. So when you introduce no. them, but make it so I can't even recognize who these faces are, if there's anybody in the group that was there before, but you are not helping anything in this reintroduction here to get people back on board. No, and it seems like he doesn't even care about that. What he cares about is introducing this new drug, apocalypse. apocalypse. It's the apocalypse drug, and it's going to get you. Uh, yeah, so that, that seems to be what that's all about because they're like, hey, what's going on? Hey, this new apocalypse deal. Uh, and then we go off to and, – and I still think that he thinks that that whole thing of not saying words, he's so enamored with his cleverness with that that you always have to have that play where somebody almost says a word. <laughs> somebody mentions that you better add another word to the list. I said to you, they better start adding a leviathan yeah. because and that's now the whole his thing, trigger. And now they know that the Bermuda Triangle is where the new fortress Solitude is, so now we can't say Bermuda Triangle anymore. Yeah. He's going to be hearing I, out for I, that. I love it too. It's like all of a sudden there's some poor schmuck in Metropolis, like, hey, welcome to the Paranormal Podcast. I'm Paranormal Papa, and tonight we're talking about Bermuda Triangle. Ah! Superman comes and grabs him. What'd takes you him say, away boy? And comes, what oh, did no. you say? <laughs> I, I don't know. And the yeah, thing is, it, it's very, it's something very silly to be upset about. But even looking at this Bermuda Triangle where there's seagulls, just ta- I know they're just taking dumps all over I this know, damn thing. I didn't like I, it. I hate the Bermuda Triangle Fortress of Solitude and just the idea of it because, like, like on the inside, it doesn't matter. It's just the Fortress of Solitude. You never know the difference. Like, but just when you have these crystals coming out of the water and some rocks there, I'm like. I just don't yeah. like it for some reason. Just because of the history of that, you know, North Pole Force of Solitude, something I've known yeah. my entire yeah, life. Yeah, it's, like, it's a huge it's thing. That seemed, it was just changed Bendis. just to change it, just to make him have his own deal. Now, oh, you, great. My uh, dog's going crazy here. Uh, but with that, then you end up hey, you with, like that uh, going to the Bermuda now, Bendis. Yeah, yeah, really. And just also that, things. hey. Stamp. You like Superman? Well, I'm going to get a hold of Simon Kudransky. Make him look like a meathead. You like that he looks wedding? Terrible. You like that, uh, oh, that wedding? Yeah. You that like freaking... that? Yeah, that's not happening. Marriage. You like them as a couple? No way. They're swingers. Now they now. just now they just hook up and have booty calls. I'm like, why yeah. did you do this to them? But I'm sorry, this yeah, has nothing I, to do about the issue. It's my own little hangups. But I swear that it has nothing to do with my like outcome of my ideas for this issue. I just for some reason it's been building up. I'm like, I got to tell people again how much I don't like this new status quo. Yeah. 
Superman. Yeah, they, then you go, and it's pretty much sexy time talk uh, with Clark and Lois. You know, Superman and Lois, and they're laying in bed anything. together. The whole it thing. doesn't mean do remember, anything. Do you remember what you thought the first time you saw me? No, I don't. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. Thought, That's because here comes, here comes just, an alien. He it's looks just Superman. Big exiting this issue while he just like he just came in okay here i am hey you remember this no i don't and then okay goodbye and then he's oh, yeah. out of the issue of the rest of the freaking thing i'm like well even when he's even, like is this the corner version you said about uh, detective or you have to uh, have a superman in an action me, comics yeah it gets me so it just when he's like i'm gonna leave the planet now because you're gonna try to reverse engineer that nonsense and the truth about how they what he she thought when she first saw him and then he's like all right you'll be back from interstellar galactic war with your creep of a father and then it's shoom shoom I'm already back. It was eh. that panel, the way Superman, who is that Superman? When he comes back, I'm like, what is that? That is the worst looking Superman I've ever seen. 1990s Ben Affleck. Hey, hey, bro, I'm back already. Yeah. And then it's just the whole thing. And even with the dialogue, like like, Metropolis. I'm like, eh, I just don't like this. And then Lois with her, she's like getting her hair and put it on. I'm like, who is that? I don't even like that. This art is awful. Well, the thing is, and, for, uh, for the most part, once we get past the Invisible Mafia stuff, I didn't mind the art until we got to the uh, point where we introduced Rose Forrest, who's Rose and Thorne in this. But when she was first, like uh, Robinson Good first walked in to interview her, I thought that was Lois Lane sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up with, uh, you know, Superman going off. Lois is there having Kalex looking on her dad. She needs her notepad. And then we go back to the Daily Planet. And then we get, you know, Trish and, and Robin, Robinson uh, good talking. Trish and Robinson yeah, good. And uh, this is – it's it's classic awful Bendis dialogue with this. It's like, hey, I wish we were better friends, Robin. That's nice. What's your name again? Big Barda. What can I do for you, Trish? Lois Lane. <laughs> what what just happened? What what are you talking about? These people should they should both be committed. If anybody was listening to any of this nonsense that they're talking about, they should be put away. And and it keeps going on where it's a lot of talk with nothing said. You end up there where Trish, she's oh, the yeah, gossip for some reporter. Reason we have to she's like going to talk reporter. about. Well, that's yeah. the thing. We had this before when you know Lois was in Chicago writing her book while about her time and space, and the whole thing they put out the information that Lex Luthor was showing up to ask her questions, which I really think it's going to turn out to be Leviathan who showed up to try to you know give her the offer as well. But when it's like Lex Luthor and like you know Lois Lane spotted in the Chicago hotel, schmoozing it up, I'm like. We never dealt with that again. So beyond no. this whole talk about I, Superman's kissing Lois Lane, I don't know how much further we're going to take this because yeah, as far as anybody knows from the, the gossip columnists, Lois is all over town giving it to anybody who asks. Yeah, oh my, watch yourself. But yeah, here, this is the other, it's like, oh, hi, Ch-. this is the whole progression of, it's so bad. Oh, hi, Trish. I wish we were better friends, Robin. That's nice. What's your name again? Big Barda. What can I do for you, Trish? Lois Lane. Ends up the legends are true. She's so cool, right? And I have footage of her making out with Superman. Uh-huh. Here. Oh, you do? And it keeps going. Then Superman, who is not her husband. Oh, I like Clark Kent. I do, too. Poor guy. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. Poor Clark. Poor Clark. Lois kissed Superman right on the lips. Poor Clark. <gasps> Oh on the lips? God, like, yeah, oh, that means they're going steady. What are they, Tom Brady? So you're, you're doing, and it's just, it is, there's two pages of nothing at all. 
And then the whole thing, too, to get, when we even get past this point where Robinson's at her desk and it looks like she's out of nowhere. We don't know what it means at this point, but her arm becomes the red yeah. sm- cloud. Yeah, she like starts she's, turning in the red like cloud. Like she can't control her power all of a sudden. You know, freaking Perry's about to see it. Thankfully, it turns back. And that's where yeah, she doesn't we even move seem on. that concerned either for what we that is. We move on she- from that, though, out of nowhere because we have that Rose Forrest. Now we have to have Robinson Good interview Rose Forrest and the idea of her Yeah, because that's who thought. called. Rose yes. called. And in my mind, I'm getting the idea that Rose has triggered her by talking to her on the phone. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you, as they're doing that back and forth, Robinson and Trish, that the last panel of it, do you have that up? The guy walking away, rubbing his head, that's me. That's me walking away from the issue. He's like, God damn, I can't, I can't take this. Uh, but yeah, so Rose calls up and wants a meeting and all of a sudden she's turning into red. And is that supposed to be so we remember who she is? And that she's, it's like, okay, whatever. And it's weird. Yeah. Uh, you do have Robinson then go to talk to Rose. And it's just, it just continues throughout this whole deal of just nonsense. And people are like, man, Rose and Thorne, that's awesome. That's brilliant. Some of these characters and aren't see, it's around. Even this, it's, even the second, it's even the second it's version of Rose and Thorne. Thorne. And yeah. the last one we even had was uh, Tom Taylor did a, a series of Rose and Thorne, which was the original version, Rose Canton. So it's like, you know, the I just want to go and wonder, why these writers pick certain versions of these characters I think at they certain just times. pick certain versions and pick whatever and they it's obvious sometimes they pick these characters so that they can just do whatever the hell I, they want with just, them because I nobody would just cares. pick Rose Canton just because I don't like the idea that this this character her name's Rose and Thorn but her real name Rose Forest. I'm like no yeah, that's, that's a little too Forrest. much for me. Go to Canton version. Yeah. So yeah, you have Robinson talking to her and, you know, she's like, you know, I, I have this other side of me, this thorn. Yeah, she comes out. And really the progression is – Am I talking me, to her now? Let, I'm telling you, mess up my hair and kind of shuffle my, my suit a little. I, you know what I mean? The coat gets a little little bit more disheveled and the hair gets messy. And yeah, hair gets a little redder ta- maybe. Am I talking to Detective Butters right now? <laughs> and, and so also with this, it does – in the way I think that they're like, okay – People aren't going to really know. So when it does change, you got to change the uh, the panel layout with the borders to turn in the thorns then because who can tell? She, she just looks – she looks like she's she just gone out for the night. She's a little bit drunk. She's, as, she as came through Thorne the garden is. here and Metropolis doing the walk of shame with that messed up hair. Is this big rig butters that we're talking to right now? <laughs> She's just like, hey, and I, I would love it because the, the idea of this would be, in my mind, a very distinct change in voice. Like you'd have Rose who would be very, you know, you know, kind of meek and kind of, well, I called you because, <gasps> and then, uh, you know, I just hey, you're doing you to be this, there. guys. Hey, <laughs> here you. hey, hey there, Robinson Good. What's going on there, Let me tell you about my vigilantism (laughs) over there in the suicide slums, Robin. Listen there, I'm down in there in suicide slums like it ain't nobody's business there. Forget about it. That, that's all that's all I can think is that it's this crazy change. But you can't get that in the comic page and I wish you could. I'll tell you at one point. They were selling the bottles of the apocalypse with like a hundred thousand the bottles. <laughs> she's she's waving her arms around. Like Gilbert Godfrey when she's oh, yeah. Thorn. Hey, they were selling the bottles of apocalypse. He's yelling and screaming. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love her waving her hands around. Uh, and then she just shows that she just goes to the underground 
the you know of Metropolis and just yeah. kicks ass. She goes and, and smashes people with bottles. It's such a weird idea too, because this whole thing where Thorne is a vigilante, she goes down to the like you know yeah. suicide slums or whatever, and she kicks ass and talks about the idea in this town of Superman and stuff like that. She believes that there's a conspiracy going on where the cops are letting yeah. vigilantes go and do this to try to clean up the streets to make yeah, their job they, easier. They, they're, 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 they're used to a Superman. That's all exactly. it is. And I understand because I'm a lazy guy too. But yeah, even so when we go. I. Later on, when we go to this whole thing where, you know, Robinson then reports to Leon about what the, she has heard about this whole thing. And Leon's like, was my name brought up? I'm like, why would you be a part of the conspiracy that the, she's talking about with cops and stuff like that? It's, it seemed like a very odd line for her yeah. to say. Or is she yeah, just like, very did, did they talk about me? Yes. Yes, they <laughs> talked about They always yeah. talk about you, Leon. You're a very big yeah. person. You're very important. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's just weird, like that that whole you know invisible. It just pops up, and I have and that's the whole thing you, too. I, because Rose is the one. I mean, Thorne, she's kicking the crap out of the invisible mafia here. I think Gummy got a kick to the face. Yeah, really, it's true. Hey, look they call at him me Gummy here. now because he has no teeth now. Step off there, Robinson! I'm telling oh, you, she's yelling. Step that's off. what crazy people sound like. I know it, dude. And I'm just like, well, what is going on? But it is it is kind of a clever thing if you do look where it changes the uh, panel borders oh, yeah. to the Rose thing once she becomes Rose but again. It's like, just this, huh. this is the first thing, the introduction of Rose and Thorn. You don't get any backstory. Yeah. You just get the idea that this poor girl Rose becomes a homicidal vigilante who takes yeah. out bad guys in the suicide slums at night. And, the, and besides- I, I would love to think that she runs around and she has a belt with bottles on it because she keeps smashing bottles over people's heads. That's, <laughs> that's, her, that's her weapon of choice. But the she idea, has, though, but, hey, don't, don't get near me. You're going to break the bottles. Hey. That's the idea, it, that's though, that you else. put all this time in to do the rose and the thorn borders to show the differences just, of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But by the end, though, when you give her the offer from Leviathan to say, like, hey, you want to you change the world. I'm going to give you a way to change the world. It doesn't mean anything because we just had her here talking. We don't know anything about Rose and Thorn except for no, she thinks there's a conspiracy going on. Yeah, really. I, we need she needs a really strong catchphrase. And I'm telling you, I don't have every one rose right has now. a thorn. Hey. Listen, like Poison said, every rose has its thorn there. Hey, no, I, I you think that what we're getting with emotions. these. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but I, I think that what we're seeing here with a lot of these things, and Brian Michael Bendis is jumping full in uh, with this and some other things that he's doing. It kind of is like the uh, you know the kite man syndrome, where you, you want to try to grab these old characters. Well, I'm cool with that as long as you set them up and rose do something thorn with them. Isn't as much of a joke as a kite man, uh, but yeah. Uh, that's the problem is, you know, everybody out there, you, we have Tom King fans that listen, obviously, and you'll have most obvious? of them love Kite Man. <laughs> no, I'm saying he has a lot of fans. So they well, like saying, Kite they Man. To this. But, well, they might not listen to us, but uh, the idea of, man, you you got Kite Man. He's no longer a joke. But what, what has he really done for anything? You know Hell what I mean? Yeah. The, and that's what happens when Shouldn't these characters your come. Emotions. They're just there. <laughs> yeah, really. Don't fly kites with your son is what I learned. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to so, kick your glass. Oh, my. But yeah, so there's not, you know, I'd love to say that we're going to continue with the rose and thorn and have more. I, I just this this is going to hurt in there, just a little prick. I, I'm, there'll be a Wonder Comics book coming out, Rose and Thorn, soon, and I don't need that. But uh, and that's as just long as it's taken more that, seriously than the rest of the Wonder Comics stuff. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But by the end, the hardly new ye Rose and Thorn 
gets a visit from our man Leviathan, who is giving her the offer. And it's one of the first offers we've seen now of this where, uh, you know, we've seen it. But this yeah, is yeah. like as we go with the Lex Luthor thing. Uh, Why did we get comes in right here. now? I don't know. Everybody's getting offers. But he's like, I think you have mistaken me for somebody else. We are Leviathan. I'm like, ooh, <gasps> it, it was, it, it's getting a little different from before. I keep thinking that before it was I was or I'm doing this. Now all of a sudden it's a we. And how would you like to make a real difference in Metropolis? Now, of all the things we've seen of Leviathan and all the things that we've seen, you know, his MO and their MO now or whatever. Yeah. Rosenthorn fits it well because she's going down in the underground. She's fighting things on her own, and it seems like that would be something. The way Leviathan it's gonna be great, Rosenthorn. You and Batgirl are gonna get together. Nobody else well, is taking I'm me saying, up on this offer yet. That's what I was yet. gonna say. The thing is, though, you go to Batgirl and like, hey, hey, Batgirl, what's going on, girl? You, you, you're doing this, you hey, know. Girl. I have this other plan, you know. And Batgirl ain't gonna listen to him. She doesn't get out of town. Rosenthorn, they might listen. I mean, they're they're just you know. We don't like, know that Batgirl didn't take that off. Am I speaking? to detective rose <laughs> he's got to make sure he talks to thorn not rose but well, just look yeah, to see if so, she has must up hair yeah that's all he does he's like wait a minute let me look okay i can see that panel who am i border. speaking to oh, well you're thorn. speaking to thorn right now <laughs> i'd love it of course like, i am <laughs> hey hey uh baby who, who am i speaking to what do you mean there, bro? You're speaking to the Rose. Nah, nah, I think Whoa. you're lying. You're I don't a liar, think you're Thorne. telling the truth. Oh, man, got me again, sucker. How's he I keep doing it? <laughs> he keeps guessing it. I thought uh, Batman yes. was the world's greatest detective. <laughs> it seems like this guy in the mask is. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, what'd you give this? I ended up giving this a 5.4 out of 10 because I thought the dialogue was the normal <laughs> nonsense Bendis dialogue. I like the art for the majority of it, except for that beginning stuff with the Invisible Mafia. And it's like, for some reason, this changing of the styles throughout just didn't do anything for me. And the idea that we just had a whole section, uh, a small section of Superman to just move away from that to introduce yeah. a character and, that and say definitely really is. nothing We've been about told, her. We've been told fully that he's been told that he has to have Superman in the book and he has to be doing Superman things. That gone and back, that's the Superman thing. I think Quota he's – fulfilled. Uh, and I, I think that he's kind of like, you know, you don't tell Bendis what Bendis does. So here, I'm going to give you that. And it's almost like he's already trying to be a jerk. It's just you know? ultimately at the end of this whole thing, though, I found this issue to be boring because I'm like, the idea of introducing Rose and Thorne, that's interesting to me. The, I like these older characters, these, you know, not very well used characters. Pardon me. Uh, they yeah. haven't been used in a while. But when you just say, okay, here they are, and then give them an offer, well, that doesn't mean anything to me because you no. just bought her in this issue. I'm like, why yep. would you do this? And when you do introduce them, you just pretty much have her sitting down and talking to another character you haven't fully developed in Robinson yep. Good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to give it a, a 5.5. Uh, I um, The one thing, though, I will tell you, I didn't think there was going to be anything to talk about in this issue. We had some fun. So yeah. at least we had hey, that. Man. Hey there! What's going on? Oh no, Thorn's in the house again. I didn't invite Thorn to dinner. I invited Rose. Hey, that's what you're getting, bro. That's it. You get me, baby. Go brush baby. your hair and give me Rose back. Yeah, really. I want Rose back. But yeah, we're gonna go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim.
right, that's mail section number one. Thank right. you, Dancing Mike, for that. And we're going to start off. And before we do, if you want to email and become a star of the show, more so than Eric Shea, you of email us so. at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. I don't know if you've seen this so show sure about in. that. I almost forgot our email address. <laughs> Here's the first and email. Come together and, now. and then awesome. Here is breaking news. Legit. Dalton's back. And then right. we heard him earlier in the badass roll call. Which and one? Dalton. Dalton. What? I think both or all three. I don't know how many we did. He even got that extra third uh-huh. bonus. Uh-huh. He says, hey, Jim and Eric, long time no email, but I'm back and couldn't be happier. Awesome. Welcome I was, back, and Dalton. he's he's going to explain because I saw him pop up. And if, if you ask Eric Shea here, which he's here, so I can ask him. I have oh. mentioned Dalton, uh, you know, quite some bits over the years or so that we have not heard from him and i wondered what had happened to him uh, because he even i ended up used to you know check in on him and he even got rid of his twitter and stuff like that and i was kind of worried about him but he says i was one of the first people to become a badass when the patreon launched and he was he was one of the you know first handful being a part of the get fresh crew was an awesome experience and i got to meet a lot of love lot of like-minded comic fans Uh, uh, this just in Jim has a mush mouth. Unfortunately, I began to find myself in a bad place mentally. And as depression goes, everything began to get me down. And that, yeah. that's true. I, I that suffer happens. from that as well. I dwelled on everything negative. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I, I definitely know what he's talking about. And when you guys didn't like a book, I took it into my heart and let it affect me personally, which is nonsense and in no way your guy's fault. Now, uh, you know, from this, me and Dalton got in some arguments back in the day when we first started this whole deal and when he was in the slack and stuff like that, uh, kind of just discussing of what a score would be and things like that. And and I, I really got upset because then he kind of, he left and I really thought like, I didn't mean anything personal. I really thought that he just, you know, I hate thinking that he thought that I was being a jerk to him, but, but because of that, I ended up pulling my Patreon donation and stopped listening entirely. I barely even read anymore. And there was also a thing I want to know with Dalton because I do remember him working with a guy that listened to the podcast as well and he would tell me about him and the guy you know kind of laughing at some things so I wonder if that's still the case about two months ago while I was beginning to feel better emotionally work took a deep nosedive in the nonsense land and I needed an escape yeah, I picked up my books again and began listening to the podcast again. And that's uh, one awesome. of the things that we kind of don't stress as much, but pretty much the reason why we started the podcast was so people would have something to listen to at work. That's and that's we why do. we even like, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. And damn it, if you guys didn't put a smile on my face every time I listen. Well, not every book has been great. Listening to you guys was exactly what I needed. And if that wasn't worth $20, I don't know what is. What would be is the uh, transformer you tried to get at no, the- that was third. Target. Yeah, well, still, it's a little they more. Now, you, now you're talking I'm nonsense. telling you, I went to Target specifically to see if they had a new figure, because a new wave of uh, Transformers came out recently, and I've been trying to find them, and I was specifically going to find one of them, and he was there. And I was so excited, Jim. This is like two hours before we got on the night. And I'm like, as soon as I get done, it's here. I'm going to have some triple changer action with Springer yeah. here, and as soon as we get done the podcast, it's going to be a great Saturday night. And I get the thing. I grab a two-liter of Diet Coke for Jessica. Oh, she my. asked me to grab it, and I go that to the part- counter. I go to the self-checkout, yeah. and I'm all the way down to one closest to the door, closest to the way out, and then I scan that Springer action figure, 
And then a red light goes off and says, there's a problem. And then I have to wait for a clerk to show up to help me. She scans her card and it says, this figure cannot be sold until July 27th. She, I read this on the screen. She says it to me and then tells me, you know, if you want to come back July 27th, we'd be happy to sell this to you. And I'm like, I was so upset. My, my, my begrudgingly, oh, did not persuade her to let me have this figure. I was almost at the door and she has to pull it out of my hands. Like, as yeah. it slides out of because I didn't want to let it go because I was so happy, Jim. And she she didn't care. She saw the happiness in my eyes and took it personally. Like, I'm gonna yeah. destroy this man today, yeah. whether I and have she to or did. not. She did. This just in. You are a loser, is what Aww. you are. So I started my Patreon donation back up and I'm so happy to be back. I'm still a little behind on reading. I'm listening <laughs> to the podcast in tandem. As such, I only just learned somebody just gets shot at your I house. We have, we have my kid. <laughs> you should. We have the, my kids screaming and yelling. They, they don't listen to me anymore. And then we have people shooting guns or something. You know, the fucking fireworks. Such. I can't wait a couple of days for the 4th of July. There's a bunch really. of. Yeah, you know, they know. What, what do they I hate do? So a calendar much. isn't going to stop there. Don't they fun. realize that I didn't get my spring in a day and I'm angry? Yeah. Did you did you see one of my greatest posts I ever had? Was I it a dick pic? No, no, that oh. that was that's not because I saw that pretty much. Yeah, you always it wasn't see that, that great. No, I ended up putting up the poll for the independent uh, book, the indie podcast. Oh, the, the indie spotlight, spotlight. that's coming you. out. The indie spotlight comes out on July fourth. Well, obviously, we have a lot of listeners from around the world, so they do not celebrate July fourth as much as we do, right? Now so I said that July fourth is Independence Day, Eric. Indie. Independence Day. That's it's pretty just clever. In, Eric. I like that. That's brilliant. Today we don't have a lot of good books that week. I was uh, no, no. We <laughs> didn't have we, a lot of good books we, to pick from we, here. We, we don't. I, I saw people seem to be a little off of uh, voting for those books. They're <laughs> like, I'm not picking this garbage. Uh, but he says, as such, because he's behind a little on the podcast, hadn't been listening. He just only learned of Reggie's heart situation from last month, and it broke his heart. I hope everything is okay, and he makes a full recovery. It looks like he's going to. to. I mean, oh, Jesus, cry me. Uh, Thought I think about that, Springer again. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I think that he's going to. But even that, there, there's kind of you know side things going on with him yeah. that I, I really hope that he uh, gets worked out still. and stuff like yeah. So it's great. And like I said, I talked to him. I've been talking to him every day. And uh, he did say, because I said, when the heck are you coming back with this JLD? And plus, I'm like, really? I got to talk about Dial H? Yeah, really? And also, also you everybody. You a lot. <laughs> I do. I mean, Reggie's gone through hell, and there I am complaining. I'm telling you, I, I end up because, you know, I, I don't I change my, my game. I didn't get my today, Jim. Come on. Uh, I, I don't change my game much, and I really don't have much game anyway. So there's Reggie. He's gone through hell. And the big thing, <laughs> the big thing that I could say to him <laughs> every mortars. day is, I'm like, yeah, I'm real tired. That's what I say to Reggie. I, I could just imagine Reggie's there, and he's like, this motherfucker, he, he, this guy has it all. You know, look at him. Look at this. This guy had the world is his oyster, this Jim Warner guy. And he's always bitching and moaning about being tired. Yeah. But he says, I hope everything's Sorry, okay. Sorry, I'm trying but- to call the cops on my neighbors right now. <laughs> Are you, you snitch? <laughs> I'll come over there. I'll give you the stitches. Uh, but yeah, so I was talking to him, and this Doom Patrol book's coming out next week. And I said to them, like, boy, that's really on, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a Reggie out, book. 100% yeah. Reggie book. And even some other books that have been coming out are Reggie books. That Inferior All the ones that Jim doesn't like. I mean, yeah. holy moly, that Inferior Five. Yeah, every book. What is every book now Reggie's <laughs> book? Uh, so I said to them, you know, hey, you know, you got to get back because I'm 
I'm sick of doing work. And he's like, oh, I will be. And I, oh, and I mentioned, I'm like, man, I, I really want to get back to doing the cartoon show. And he's like, oh, we'll get right back to that. And he did say kind of the first week or two of August. So that'd be cool. We'll get back to doing something. I, I really think that Lizzie. Lizzie, Eric, I think that she may say, listen, Reggie, you, you got to ease up. You, you can't just go full out like these morons. Uh, it's great to hear you. Oh, Lizzie, don't again. say that about me. I know that's how Lizzie rolls. R- Lizzie says what Lizzie wants to say. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. Eric. Uh, and Lizzie's very nice. She would never <laughs> say that. Uh, he says it's great to hear that's you guys voice again. And Jim's songs about naked Boehner, just brilliant. Ooh, my. The, this just in now. Keep it up, guys. See you in the slack chat and that's Dalton and I did say when he joined up I saw him join up and I messed him right away welcome back and get your ass in the slack chat and I don't know that he's back in there I have to tell him right here you know I probably could do this in an email personally but I'll tell him now is you just have to log in with what your login was before you're you're still in there you just have to get back in there like Eric says on most of his dates and he shouldn't say that Because that's inappropriate. The next deal is from Manship. And Manship, again, I like to randomly grab an email that Manship just sends me and put it on the podcast. I would, too. You're pumping out the content this year, he says. Getting ready for a week in Tennessee. He's the only 10 I see (laughs) this year. He, He likes to keep up to date. Uh, he's going to Tennessee with the wife and now have plenty of Patreon content downloaded for the trip. Yes, I'm taking five days off, my first days off since spring break 2018, which Jeez. I do believe when he did that was a no device. No technology, deal. yeah. yeah. Of course, the first thing I did this no morning screen was to Google. He says, I did what the first thing he did. He's going to Tennessee. The first thing he does, of course, what everybody does when they're going on vacation. Go meet up with Dancing Mike. Google's where there's a disc golf course to play down there. And I found the perfect one. I mean, who else could think that there's a better disc golf course than Fontana Village Resort? DC. The Golden Age 1942 Disc Golf Course. National Forest. This is the longest name for a discourse. I'm telling you, discourse. I'll give you some discourse. Oh my God. Right upside your head. (laughs) I guess it's a pay it's a pay course. I mean, really. Disc golf is just nonsense. He's paying to play now. It's a pay course. You probably amazing. really like it. No, you wouldn't because you'd probably be terrible at it. Amazing mountain. No. And what would happen is a manship would say <laughs> to me right terrible, now. Jim. Manship would say, you better back off. Manship would say, hey, by the way, uh, at the beginning of July, me and you are going to go play disc golf. Now, what, whenever he tells me that, he tells me that in January – I, I'm no, going right every, now. No, well, then I, I would still, I'd probably stay up three days just to hone my craft. Jim, but you I'd and still I will good. go and play disc golf in two weeks. The, uh, there's only one game that I haven't really been able to pick up and master. That's the game of life, Eric. <laughs> That's what that is. Any I other challenge sporting, you to life. I, I, end up, I end up now, I'm not in shape at all. Uh, but back in the day, I, 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 was, still might I could- I could pretty much play any game and do pretty well in it. Those days are probably over. I don't want to toot my own. I played a lot of games too when I was younger. I'm a game player. You still play games with your heart. (laughs) Quit playing those games. I guess it's a pay course, he says. But uh, off the grid once again. 
with nothing but the wife. And the worst I, vacations. Yeah, I know. He's got the wife, the dog, disc golf, and lots of comics to get caught up on. I think that when you get off the grid, like you're also supposed life. to leave. Yeah, you're supposed to leave the comics at home. Very, very close to purchasing both issues of Deceased, as your reviews <laughs> make it sound amazing. I'm this very guy, close. This guy, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. This guy, he buys the Dark Side War special. Which has that, that was not Dark Side War. He loves Convergence. Can't get enough of that. But Deceased, he's close to buying. There's two I'm issues out, Jim. I don't know if I'm I can do it. Edge. You're buying this deceased. I mean, you're saying it's really good, and I really like what you're talking, but I just can't make that commitment like I did with the Telos. Zombies been done since 2003. He's, you know, the guy bought sight unseen Telos. He's not going to buy deceased. It's from Tom Taylor. Right there should be enough. Yeah, really. Yeah. Deceased. He's almost there. He's almost there. He's almost there. He's going to take his vacation and really think about it hard. He's very it's very very close i'm telling you he's outside looking in with longing eyes at the wedding dress and the book deceased in there he wants to buy both he doesn't know he can afford either or or, or everything there but yeah there you go there, there is the Thank first you, section of mail manship gets in there i hope that manship is it. listening and if he's listening y- your dad is a bunch of nonsense please <laughs> please break the cycle is, is what you need to do. I don't need to hear Cats in the Cradle uh, playing later. Don't do the disc golf. Don't wear the short shorts. Don't rollerblade. Please. buy deceased. It. Break it. <laughs> and just go for it. Go for it. But I bet you that uh, Hakeem reads deceased. I know he does. He's like, Dad, so. you should read it. He's like, listen, son, I'm like very, very Hakeem close. Doesn't, doesn't buy anything. He just reads what his father buys. Yeah. Save some yeah, money. Daddy. What did you buy today? Yeah, Manship's like, I, well, I got uh, Convergence again. And uh, tell oh. us number four. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go over to Marvel. <laughs> I'm going to read Marvel now, daddy. I'm going to go on a uh, date. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. <laughs> Something, dad, that you don't know about. And what's that? And he's like, listen, son, I'm too busy with the edibles. Come talk to me later. Uh, but yes, that is the beginning of uh, oh, the end of the mail. Get out of there, Akeem. Break the cycle. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go off now to a couple more books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear Listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Hey. We're here uh, for some more books here. Hopefully my mic is adjusted now so I don't blow everybody's ears out. Uh, I have that a little a juice mont there here in French land. What's a is juice that what they mont? Call it? French adjustment is what you do to the mic. You adjust it. It's like, hey, do you want to adjust my mic? Is what you say. I used uh, to in, juice. The, in the alley. No, you didn't. 
You, you should. No, have. I didn't. I, I, I would have. <laughs> I would have if I would have been able to take any sight of a needle. I would have juiced up and hell with that. Uh, but yeah, we're here with two books in this section, and you know they're probably the most positive section here on the podcast going forward. Uh, and again, we're going to continue a year one story and a story that seems to have taken over a year. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> that that just did. Uh, but we're going to start with my book here, Flash number seventy three, written by Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter. Uh, art by Howard Porter, Hi-Fi, and letters by Steve Wands. Year one continues, and while I like seeing Barry and Iris's blossoming relationship and a sexy shirtless Barry, I'm also a bit frustrated at Williamson's insistence on glossing over the most important information in his ongoing story. Does he think that he has told us everything about the forces already, and that's why he keeps just going past them without explaining more? I hope that's not. I hope that is the case. Because if not, it feels like he's getting some sadistic type of thrill, dangling them in front of us and then snatching them away. This is the Dangers. perfect. This is the perfect time for him to pretty much explain these forces, especially when he has the or turtle. At least a still cell. Force. Turtle says he he ended up uh, looking at all of them. He said he he studied all of them, and hey, I kind of got that. I got that going on. I did all this studying. <laughs> And just, I think he thinks we know all about these. And I, you know, just go back to just the Sage Force, the idea that it was so many different things. Uh, you would have six people say it's 10 different things, and that's impossible, but you would have that uh, because it's just crazy. Now, the last issue ended with Iris being saved by the Flash because uh, she was going to get shot, and a lot of other people going to get shot, uh, including uh, what would be the beginnings of the road. Captain Cole. Like yeah, so you end up with uh, Barry ran back to his apartment, and he's kind of riddled with bullets, at least one he has there, it's got and one it's close in to his chest. That's, that's, it's so funny to me, too, the idea. It's like, oh, I got a bullet. It's close to it's my heart. Iron Every Man. bit of movement, it inches it closer to it. I'm like, you just ran at super speed. How much yeah. – was it – how did it should how already have gone through him. Happened? Yeah, I'm telling you, it, before that, it, it shot seven other stuck people on the front down of his the chest. road. He ran there. It went so close oh, to his heart because of that I'm telling you, it didn't even shoot him then. It was a complete miss, but he ran so fast. Now it's near his heart. But yeah, that, that doesn't make sense because he's, oh, man, I got to just sit here after I just ran at super speed with the bullet in me. Now, with that, that's not the worst of the things because he's bloody. He's there. Iris comes and knocks on the door. She's like, hey, Barry, what's going on in there? It's me, Iris. You know, hey, I'm here. I'm just surprising you. Of course, it's the worst time. But it I is a cool thing. I need to tell you about how stupid I was to go well, out there and go after that yeah, guy and well, accuse she, her of murder right down up. the street. It shows you that that's who is her guy. You know, Barry is. She's fallen in love with him because when she almost died, she just wants to go and talk to Barry about it. So that's cool. Well, in the meantime, that, there's I don't Barry. know anybody else she hangs out with if she has any friends in Central City. No, I City. don't think she does. I think that she even pulls, says that later where she's like, I've never really said that, but I think we have a future. I don't think she has any friends, let alone lovers. Uh, but yeah, so lovers Barry's like, nighttime. oh, man. Oh, no. I got to get this bullet out of me before Iris comes through that door because then she'll find me dead and she'll see I'm the flesh. But he's covered in blood. I mean, there's blood. Blood every there should Not be blood everywhere. Not only is he covered in blood, so there should be blood everywhere. Last time we saw it, there was blood just like laying around him in front of his door when yeah. he first got back into his apartment. Well, even here. when he's there, oh, we... wait, it looks like he's laying in a trail. Like there is a blood trail <laughs> there where he's there, and yeah, so he's going to vibrate 
and grab the bullet out of his body. And he says, oh, no, I can't. If the last time I tried doing this, every time I do it, it, it something explodes. I don't want to explode. Uh, and he's, and he's pretending explode? he's not there. Iris is like, well, and Iris is doing one of those, like, you know, speaker heart to the door. And she yeah, exactly. and even even and comes, comes to the pink. You're probably not even there, That's are you? That's what I'm you're saying. It even goes with that. Barry Allen. Yeah, you're probably at a crime scene, Barry Allen. But it, it's one of Stop those. Stop talking where, to the door, I, crazy lady. <laughs> the funny thing is, he's like, man, I Rawr. thought I thought that Iris loved me. It seems she loves the door. Uh, but I like it. I like that sort of thing. It's it's a well it's it's well played out, almost like a what they call a rom com nowadays, Eric. I don't know if you're familiar with the nowadays. Term. Uh, nowadays. nowadays. So I, I like that, and of course the timing of this in said rom com is what they call it uh, is for her to say, "Oh man, guess you're not here, shucks. I'm gonna be leaving." And then he opens the door. Well, as he opens the door, man, he he ended up not only does he run fast, he heals even faster, and also. There's no any sort of inkling that anything happened at all in this. No, no, There's no, no blood no. now. He must have gone you, and taken a shower like you do, real quick. You can, <laughs> really? Is that, really? That's what <laughs> they're so quick. It's as if I don't even take them. Uh, yeah. So you have Gross. them open, and it, it's sexy. It's sexy, Barry. He's got his, and I love the idea. Sexy Barry, you know, without a has, bullet wound hole or yeah, anything like that. He's just been shot. He has vibrated into his chest to get the bullet out. He's healed completely, and that's why he's bar- – so we can see how well he healed. Like, I, I think I'm that if that was me – looking at this whole thing where he is healing. I'm like, I know the yeah. Flash has a healing factor because of his fast metabolism, but the fact that he instantly heals and even looks like there's a light pouring out of the hole and stuff like that oh, yeah. for how yeah. it's healing. I don't know who you are anymore, Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, uh, and I love it too. It's like, sorry, I was in the shower, I had to throw some clothes on, but what? I heard you say what? And like, oh, Barry, Barry, and she's like, oh yeah, you're home. Here, come on in, and they start making out, and then boy. Things things escalate quickly because then you get they? the next morning. I don't even know that did because it seems like we go to the next morning where they're still fully clothed, like they just oh, laid in bed matter. and watch actually watch yeah. Netflix. Yeah, you put your you put your things back on, and, and legitimately though, that ain't the shirt he went to bed in, Eric. He put on another shirt. That's no button up. That's just exactly. A he got more clothes on. Yeah, no. Now I'm looking at the deal. As she gets out of bed, she's not wearing her jeans anymore. She's got some sweatpants on. There's some change of clothes going on here. They they just you know, they're lovers, Eric, but they're still, you know, they kind of feel and they're still vain. They they don't want to be laying their nudes. The there's definitely we, we a change that, of those clothes. Could be, those could be red jeans as far as I'm concerned. She had blue jeans on She didn't jeans have red on jeans on. Like she had blue jeans Oh, I know on, she so, did. Yeah. She accidentally put her blue jeans in a pile of blood that he forgot to clean up. Like, yeah, what's no, this? No. <laughs> don't worry about that, baby. Come back to bed. She's like, yeah, I, I think that you might be OJ here. Uh, but yeah, she has them scrunched up. Those look like sweatpants. They really do. Yes, and and do. the funny thing to me is they are bare Barry's flash sweatpants that he hasn't cleaned yet. He's been running around in those flash sweatpants. But yeah, so he's there and, you know, th- that's nice. That It's almost half the issue. I'm like, I like this. This is the stuff year one that I'd like to see. It's it, There's nothing of consequence here except for the fact no. that they're getting together. But in the whole new 52 slash rebirth, this is kind of what I wanted all along. You know, knocking boots, Iris and Barry. Eh? We, we've oh, been waiting for it. That's now all we wanted, have. Huh? It. <laughs> that's all I wanted. Uh, 
Uh, so I like that. Now we go off, and this is what I'm saying. This, this issue, it moves very fast, like a flash book should. But we go, and, you know, some things are kind of forced. You know, you have, hey, you know, what's about Turtle this time. your mom? There's the, the mention of his mom, of course. Things like this. He's thinking about his father being put in prison recently. You would guess that this is going to end with him trying to kind of like, oh, no, Barry, don't do a flashpoint, you know, and he won't or whatever, because he is kind of well, thinking, even thinking that about right this now. whole thing when, when they're going around and he's, you know, just on his way to Iron Heights to go question the turtle and stuff like that. I sort of think to myself, I didn't go back and look because I'm lazy, but did he ever talk to his father about getting hit by lightning, being in a coma and then coming out of it after that? Yeah, I didn't. Did I don't have think, a yeah, I don't think he did. That? I don't think he did. It's he's weird. in prison, you know, that's prison talk. Uh, but yeah, so he goes in, he's thinking about his father in prison and how he thinks that he's innocent. He's got to figure out, man, I should go talk to my dad about these powers. And I wonder if these powers can even help, you know, solve this problem. We know that that would be trouble again. Uh, but he goes to talk to the turtle and, you know, it's like when he's talking to the turtle and it's like such a force deals, like everyone is somebody you had to have had a life before, right? Turtle before. <laughs> well, I did. Let me tell once. you. <laughs> he's like, I did once. And you get the, and it's okay. You know, we get the background. It's and what okay. I found, because it's even okay. this whole thing where we have, I was born a long time ago on a station of life. Most would call unbecoming. And I'm like, you have a like you have some better clothes on as a small child than I've had in my entire life, and you have a oh, full science set with a microscope. He's got what are fancy you coming clothes. from this unbecoming life? And I'm I don't you, know. this full out science kid he has. My like, I would have loved that as a kid, but you know what? I was no. from an unbecoming of childhood. Well, and this is the thing: he's going, and he ended up, you know. And at, at first, he was he was a fast mover. He he was going up the ladder quick. He got married, had a kid, settled down. You know, a family and, and two as far kids as I'm settled concerned, down. He got married to Iris West for the way it's drawn. Well, here. it looks at now. Now, the, the worst part of this is he, he doesn't really spell it out that much, but it is pretty terrifying. He went to work and ended up working with Beast Girl and a bunch of yuck yucks. Look at these guys. He's working at a lab. It looks like this is a fancy lab. It looks like the one kid's 12 and the other kid's 15 and the other one's green. I don't know what lab they're working at. And they're like, <laughs> they're running around. Sounds like science shit. to me. <laughs> Look at these people who are I don't supposed know. I, to be I watched working the movie in the last lab night, with Attack them. of the fish. 50 foot uh, cheerleader last night, and their yeah, lab was a happen? lot like this. I'm telling you, there's <laughs> two yuck yuck kids who look like they're just grabbing things and pranking people. Pretty much, and they, and, pretty much and all Beast that Girl. happens in that movie is that a spider gets hit with a serum and becomes a giant spider, and a girl doses nice. herself with a serum, which makes her clothes break off because she becomes too big for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with these people in the lab. It really disturbed me when I'm reading. I'm like, I, I don't understand what's that. Who is working this lab? Uh, but yeah, they're jealous. I just think they look like they're, you know, pranksters in, in the 20s. They like, hey, hey there, buddy. They're grabbing stuff. But yeah, he's trying to figure out the things. They're actually, sur they're surpassing the turtle at this point because he's taking his time because now he's in love. Well, they're surpassing he's on family They look like time. they're 10. But yeah, he's still doing his his experiments. He looks like it's one of those that I think it's like since he's taking his time, he's working after hours. They're going off to do whatever they do. And uh, he ends Yucking up having up. a very, very similar kind of deal with the flash, but it doesn't work out quite so good where he ends up uh, working on an acceleration and it blows up. And he ends up becoming the turtle. He looks awful. And he's like, I slowed down to a crawl. You have his wife there. It's like, come on, you old man. Like, and he, he just looks awful. I, and and you don't even idea. have to deal I that. I studied they... an, a, mis 
I studied a mysterious energy that I believed kept the universe moving forward, never looking back. And like, yeah, it's and the like speed the whole force. thing with all. And I was going to be upset about this whole thing because we have no definitive answers of what yeah. any of this is. Because I want to know what the still force, stage four, strength force, yeah. all this stuff is. And I thought to myself, reading this whole thing, I'm like, who whoever explained to me what the speed force was <laughs> yeah. at this point? I'm like, still, I, I, the speed force constantly changes and shifts with each rider. Like, That's what happens. You, yeah. I can tell you about the speed force anymore. So yeah, but this I is really the problem. I'm upset about this. What, this is the issue, though. It's magic. Is he didn't create the speed force. He's trying to meld that into his story. He's created these others. So, yes, he should give us more of a definitive answer for, say, the sage force or the strength force. But I just love the old turtle where his wife is still. She seems pretty happy. The kids are there. Then they get real old. Not me. Because he's, he's a mortal. Home. He's all hunched over. Oh, I know. Monster well, looking then he's a mortal. The he's like, and they, they're the same age he as says. him. He says, he says he's a mortal. <laughs> and that's the weirdest part. I'm like, no, no. They, you've just stopped aging. You got really yeah. old really quick at this point. Because like for a long now time, you were just an old up. hunched over monster man. Yeah. Yeah, then they were catching up. And then out of nowhere, he's like, oh, you know what? I figured out what I had to do, kill my family. And then he says, through my family's sacrifice, I learned I could drain the forces that push life forward. It helped me get back to normal, but it was fleeting. I studied the energies inside me. What was that thing you were doing before? I don't know. And he's like, looks like he's doing all these. He's on his own little force quest here. He's writing things on the on the chalkboard and things like that. Still dressing like he did when he was five years old. Yeah, yeah, really. This should be where, and really also still in that lab coat that was destroyed years ago in the in the experiment gone it's wrong. He hasn't coat. bought a new one. Uh, yeah, real lucky. Times is tough when you're yeah, a turtle. Really, real lucky. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's. It, I wish that he would just come out of his shell, Eric. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he's there and I, I just want him right there is a chance for him to explain a little, say, I found out that there was these other forces, the sage force that does this, the strength force, but we don't, we don't get that, but he needs money to fund things. Like you said, times he's are tough. for a lifetime. Like, gosh, how long did you go without <laughs> doing this? Because you yeah. ran out of money. Cause then yeah, you I'm... plotted for a lifetime just oh, to yeah. be thrown down by the flash, which you didn't the account guy can't for. Even, the guy can't even afford a new lab coat and he's trying to do all these experiments. Experiments. It looks like he's doing experiments with his own blood, too. He's looking to see if he has hepatitis. Blood uh, but experiments? Yeah, then, then the Flash. <laughs> we're good boy witches. You have the Flash show up and, you know, and stop them, like like he says. Yeah. You know, I plotted all this time. It's, it's a good setup of why he would be so angry. Seems and odd the, he says, the Flash captured me months ago. I'm like, how much time has passed? Well, I need to hey. really, like, look at these months that we, they're giving us in this book. We had the Flash going around and doing his things and stuff. So I guess you're, you're going to go with that. Plus, you know, it took him at least th- three minutes to recuperate from that bullet wound. Uh, so he's and talking I guess it, to him. It, we did take time to really, you know, make sure that Iris and Barry were having a relationship yeah. that they never yeah, they went all the way with. they can't just knock boots, uh, you know, out of nowhere. Right? That's not what Iris is all about. She, it takes Iris at least, has been wanting to for so long. It takes at least three dates for her. Uh, but yeah, so they're talking, and this Months. is where it's weird, where you end up having the turtle-like tongue, and like, I feel a connection with you. And he touches me. Why isn't Barry a because he ends up letting him say a whole sentence with this. I mean, I'm like, Barry should be running. Also, you need no touching. You need somebody to say that. I know. Uh, seriously. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you know, and basically 
He says, I know you're the Flash. I recognized your speed. I've been studying all this. Can't go tell nobody yet, though. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to tell anybody because I, I want to play around with this. I'm going to get you. And Barry's like, oh, no. And he jumps away. And he's like, uh, I can't have this happen. He knows who I am. Oh, my God, I'm shaking. Because you, you do have the turtle then pretty much saying – you know, slow, slow wins the race. You know, steady wins yeah. the race. That I, and this I do, plan I is do a like long this con. moment a lot. Exactly. Yeah. The idea that he is playing the long game here, like he had plotted for years to get that whole, for, like he said, I plotted for lifetimes to get to that whole bank robbery. But the idea that yeah. he is the long player, where even that little bit of energy sucked off of uh, Barry right there when he put his hand on his, yeah. for the, like the energy that moves life forward, I'm sure that'll lead to something. But for when the idea that we finally get back to the end where we have the turtle from the like 35 years in the future, whatever it was, come out and say, like, I, I am here finally. I told you I was going to win so many years ago. I'm like, all right, that was played out pretty well. Like yeah, that. it was. It just gets back to the time travel wonkiness. But with this, yeah. I like the play Which where he said it's not a once and done thing. So thankfully, there is a through in this whole story no. with the, everything that we're dealing with. No, well, it, it I I just that that time travel nonsense really drives me nuts. But uh, by this though, you, you get the idea. He he's plotted this out for a hundred years. You know, all this time, just getting caught that one time for a bank robbery that doesn't ruin the plan. Like Flash thinks he's done. You know, oh man, you, you're done. No, no, he's just going to wait out his time, get out of jail, and get right back to it. Um, but I love this where he he's saying all this. Barry gets all upset, and then you know you have the turtle say, "My plan may take countless years, but now I know in the end I win." Barry's like, "Oh no, he knows who I am. I better get out of here. I don't want anybody to know my secret identity. So I'm going to use the speed force to run across the bay." <laughs> really fast. I get, there's at least I hope somebody's there's no surveillance gotta, outside of this prison. Somebody's got to see him running across water next thing you know it's like barry allen jesus christ uh, it's just crazy but he goes i've never and now seen we, the same place together no really we have this whole idea where he goes back and he's trying to find out anything about this connection he's trying to find the turtle stuff at one point he ends up slam dunking it, it looks like he's gronk spiking a football there's nothing here he doesn't just put the files down he spikes them and flings them all over the place uh yeah, iris shows up again iris i would keeps too showing because up. realizing when I, I come back to my lab and iris is going to talk shit because i need to go and fix that window that was broken when the lightning came through i'm like no, yeah. that's the city's problem this is the ccp yeah, day really. yeah this is my personal window fix this yet? yeah really uh and even so that's been a long time he was in a coma for christ's sakes they didn't fix it uh she come, he comes she comes in like oh you look frazzled oh sorry i wasn't expecting you i What'd love you this idea <laughs> where she's like oh man is this something you're working on with this old guy with the pictures whoa 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 baby he covers it up. <laughs> look at that to, panel though, where she's like, "Did you forget we had?" Look at the next panel though. Did you forget we had dinner plans? What, what is wrong eye? with her eyes? Did she, <laughs> she have a have, stroke in between panels? <laughs> she might. Have. I love that he covers it up. Confidential. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, did you forget we had dinner plans?" He's like, "Listen here, lazy. I am right over here. I understand." Like, <laughs> That's as far like when did I start dating Forrest Whitaker? Holy moly, baby, uh, you got real ugly <laughs> since last night. What happened? Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, and she's like, "I'm sure you have." 
have a stack of evidence to go over. I thought maybe we could grab some quick food at the food court. She's like, too many cases. <laughs> and I love this idea that she just pops in. And I just, I don't know why he needs to cover up that he is, uh, uh, you know, searching out some things. I know he's just CSI. So she might be like, why yeah. are you doing something? But, but it's still, this is a major criminal that was just taken in and he's and looking at the things. Apparently maybe. That was months ago, Jim. I know. <laughs> you obsessed. Uh, but yeah, uh, she's like, yeah, you, you can't stop crimes from happening, Barry. You know, you can't control the future, the whole idea with that. And she goes, now, Snoopy uh, Iris here, you know, then she goes over and the next this thing she picks up. about your mother's death. <laughs> what do you know about my mother? The next Why did you say that name? It's a picture of his mother out of nowhere. He just has it there. And she's like, huh. It's so weird because yeah. I really thought that he had had that picture on his, you know, his uh, cho- his uh, board yeah, right his there. Bo- and then I he thought, just put a picture of the I turtle over that top it, of it. So it was like, it, did she get in underneath that's that why blanket I'm that he laughing put over? About it. That's why I'm laughing about this because she's so, he's so upset about her seeing the turtle. And then she just walks over to the desk. Huh. What's this? And the first thing she picks up, huh? It must be about this. And then, they, yeah, oh, y- your mother. <laughs> like, he's like, what do you know about my mother? And I like the idea that he he hasn't talked about his mother to her. Yeah, why would but you? She has such a great memory. And, you know, all the stuff about it is, you know, oh, I remember the police reports, those words, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I was going to, you know, you, this so, relationship took a left turn quick for that whole idea. Did. What are you going to do? Write an article about him? Like, <laughs> That's Jesus what I Christ, love. Jesus. <laughs> like, he's looking up crossed arms. He's still, what, what do you know about my mother? You know, she died a while ago. Uh, I know what's in the Nobody police knows report. what they want to do here because I'm telling you, the whole thing going back and forth, the idea of being together, not being together, because even when she's leaving, when she's upset, you know, Barry, I've never said this out loud before, but I think we could have a future together. But then yeah. you see her leaving, but all of a sudden she's back in the room because I just realized I'm not done talking to you yet. I don't know why I was making my <laughs> way to the door. Have, I just still have And that scares the say. hell out of me. It's not door time for me. Yeah, because she's out the door. She she's walking out the door. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> it's like when I argue with Tanya. And by the I'm way, you, fix that the, window. <laughs> yeah, we're in the room when we're arguing, and I'm like, ah, da, 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 da. and then I go downstairs. I'm in a hub, and then I'm like, I got like three more things. I go running up the stairs again. And by the way, it scares like the hell out of me on Twitter. Yeah, or on really. your site when you freaking you write something, you're like, man, I could have read this. I can't to wait to have three more comments I can't, in a row. I can't like wait a for them to respond. Yeah. And by the way, fix that window. Yeah, so she comes back, and then there's an explosion. And really, I know Barry has a healing factor. Iris does not. She should be dead. No. She is in midair, just getting exploded. And like, oh, look at, what I'm was saying, that? Something bad happened to her. Look at the look on her face, or what her face became after yeah, that explosion. Yeah, really. She looks like a bulldog. She's like, <laughs> what the what the hell was that? And I want Barry to like, now you're going to tell me that I should fix the wall. Get off my case, woman. Like, her her nose makes up half her face oh, now I after that explosion. Well, it got smushed a little, right? And then you see there's the uh, a bunch of, you know, lightning I really do have to fix going, that window now, huh? It's like, oh, no. This looks like what we're going to have in the future, the Speed Force Storm. But it isn't right now because this is the year still one. still Force Storm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. And but I somehow do like it's tied into the cosmic treadmill. Yeah, that, what you have is an attack of the future where the future of the turtle, where he's coming back in a pretty cool visual, which I wish was spelled out a yeah, little better than this. But it is pretty much Santa Claus and his sleigh. And the sleigh is the cosmic treadmill. And Rudolph is and the, the older Barry Al. 
Oh, and yeah, he's the that's one right. who's chained up and, and running. I like, think that's what really is this? cool. What does he have here? Is it still force chains? Or are they just still yeah. force energy chains? I see bubbles behind him. It might be a sage, <gasps> sage force. force. I can never tell. It's bubble gum. Bubble gun. That's the uh, thing. Yeah, is, so everything's going to be like manifested into some kind of physical energy at this yeah. point, too, it seems like. Like I we love, had with the bubbles I love the stage those, force. I love the still force chains. You know, really. Those are great. But yeah, he you, even, I just think the turtle is a green lantern in the future. He even has the turtle, you know, army uh, with him, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, I don't know why the uh, treadmill has the uh, the panel on the side though it should be in the front i mean it's a treadmill you don't run yeah, and then have the to look side. sideways it looks weird uh, i always thought it was at the front because you'd grab on and no, go like remember. a regular treadmill uh it doesn't make sense no, these the are real really. runners jim they don't have to hold on to it like you do no, you gotta see what's going on you go to turn it off you're gonna fly off the back of that thing i've seen no, no, it happen you you run it it's not it's not run for you you put yeah, it in right. the destination you want you start running you get there yeah but still all of a sudden you get a, a that's why it's always causing problems i think is, i actually is, don't think that panel does anything i think it's just aesthetically pleasing <laughs> it's just there to make it look like something um but yeah overall i i didn't mind this uh no, it, no. it's better than what we had been getting at one point um from this book the, you know it is like on the side all the time i don't still... know why i never saw it on the side that bothers me and it, it does look like <laughs> year it's always one on the overall side. though has been better in the flash for them when we've been getting for a while in this book so i have been enjoying it even though and i'm actually really happy now that that future bit is coming to a head here because it makes that stuff we did earlier make sense like it wasn't just a one and done thing that didn't matter yeah. overall so i do enjoy that aspect with this though it's like there's a lot of nothing going on in this. I can make fun of it and have good, uh, like, you know, just joke about it. But overall, I think I'd still give this a 6.5 out of 10. I think I'd give it a 7. I, I'm looking all through the uh, different versions. And yeah, the classic, and most of them do have it on the side, but some actually do have it on the front. Some, uh, in, Those in are the wrong things. versions. They do, and uh, legitimately, the ones that are on the front, they look a little shady. Uh, they are from, some of these appear to be from comics, but they look like somebody I didn't know what was going on. I think you're just looking at treadmills to buy online. I, I am. Isn't that, I'm like, what, don't I go to Peloton for, for this? Is that where I go? Uh, but yeah, there you it's go. I have a one, shop called Cosmic where I sell treadmills. That's all I do. Doesn't seem as hard hitting of a year one as I was expecting, but we're still getting some stuff. Yeah, we got some turtle. So we're going to move on to We know the all next about the still book, force now, Jim. Yeah, Thank oh, God. Yeah, we know all the forces, but we'll move on to the next book to get me even more confused. Up next, we got Just League Dark, number 12, written by James Tynan IV, with art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno, Rolf Fernandez, Brad Anderson, and Rob Lee. The War of Magic continues with this issue, but thankfully here, our heroes finally stand a chance now that they're upgraded to the new Lords of Chaos. Dr. Fate is stopped, Xanadu is, Xanadu is free from her Lord of Order power, and the Just League Dark use their remaining power to reset the way that magic is used, whatever that means. Ah, uh, yes, my book. My book is back, Eric. <laughs> You're going to have to talk most of this. I, I read it. I, I realize that I'm getting, it's pulling more and more away from me. I, I said, I even tried to come up with analogies and metaphors and things about this. And I, I did say uh, to uh, Simon and Ruben and some people in the Slack that it is like a, a deal of, I, I used cricket as an example, that I don't know anything about cricket and neither do you. So somebody can show me the greatest cricket match of all time. 
I don't know what's going on. I, I don't have a connection with the players. I don't have a connection with the game itself. So I'm left kind of, you know, high and dry. Now, I, I thought about that and thinking, well, it's not exactly the same because I do know these characters. I just right. don't know them well. And where I would say as a better analogy is, you know, the Super Bowl. You ever hear that game? The Super Bowl that they have. A lot of people around the world watch the Super Bowl. And you could be somebody who doesn't watch. A lot of people only watch. That's their one game of the year. Year. And they may know the rules. You know all the rules about football. You're down. You love it. You, you sit there. You just don't watch it a lot. You don't have a lot of time. Well, a couple of years ago, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And obviously, this was something big personally for me. So watching it. Uh, somebody else is you know, watching the game and they're like, oh man, I hear this Nick Foles and this Tom Brady and oh man, that was a really neat game and goes on. Well, without the connection of, you know, say me personally, knowing that I've been starving for a Super Bowl. We have these Dallas Cowboy fans that there's tons in this area that have been yelling that you don't have a ring and all that. I sat and watched them get to so many championship games and never, and then finally McNabb getting the Super Bowl against the Patriots and losing and all that. So at the end of that game I actually shed some tears which shocked me because I was so emotional with it but it did shock me and it was more of like a you know a weight had been lifted did did you look to your boys and say we did it yeah, no, I didn't, but I sat there and they were all watching to see how I would react. But because of all the things that I was involved with, all the the past, it's like, it would be like right now, if, if Buffalo would win a Super Bowl next year, Brandon would be in tears. And yet I could watch that. I know, you know, I know the, the history of them losing four times, Eric, and all that, you know, Scott Norwood and things. But I don't have that connection that Brandon would. So I could watch it as a, oh, that's a neat game. Game. Oh man, I feel good for Brandon, whatever, and not have that emotional connection to it. And that's how I am with this book. I can realize I look at this book and it looks fantastic. I realize that it has a lot of things in this book that should mean a lot to a lot of people. You have characters in this book that people aren't getting other places, but because I don't have this emotional, you know, connection to any of that, I just end up reading it. As they surface, I'm just watching the Super Bowl once a year. That's my one football game, and I watch for the commercials. I I like a good football game, but I really, at the end of it, I don't care who won or lost, you know, and stuff like that. That's how I am with this book. The minute I'm done with it, I'm done with it. I don't have any, I don't sit and think about, oh man, what's going to be going on with that Nanda Parbat? Oh man, Mir, that's done. So without that connection, I, I don't have any. I don't have really anything to grab onto. So the big moment of this issue is Dr. Fate. I don't really care about Dr. Fate. And, Dr. and I think Fate? that the other Which thing one? with Kent this Nelson book, or I don't care. <gasps> and so with this, though, I think that what's also getting me and why the connection isn't with me with this. Because everybody else off, likes it and you don't well, like no, that? No, because you're throwing. No, because oh. these things don't affect other books. So when you have Nanda Parbat go down and you tell me it's something big. There's no other because there are no other books with these dark characters. So you're just right here. It's just this one little section of the DCU, and it doesn't feel as big to me as it should because 
I, I said to you, I was at work and I'm like, and we were talking about this during the week. And I said, you know, I don't even know what Nanda, Nanda Parbat does. I have, it sounds like some sort of souffle. Like I know what it is, but I don't know it being down what it affects. And you were even like, eh, who knows? We'll find out maybe. Or what's the parliament of the flowers doing right now? You know, you have Swamp Thing in this. You they said they'd be grudging. Put, they put in line. Yeah, they began yeah, really. They begrudgingly let Swamp Thing continue to be kind of the avatar as they figure things out, whatever. But I don't have like, any oh, crap. ramifications. We don't have to back us up here. We might as well just yeah. fall in line so here and do what we're supposed to do. In a different landscape of books, if we still had a Constantine book, if we actually had a Zatanna book, if we had a, you know, all these other books, if we had a Dr. Fate, a Phantom Stranger, all you would have this seem to mean more but because it's just here within these pages with a story that is just you know it's it's a it's not moving forward because he doesn't have to he has the landscape he has all this he can do whatever he wants he can have all the things so when you get these big moments to me they just end up like "Ah, he's just allowed to do this because they really don't get addressed anywhere else now eventually i believe they will fighters and we enjoy that as well freedom fighters is a elseworld story from you know that that this is an elseworld this isn't, you know, this isn't a book that if things happen here and they're not really happening. This is supposed to be happening with everything going on. You know, how is, uh, you know, I know the books aren't always going to line up, but how is the specter affected in, in Detective Comics with all this going on? I don't even know and what they're going like for that. in Detective Comics with that specter. Yeah, well, I'm saying, though, but when I get done this book and close it. I don't have to worry about any of this until a month from now in this one book. Right. A lot of the you, other you know, books. You know what you get here, Jim? It looks to me like Anthony Lupus, the old werewolf villain of Batman, yeah. he might have had his powers taken away from him, Jim. You won't see he him no have. more. Yeah. Unless you do. It's such a shame. <laughs> like how Man uh, Bat shows up at Arkham Asylum. But you know, and, and some people get mad when things connect too much. But, yeah. you know, you have – the Justice League book and metal and no justice. And these are affecting the universe and even affecting this book, but it's not going the way out. And why I'm saying that it's fine. What's going on, but these things are mega level big, but they seem to not be that big because then they just saying they're get too much in the dark. It's yeah, they, they end. Yeah, really. They, they end up just being pushed aside in their own book. So I, I can't get behind it if, if the book doesn't even get behind it. And really, in this issue, which looks fantastic and has some big moments, the dialogue is fine. I still think it's very wordy, as it always is. You you end up having some of the coolest characters, even just visually. I'm not, oh, yeah. like I said, I don't. But a lot of times they're just talking to each other. They're just standing around because he has such a big story that he has to explain everything. He can't just, you know, go with the flow. And so with this one, now we're going to go back to when they, they decided to form the Justice League Dark. I Actually, mean, I seriously. I didn't mind that as well, just for the idea of the scope of this. But we already knew this. Some of it oh, was already in this book. Going I mean, the whole thing of having the basement the, the, yeah, was I'm spelled you, out. The, the introduction of the basement, like at this point when Wonder Woman decides that she will because she does feel that she has this connection to the dark that nobody else realizes, stuff like that, and Batman trying to play with her because, look, Diana – this is darkness. Like, this is something that, like, is more than we usually deal with. It's nothing with rules and stuff like that to try to get that whole chaos and order, like, you know, yeah. aligned in with what he's saying at the beginning here to tie it in. I actually didn't mind that as much, even I, though I, I, I didn't think I it was needed as much. I had enough of that. 
I had enough of that in the witching hour where basically every issue ended with Wonder Woman saying, you know what? I think that there's a cost to this magic. We added every single issue and now we go back and it's almost like he's afraid people forgot this stuff because it has been a, a bit of a slog with, yeah. the, you know, na- over narration and stuff like that. I didn't mind these parts. And this they, is the year mark for the story. Okay. Yeah, and they yeah. So you have that trying to get some people caught up. But yeah, we already knew about the basement. I I swear to God, we already had that line with the dragon. You know, a dragon skeleton. I remember that from one of the book. Uh, Yeah, but still, now it's Flash saying it. But yeah, uh, I do think it was Man Bat. But yeah, they they have all that. and like I said, the weird thing about it is is not like we, we talk, just talked about the Flash and like, hey, I want to know yeah. more about the, the forces. I don't need to know more about but I need to know the ramifications of some of the big things. And it's getting to where I did hear some people before we had the podcast. I used to listen to a, a bunch of other podcasts like Comic Vine and things like that, Raging Bullets. And uh, I remember Tony from Comic Vine at one point saying, and I think it even went into him continuing it at the beginning of Rebirth with Brian Hitch's Justice where he said uh, you can't have a book where the end of world happens every single issue it really starts to get to the point where number one you think well do these guys not know what they're doing i mean it's the end of world every issue and also it just you get desensitized you just get you get desensitized to the bigness of what's going on and i'm way past that right now when things like this happen but the individual moments and seeing nasir is awesome because that's somebody who we didn't like his solo book at the end of the DC oh, Khalid, year. but our Khalid, yeah, and uh, when when you end up having him, uh, it's almost like it's weird. Like he he was in that book we didn't like, right? We really right. didn't like that book, but almost him showing up in this makes you think like he was he went through that battle with us. Like he didn't like the book he, he was in it was either. Nonsense. So when he Even shows that one up time here, we saw him that costume book when it yeah. was really great. And we only saw it's him that weird. the only time we ever liked him before this. It's, yeah. It's a weird kind of little thing where when he shows up here, he comes back as a long lost friend that we've been to war with him. It's almost like, you know, that book was Vietnam. We were through the ship with him. And now that, we're the there and too. we're gonna have he a beer go- together. It might even have been like a like um you know, boot camp or something like that, where he was learning to be, you know, a Dr. Fate, a yeah, hero. Maybe, was, maybe I shouldn't know. say a book was Vietnam. We'll say boot camp where it's the worst thing G. to I go combat? through. Yeah. Well, we, well, we went, but we went through the battle with him. Right. And he came out the other side with us. And it, I, I can't even tell people and see, this is what I'm talking about. That's the emotional connection. Just the that idea I need. when Khalid is stepping up here with the, you know the Lords of Order taking away people's powers and making them forget about magic the whole. And Khalid yeah. is like, he, I think he even skipped in line to get up to this point to have, be able to have. It's like, do it, Nabu, do it fast. It'll be nice to be able to forget about how disappointed I am yeah. in you right now. Just the idea that he has the balls to step up, step up to Doctor Fate, you know, and do this whole thing. I'm like, yeah. You've become so cool in between the times yeah, when yes. I still read your last book. What, and, and what happened I, in between? I want to see that, Khalid. In all my analogies and metaphors, I do have to end with one thing with that, and we'll get into more of the nitty-gritty here, is the idea this isn't really James Tynan's fault, a lot of my problems with this. It's just I don't have a connection, and he's not – I don't think he could really give me this connection. These are just characters I really don't care that much for, and they're all in this book. So it's just not for me. A lot of times people – you know, there's a lot of times things aren't for you, me, or anybody else. And, uh, yeah, I can say that he could spell out the characters more, but I, I don't think that me knowing more about, you know, the Lords of Order, the 
Lords of Chaos, the nitty gritty of it is going to make me have a connection. But I just explained where I do have a connection with Khalid. So when he gets on the page, boy, I, I light up. I what mean, about now the Swamp I'm, Things? Yeah, the Swamp Thing is just Swamp Thing. It, it's a weird deal where he's just kind of there and he's always what he is. You know what I mean? I don't really have a personal connection with him like I would with Khalid. And I will give uh, full credit to the art because Khalid, there is a weird, subtle thing I think that he's playing with that he has the eyes that are very similar to the eyes from that DCYOU book with the art that we did not like that the much. The Riley Rossmo? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that he plays around to make him look a little bit like that. But in his version, I think it's really cool. Uh, but tell me about the issue you're gonna go you're gonna give us the tip for tat uh oh, the tip I, for tat, because i'm yeah, saying that everybody is lining up in the city of core where the magic was born just to, like you know pretty much either wait out to be killed or have their magic taken away from yeah, them thankfully away. wonder woman and uh zatanna show up as the newly formed lords of chaos and with a gigantic magical blast we have our just league team swamp thing man bat and uh and who else am I forgetting here are turned into the lords of chaos as well is that just all it is so i feel like oh and now yeah. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody though. For some, it's a ton of Wonder Woman, thing. Man Bat, and uh, Bobo. And oh, and Bobo, Swamp thank you, Detective Chimp. Yeah. Yeah, so for some reason, yeah. I always forget about Detective Chimp because you know why? He's the Nightmaster, Jim. That's his <laughs> job. No, yeah, but he wants to find Jim Rook's son. I heard. <laughs> Does he, Jim Rook? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's, he's like, like I'm telling you, he's like OJ looking for the killer. He ain't doing it. He likes that sword. But yeah, thankfully, <laughs> now with the you know the newly formed Lords of Chaos and the idea, if you believe in something hard enough. You can make it happen. Oh, like the I whole idea is not hard. it's not about you know spells and runes like we saw yeah. before in the last issue. It's about taking something and making it happen, ripping reality apart to make to what you want to happen. So the idea, it's almost in my mind too. It's almost like uh in uh the Night Warriors, the Nightmare on Elm Street Three, where if you yeah. believe in something, you can do like almost like your dream power. It's like yeah. I believe yeah. that this sword can cut through you because that's the power that I'm willing. So now all of a sudden, the Nightmaster sword has power again in order yeah, to stop it has one power of the again. It's very forced order. to do that, but it's okay. Well, that's the idea. It's I okay. actually like this whole idea of using magic. And actually, do you know what it actually reminds me of more than not? The Dream Warriors is it. It's the idea of belief. Like if this whole Pennywise character, it's not a real thing, but if you believe it, it can hurt you. And if you believe you can hurt it, you can yeah. hurt it just for the power of it. belief. I love that concept. Keepers, creepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just doing with the wrong turn. Uh, and yeah, as they go on, yeah, the, the whole thing. So that gives Bobo something to do. Unfortunately, without that sword at the moment, he, he kind of was, you know, wouldn't have been so uh, powerful. Well, I there. don't know. Even that, the whole thing, I feel like if he, that's just what he's using because he has it. Like everybody else is doing stuff that they're just willing. And even talking about changing the way magic works because it is a chaos based magic. Now, usually it drives me nuts when we have Zatanna because of the backwards magic. I just hate reading because every writer, they do a Definitely. Yeah. I'm used to what you know James Tynan does here, but because it's chaos magic now, it's, it's all scrambled jumbled. letters. Yeah, I, so didn't even try. Backwards. I didn't even try. I There's didn't no even try to, to do it. No. As, as, no. It really is. I actually went through and just did it because I was so immersed in this book, the way it was going out. Because here we have the new Lords of Chaos, our Justice League Dark, going against the Lords of Order, who we have seen before are actual people that we know to a degree who have been become hosts of this whole thing. Like you have Ibis the Invincible, Extrano, and Mark Merlin, and Xanadu, which we do finally get Xanadu to do back it's funny to me because when bobo decides my sword can cut through your sheath here which you know they all have like you know naboo's helmet is the source of the power and stuff like that so each of the lords of order have something that make them like you know become hosts like a powerful object that comes on the make it so when he cuts that cape of the sheath that goes around her face and we actually get xanadu back i'm like 
who were the other Lords of Order? Because I couldn't remember at this point, but I'm like, I looked it up though. I'm like, Ibis the Invincible, Extrano, and Mark Merlin. Okay, yeah, we got the most po- popular character back because nobody for the most part will recognize those other Lords no, of Order. And no. they don't matter in the long run. You might remember Extrano from uh, the Midnighter series. Oh, yeah. you liked I him remember Extrano. I did like him a lot. I actually, <laughs> uh, with the panel progression where you end up having, uh, you know, uh, Madame Xanadu get back, I was a little confused at first. I didn't oh, understand what was going on because he just, she just yells and he's like, you know, brothers, do not flee. Remember the cause. And what if you done he's like i cut off your magic at the source this is done xanadu i'm like i don't know what went on and then you just explained i'm like hey i still didn't know until you said it i was i'm so happy though that that's all that happened because bobo after the blue devil was turned to stone last issue i think it was Bobo is so out for blood, it seems like, at this point. When he's going after the Xanadu Lord of Order at this point, he's like, I believe that this sword can cut through you. I'm like, don't yeah. do it, Bobo. That's yeah, Xanadu he's going in there. On. Don't yeah. kill these people. Like, yeah. I like the fact that they actually just took out their their means of power in order to transform her back. So we'll have Xanadu back. Maybe she'll become a part of the team like the original JLD in the New 52. But when we actually get down to the fight where we have our Lords of Chaos, we have Khalid the Sword. We're even using magic to bring, you know, Jason Blood to back to power, like opening yeah. up the gates of hell. He's not yeah, combined with I don't anymore. understand it. He gets I, the brothers three, you know, the Trigun yeah. sons and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. You're imbuing him. It's almost like what we had during the Dark Side War when Shazam's power was cut off and he was given a new set of powers from different yeah. gods in order oh, to make like up his that. power set. And they never, they never, and they dealt never with talked that. about that it cool. <laughs> I just the thing with this though, it's like you know. Gone, gone, the ravages of age with Demons 3. Let's show them rage. And I think there's a lot of people are going to be like, who the heck are these guys behind there? If you don't know, know. if you don't, there's a lot of people who won't know. They'll just be like, hey, he's got three demons now. That that just means triple the rhymes, right? Now all of a sudden it's the beastie boys behind him. (laughs) He has a triple threat. But again, (laughs) this is another thing that if you aren't like full out in this, I think that it just goes over your head. And it's a shame because this does. A lot of this goes over over my head so it really has to be the big moments that i'm like okay i get that but they i don't have the emotional how, connection how to those as this well big moment where you had khalid nasor go up against his you know his mentor i like that you know, i Kent like nelson dr fate naboo and he's going he knows he's not as strong as dr fate or naboo no. in this whole thing and he's still going up against it and eventually you have the people that dr fate had absorbed before constantine and yeah. you know just even kent nelson and phantom stranger they're all using their powers internally as khalid's facing him externally and that whole panel where you see kent ripping apart the helm of fate like you know metaphysically to exit yeah, i actually out think stuff like that, that that i think that that should have been a bigger panel too i i, I think that maybe that was a bit confusing too. i thought I it, looked that it so was bigger. cool it got me oh, so you excited see, it's just kind of half you don't even see that it's the yeah i mean you obviously you see that it's a i would have liked to have seen the whole mask though as they right. were doing it you don't get that you just get the two eyes i'm like well, that's the thing oh, it's more of that? a meta- metaphysical I thing know, so but it's not still, like you're doing it so yeah. you might as well show it i mean show the whole deal the fight i thought just kept getting amped up more and more the idea of this chaos magic and you get jason blood back into it the the brothers three power and then you have you know the uh phantom stranger constantine and kent nelson now and they're all going against the head honcho at this point naboo the head of the lord of order and yeah. i like it because everybody the other two like i'm telling you xanadu comes back the other two <laughs> i tell you like we have lost this battle we better get the hell out of here because we yeah. don't want to get messed up like the rest because now that kent nelson is no longer the host the helm itself in naboo it is forming its own 
own body. Like you think I need a host. And then all the magic users, they get together and they bind Naboo back to this helmet, even to the point when they actually get done, when the helmet falls and Naboo is bound to it, they don't even want to touch it thinking that maybe if somebody picked this thing up, it might just take, come back to life and take you over again. I found this whole like, you know, development of this battle. Each page I actually have like got more and more intense. I'm like, this is really cool. It's been slow for a while for me for this whole Lords of Order and then going into the Lords of Chaos thing. But by the end, when we putting a pin in the Lords of Order, shutting down Magic and Blue, I'm like, that was pretty cool. And like, I was so happy by the end. I got, but I actually disappointed myself because like, now we got to go fight the other kind. There's not even a real sense of like closure to have this happiness go because now we got to even fight the bigger bad who the Lords of Order were trying to fight against to save everybody from. Like, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that's the worst part. Like you said, everything's a world ending thing. Like we don't have time to mm. breathe here because we just have the other kind of deal with now. Well, like, and then when you see the upside down man, you see Cersei hanging yeah. up the pool. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of to tie up still. Yeah. And even then, like, again, the Lords of Order, Lords of Chaos thing. Uh, it just, I, I don't know much about it. I, I really didn't learn. Like you said, half of the things that were big moments for you, I didn't even realize were going on when, you know, oh, those are Etrigan's three. And they just, you know, the three demons. Okay. And there's yeah. the demons three. If you don't know what that is, you're kind of like left behind the whole thing with Xanadu and and the whole cape. I was left behind with that as well. Uh, and yeah, by the end, you end up seeing Cersei and, you know, have Diana say, hey, everybody, look, we're going to protect you. We're the Just League Dark. That's what we're going to do. Uh, and just remember, you know, we are the Just League of the Dark and we will protect you. And she has that and destroys the, the ruby know, the of life that there. was giving them yeah, the, the power. Ruby. And I'm telling you, at the end there, it seems like, they're like hey, Zatanna, here, take this. Your father's been grooming you to do this your entire life. And at the end, she's like. You know, through all the shit that I've been through now, I don't even know if I want to be a part of any of this anymore because it's been yeah. turned upside down and said, I don't want to be the one to do this. And that's where you have Wonder Woman step up who will be the one to take care of this. Like, and then that's where we have the wraparound of Batman and her talking before the Just League Dark Wars started. The idea of stepping up to this whole darkness, this world that they don't really fully understand. Where Diana's like, look, I am Diana Themyscira. We will protect you. But the idea that I'm going to use this chaos magic that's left inside this ruby of life. And she does something to write magic, to change magic so it's different. I don't know if it's so they can use it against the other kind later on. But I'm like... What did this do at the end? Because at the end, you you see her smash the ruby of life, and I'm like, oh man, he'll freaking out. I can't even think of his name. Uh, the sorcerer, Sargon, the sorcerer. He's gonna be so yeah, pissed Sargon. off when he gets oh, out. He's gonna be other kind of. He and just remember his, his son, Eric. Remember his son, <laughs> and the uh, mystic you. Uh, oh no, that's Sebastian yeah. Faust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but he had that one. Didn't he have the yeah, ruby no, of life as no, well? No, Sargon's son did in that as well. I, okay, I called yeah, him Sebastian yeah. for a second. I was oh, wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it ends. And uh, what'd you give it? I ended up giving this an 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art, and I thought the f- battle for this whole thing with the Lords of Co- Order and the Lords of Chaos was just really entertaining. My biggest problem, though, was this Lords of Chaos thing with the Ruby of Life. It did just become a bit that we got last issue, and now it's over. It was just kind of a prop here to get what we needed, and now we're going to move on. So I'm like, that would have been cool if we could have explored that a little bit more. Yeah, I'm giving it a six. I like the art, but yeah, it's just not for me. I, I'm I don't know half of the stuff that seems to be going on. And when it's supposed to be big, he ends up passing it by. And when, like I said, Nanda Parbat, that's the big thing that I mention all the time. But that was destroyed. We haven't heard hide or hair of it since that issue that it got destroyed. Oh, so yeah, anytime heard it's like you know, Dead happens, Man and Ramakusha, they opened the portal and they got out of here a little while ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's all we know. And, and even the the idea of everybody lining up to get rid of their magic seemed very 
very X-Men-esque to me as well at that point. I, I don't know why, but it, it seemed like when they had the cure for the mutant deal and everybody was going to get rid of it. But by the end, like when you were getting excited about the battle, I just didn't seem to think that it was that exciting. When you had the thing with Khalid that I like Khalid, but really that panel just was just destroyed with word bubbles and it got very wordy. But I liked the dialogue between them, but I didn't really care much. And I, I really can't wait till Reggie gets back because I really don't think that this is a book that I have any business talking about because I don't, it's not even that I don't like it. We talk about a lot of books that we don't like. I just, I'm, I'm, I've been left behind with this. I have no connection. I don't know half of the characters. I don't know what's going on. So when we talk about it, you know, you get excited and I'm just left again. I'm left behind just sitting there thinking, what did I miss when I was reading this? Cause obviously everybody seems to love it. Like they want to marry it. And I just, don't really care so uh but yeah we're gonna go on now to some mail and maybe uh, a little bit more uh, energy from me all right yo it's mail call it is the best podcast a week even though shay is such a freak i've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with jim and i've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear Mel with Jim, now Mel with Jim. And I've got a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear Mel with Jim, now Mel with Jim. All right, and it's mail section number two. We're going to start with Craig, who says, Dear Jim. Dear Jim, I think everyone will agree that the podcast has never been the same since the disgraceful cancellation of Shut Up My Shows Are On. But wait, (laughs) DC announcing Joe Hill line of horror comics? Does that mean a new Eric mini segment with full ghetto production quality? (laughs) Who's Eric? (laughs) I don't know. Does it, Jim? Because if it doesn't, seriously kick his overstuffed ass back to the sewer he flopped out of. You really should. Yeah, I really should. And questions for Mr. Werner, if I may. Last album bought. Now, album, I I can't say that I'm going to go with LP there, but the first bit of music. Well, no, I'm saying I ended up buying it digitally, but uh, my last uh, thing was Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, Eric, and I know that you would not know anything about that. Double talk? I'm I'm trying to activate a freaking. I activated you, but yeah, that was the last one. I I ended up having to think really hard about these, and these might not be fully at, but I think that that was the last. It's great album. Last book read, and he says last book book. Red, and I was thinking about this, and the only one that I could think of was M.T. Anderson's Jasper Dash and the Flame Pits of Delaware, which is a great book, and I ended up reading that to Logan. Uh, So that was one of those. Uh, Worst Meal Cook, and it was the time I was talking about this to Logan the other day. I ended up trying to make my own sushi one time. This is years ago. It was such an epic fail and was awful. It was so bad. Uh, That might be the worst. The worst meal I ever had cooked for me was a time where Tanya gets in these little bit of, you know, she gets inspired. 
And one of the things is I always say, like, I couldn't. What? I don't she, know. She, yeah, take my wife. Uh, she ended up like uh, occasionally we'll get in a, a fight and she was like, you don't do anything. I'm like, I cook all the meals. And then she gets inspired. Then I'll show him and ended up making this Russian goulash. It was awful. It was so bad. And I remember eating it and telling Alex, because Alex, he was young still. He starts eating it. He almost vomited. It was that bad. And I, I just gave him this look and I'm like, you, you got to eat this. You get buddy. We, we're all going to have to eat because if we say it's not good, she is going to kill me. So we ended up. Oh, it was awful. It was uh, like 20 says, years ago. Oh, it was way. It was probably about 18 years ago, actually. Uh, best comic. <laughs> hey, if you have a bad meal, she it doesn't inspired. matter if it was Never 40 tried years again. ago. No, she did. It's like okay. me showering. Uh, best comic you're yeah. reading from anyone. From anyone you say, my favorites right now, it's pretty much uh, Invaders over at Marvel. But if you want to throw Defender or uh, Daredevil in it, I have Defenders, but I meant Daredevil. Invaders and uh, Daredevil, both by Chip Zdarsky over at Marvel, are probably my favorite two comics at the moment. See, and he says yours. See, also, as fans of youthful heroes, which spunky lads would Jim and Eric like to house and dress up in spandex and groom for a life of a shadow grabbing. What am I doing, children? Now you're, you're grabbing some. I think is Zach Efron a spunky lad? Is, is he? Is he allowed? Be. That Justin Bieber. I can always play pretend. Tom Brady is he allowed there? Uh, I, I'd say uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Any one of those BTS kids? You know those guys. And I'd like the the bad What's boys. What's BTS? And then, you know BTS. You're down with them, right? You're you're good with them. I, I heard that you're a big fan. I you know you. I don't know. BTSM. No, no. BDSM. No, it's the it's the K-pop deal. It's the most popular oh. band in the world. Is are can I have my all? World. Can I have all three Jonas Brothers? Can I can I get them? Man, Kevin can stand aside. I don't need Kevin, but I'll have Joe. Is he and the Nick. fat brother? No, no, he's just kind of the ugly one. He's the older one. He's like that older ugly if one. I'm in touch Hanson. kids. Remember they that one in Hanson? You're like, man, those two look. Those two girls are pretty good looking. But what's that ugly boy doing? That was the older brother, right? <laughs> uh, but BTS, yeah, BTS has like 17 guys in the band. Each one more interesting than the other. I said that it's one of those boy bands where you, you had to end up with the idea where you had the bad boy, right? Then you have the smart one and you have this and then you have my dog barking, but you have all these things going and it's you got to get, one. you end up then with the boy band that has so many, you know, kids in it, boys girls, 12? boys or whatever. I'm telling you, even more, you, you have, there's the kid who likes to stay in on Friday nights and eat chips, read books. But on Saturday, he goes to the arcade. They're very specific. He's a wild child. They're very specific. Oh, that's the one that likes to eat ice cream, but only mint chocolate chip. That's one of the guys I think in BTS. The and green yes, kind? That's me. No, not the green kind. The green kind is bull crap. And every, and the guy from BTS knows that. <laughs> Is what happens, but yeah, everybody from BTS. Eric, you, you never watched the BTS? They were actually on Saturday Night Live. Why would I watch the BTS? I'm telling you, why would I watch Saturday Night I, Live? I think first off, if you're like, man, I'm into the BTS, it sounds like you're into something really funky, right? You, you got to watch like BDSM. what company. Well, you got to watch what company you're in when you say that. But uh, I think Not that you would company. like them. You would like them. You, you actually, when they were on uh, Saturday Night Live, they had a big production. They dance around. Like, like who the, do you think I am? No, nah, I'm watching Saturday they Live listening to BTS. They remind me a little of a little bit of Michael Jackson in there, and I know you love Michael Jackson, so stop I do it. Love Michael. This just in. 
I hate your guts. Jay from Canada's oh next. What up, Jim and Eric? It's your boy, Jay from What's Canada. Up, Jay? Hey, And uh, in the roundabout deal, I don't know that he mentions this in here. I don't think he does. He has turned his girlfriend into a fiance, Eric. I might have Gross. taken black magic. I, you know, <laughs> but yeah, he proposed to his girlfriend and she said yes. He sent me pictures and he was all excited. And I thought that he was going to do this a little bit ago. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe she's listening. She's like, what the hell is he talking about? I know it's been a while. My bad. Things <laughs> have been just crazy here lately. I worked pretty hard to make it a whole big thing. And tomorrow I proposed to my girlfriend. Gross. Crazy, right? And I, she said yes. Spoiler alert. This just did she said yes i know the romantic in eric is practically giddy i promise i won't demand it like our a buddy bruce but yeah you uh you, you, when are you proposing to uh to jess when are you gonna do why because you're showing me then, how eric. great married life can be N- never is the answer <laughs> have you guys been? how have you guys been though i know jim's family's still reeling from zach's it is zach right yes it is yes. and this is z-a-c-h uh departure to the marines and we are we're all really reeling, it's z-a-c-h Rafe. Rafe. Seems Rafe. you're one of those yeah, people yeah it's yeah that's what it is it's zachary <laughs> uh, you know i used to call him zachariah but that's fine uh yeah rafe rafe seems to be able to just let things roll off his back yeah. Eric. he does not care about those leaving. <laughs> sociopaths yes. it honestly feels like the last page reveal of a big event and now two series are spinning out of it the warner family how will life continue when their golden child has left them what alex is gone that's who Tanya <laughs> thinks is the golden child. I don't think any of them are really. At one point, I was told that I uh, baby Ethan a lot. That that has kind of gone. <laughs> they nobody says that anymore. Uh, Logan, me and Logan, like Tanya said earlier today, and we did have the Jim has issues with his wife podcast. But she basically said that Logan is such a mini me that will never. Is that get why he's such a and jerk? We fight now? It, and we fight about it. And yeah, that's why. And and then I get mad. <laughs> I, I basically legitimately told him the other day, go to hell, you asshole. I was so angry. Yeah. Then I had to run. Then I had to run upstairs and tell Tanya that I said it. <laughs> so he didn't <laughs> so, that, so that he wouldn't throw me under the bus. And what secret is Jim harboring <laughs> that could tear that family apart? A lot of secrets. And Zach Attack, one man's journey to find himself and find out what his country has been hiding. I, oh I think my. that's Zach, one of the things so a lot of here? people – a lot of him, Bigfoot, a lot of people like get worried their son goes off to, you know, the Marines or the Armed Forces and like, oh, man, there's no way he's going to get, you know, be involved. And this is the funny thing is basically I keep saying that Ethan should join the, the Army or Marines or whatever. It's funny because when Zach was still around, I'm like. Ethan, you should join the army. And and Zach would get so angry, like the idea that I'm lowering the level for Ethan because I, I don't trust him to be. But, but I, I said he should go. Ethan, and then Tanya should sits join there. the Tanya Coast Guard. <laughs> yeah, Tanya sits there and is like, you really think that he'd be able to deal with that with people giving him orders? I'm Ethan, like, this is why he service. needs to be there. Yeah, really. I, that's why he should, you Ethan, should become a mailman. should become a crossing guard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm like, that's why he needs to go there. That's why he needs to, because really, you either ship up or ship out, as I heard going, from G.I. So, Joe. So ship out. Where's Polly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach really. uh, attack. Yeah, he says that. But uh, the whole thing about what I was starting with is Zach has been getting ready for this Marines for two years now. And pretty much like it is perfectly his thing. There's no oh, yeah. worry in my mind that he's not going to like it, that he's going to, you know, end up, you know, hating being told things and whatnot. Uh 
Yeah, he, he's pretty much right on board with this. I just miss him and, and him going away. It's not even it, it's weird, too, because I used to go. We would go days without seeing him. You know, he's older now not and he me. was graduating. He's been Every in the day. plays and stuff like that. Yeah, really. We never went to bed binoculars. angry. <laughs> I see those through the binoculars. I see him. <laughs> Good night, Zach. Good night, my friend. Uh, yeah, uh, this just in there. Eric's a pervert. Uh, so I love, I love that breaking Old news, news Jim. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> that is real news. Is what then? Must but have been no, a slow I news just, day, huh? I just miss, I, I just miss, you know, seeing him at all, and and yeah. we can't hear from him and stuff like that. Anyways, as for kind, and and really, I'd go into work and just bitch and moan about him all the time. Would you get this? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as for comics, I've basically been reading a ton of Marvel, so I'll have to talk about that over on the Marvel Weekend Edition podcast, and that is a free play. Damn right. Right now, most. That DC books over just there. aren't hyping me up. Don't get that involved in Eric Shayland. <laughs> I caught up. That ain't getting past the border. I caught up on Just League Dark, and it's okay. Action comics and event Leviathan are boring. I'm not a spy crime guy. And Flash is just a collective shrug. Meanwhile, I've been devouring, uh, devouring War of the Realms, and it's honestly one of my top three events of all time, Aaron. I enjoyed so the first good. and last issue. He's a man of extremes. He, he really is. He wears his heart the on his sleeve up there in Toronto. Wiffleheim he's and he, Froyo, he's just whatever these characters are called. <laughs> he's just upset because Kawhi's going to be leaving Toronto, Eric, right? You, you know that. It what? made me think, why do, most DC of, why do most DC events suck? Sounds like a Wendigo. It, really? In Toronto? Yes. Yes. Oh. Do you guys oh, agree? My. I really like Blackest Night and Forever Evil and Flashpoint was pretty good. I like those. Yeah, uh, shit, I basically love Jeff Johns. Remove him from the equation. What do we have? Convergence. Future's End. Heroes in Crisis. As an event, it sucked hard. Identity Crisis. Oh, my. Now you're triggering I love Identity now, Crisis. Now in Eric Shadeland, he's now going to make a decree. You got to like that. I like the two of them. But now I know that people, people have like gone back on yeah. it. And it's kind of like it is dated in a way that these times that we live in nowadays, uh, you know, people get mean? upset about things. I'm oh, getting people upset. Get I got you. all the time. Uh, I, I thought it was a good moody mystery. <laughs> I just like I to imagine, like, you know, in this day and age, because back in the early 2000s when rape was okay yeah, in everybody's you know. mind. The early 2000s like called, Eric. They want their wraparound shades back. Is that, is is that, that what that was? <laughs> I'd say so about ninety six. Was rocking them? Yeah, I'd say about ninety six. There, he was done by then. I did like admittedly like metal. Yeah, even if the finale wasn't the best. Uh, personally, I much prefer Fear itself, most underrated event of all time. Secret Wars, Avengers versus X Men, even Secret Empire. Oh gosh, it was even uh, much better than most people say. I love what events. Did I tell that you make about bringing Marvel over here to reunite? <laughs> I went. I went into War of the Realms expecting very little and was totally blown away. The final issue was perfect. What do you guys think? Jim this may have more experience. How do you compare DC events to Marvels? I only have had a couple DC or Marvel events. I, I really most of the quote unquote DC events have been letdowns. They really have. And yeah. I mean, I'm talking like, are you talking Justice League versus Suicide Squad as an event or just a crossover? That's a lot of the times event, I think I, don't know, well, I think that a lot. That's the thing like is Monster a lot Man. of the times they're in a gray area. That yeah. you can say, well, that's just a crossover. They try but to they come out and say that that was event. the first event yeah, of the rebirth. But they try to push those at events. They're not very eventful, is what I see. Oh, and the last thing, big reveal. 
Tom, you like that? This just did. I am brilliant, Eric. Tom King is no longer my second favorite writer. That now belongs to Dun 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 Tom Taylor. Cates, oh. Donnie Cates. The man can do no wrong, he says. I don't know. I, I'm thinking some. that Overall, he's a little. I think he's un, unlike Eric Shea. He stretched thin. And listening to his podcast with Ryan Stegman further shows My his feelings. Brilliance. I don't even know that. I honestly think he can even top John's eventually. They're trying to push him as that sort you better of. Better watch yourself, did Jay you, from Canada, with what you say over your, there. <laughs> did your favorite writers change at all, Eric? Tynan's wordiness has lost favor with me, but I still like him, he says. My favorite writer, I'm telling you, I Jeff jump John's in and out. I, I, I still like Jeff Johns. I'm kind of a Love fickle Tom Taylor lover. as well. I'm one of those lovers, Eric, that's always looking over his shoulder for the next best thing. Is so not I'm reciprocating so is what you're telling me? No. Why would I do that? I'm not a giving lover like you. Um, no, I, I kind of right lover now, I have night. to say, I mentioned it earlier. Right now, my lover is Chip Zdarsky, whether he knows it or not. But no, I, I, I really like his writing. And it's funny because old Brandon boy there, he, he tried to skew me away from the man, and now he even loves him as well. I thought don't this was the Get Fresh that. crew, not the Fresh don't Star talk crew. What are we doing right now? Brian, Brian Michael Bendis with that, that Brandon, or, or that Nick Spencer, right? Oh, my. Can you watch that? The- <laughs> oh, yes, Eric. I was about to hit the breaking news and say this is indeed the DC podcast. Okay, I've rambled too much. Uh, I hope you guys are well and just as well as we always are. Much love from I'm not Canada. Be playing my triple changer tonight, Play but whatever. No, you will not, loser. And that is oh. from Jay. And that is the end of the second mail section. We do have another one coming up later. But right now, we're going to go off to a special section, which is not <gasps> me and you. We get special. to sit back oh, and relax. Actually, that's the best section. <laughs> and enter the Orlando zone, which I know you love, and then go off oh, into no. the far future. <laughs> Of Batman Beyond, but we're going to be back with those, and then we'll be back with some more mail. Hello, and welcome to another edition of The The Orlando Orlando Zone. Zone. Yes, and it's a bumper edition. Uh, today, uh, not only do we have, uh, the Martian Manhunter issue, but we also have, uh, a one-off Wonder Woman, uh, issue penned by the, the great Steve Orlando himself. So it's a, it's a packed zone, uh, this week. Yes, it is. Uh, so, uh, just brace yourselves. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, we're going to start with the Martian Manhunter issue six. This is the halfway point in the 12 issue series. Uh, I've been blowing cotton cold, uh, with this series, uh, mostly cold, really. Um, I think there are some significant issues with it and I've found the storytelling to be, well, um, less than great at times, shall we say, uh, not helped by a liberal smattering of Orlando uh, dialogue diarrhea. Uh, and generally speaking, it's uh, it's not been as good as I hoped it would be. Does this issue change that? Well, we will have to find out, won't we? 
<laughs> yes, we will. Uh, Martian Manhunter issue number six is, of course, written by Steve Orlando with art by Riley Rosmo, colors by Ivan Placentia, uh, and the letters are by And World Design. Uh, it's published by DC Comics and the price is $3.99. The Martian Manhunter series is at its halfway point, so it's probably about time for a proper origin story. The exact details of what happened on the day Mars burned and John Johns became the last Martian have been teased throughout the last few issues, but now it's time to get the full story. Will writer Steve Orlando have some surprises for us? There is, as ever, only one way to find out. Um... The short answer to that uh, ridiculous rhetorical question, really, is yes. Yes, he does have surprises for us. Uh, some welcome, uh, some less welcome. Uh, we'll start, as ever, with the covers. Uh, the Riley Rossmo one is okay, but it's not great. I've seen better Riley Rossmo art, and you're about to see better Riley, Riley Rossmo art in this issue. Um, it's essentially of of John kind of trying to extricate himself from a bunch of uh, Martian flesh uh, that looks essentially like green pizza cheese uh, with some red eyeballs thrown in for good measure. Uh, it's not a great... Well, it's not a great cover. It's it's an okay cover. Um, the Middleton cover, and I've been raving about the Middleton covers uh, all uh, all the way through this series... This, this one is just phenomenal. It's just so good. Uh, it's a picture of John, uh, looming over the planet Mars, uh, fiery, crackly radiation coming off the planet, uh, reaching towards him. Uh, he looks absolutely traumatized. There's, uh, the space is kind of streaked with red energy in the background and Mars looks absolutely stonking, uh, in the foreground. It's a great cover. And, um, that's all I have to say about that, really. It is, it is a fantastic cover. We turn the page over. Oh, by the way, there's a Jeff Lemire quote. Uh, did you want to hear the Jeff Lemire quote? Let's go back a bit. Seeing as Simon, last, uh, <clears throat> last time around, Simon quite enjoyed my, uh, my reaction to the, to the Andy Kubert, uh, quote. This isn't anywhere near as, as interesting as this, mainly because, uh, Lemire, from, from a, from a kind of promotional point of view, this works, but Lemire comes out of this quotation fiasco with his reputation more or less intact. You'll see what I mean in a minute. I've always loved Martian Manhunter, and Steve Orlando and Riley Rossimo may have created... Notice that he doesn't say they have. He says he says they may have. Nice one, Jeff. See, see, the thing is, see, Andy Kubert, he is, he's an artist. Jeff Lemire is a writer. He knows how words work. <laughs> he gets that, you know, so may have, have created the ultimate version of the character. Okay. You, you may have done that. You may not have, but you may have. Okay. This book is everything good comics should be. Okay. Kinetic inventive and full of heart. Uh, kinetic is an interesting word. It's one I've used myself, actually, uh, from time to time. It's a, a nice word to use for uh, to describe art and story that moves quite quickly. 
uh, not only that, but has kind of um, has impact uh, in terms of the way that movement is portrayed. It's not an unreasonable word to use uh, to describe this, actually, because um, it has been fairly fast-paced, although at, at times it's also – there have been sort of moments of, of great stillness in, in this series as well. But there is a, there is some kinetic kind of energy, if you like, to the – to the the storytelling inventive well you can't you you can't say that's not correct inventive is is right um it is inventive um particularly in terms of the art we'll say some more about this in a moment and full of heart as well i think for this issue in particular that that's a, an entirely valid point to make so lemire is kind of He's he's kind of being honest, and and he's saying something that is essentially quite positive about the series, uh, but he doesn't come out with anything quite so stupid as as talking about how it's the perfect synergy of art and story or some other nonsense like that. So uh, nicely played, Jeff. Well done, and uh, that was uh, that was nicely done. Um, we get into the main comic. Uh, Diane Mead has agreed to meet up with uh, John. And they meet up at a place called Steve's Diner. Um, is that a reference to Steve Orlando? I don't know, and I don't much care. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, they're having a conversation, and uh, essentially, it is a confession between between John and uh, Diane. John is confessing who he really is and how he came to be on Earth, and that is that is all we get until the very last page. That's all we get of John and Diane this issue and that's okay. I think one of the big things uh that has not worked especially well for me uh really in this series. It's worked on occasion but but more often than not it it it's it's too jarring is the transition between Earth and uh the flashback Mars and I think um the visual styles. I know it's a weird kind of talking about it in, in relation to this with Rossimo, but 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 Rossimo, Rossimo is much much better when he's kind of working in the shadows and he's working in in, in a term terms of kind of suggestive sort of art rather than kind of full out weirdness. Uh, he may not he may not agree with me. <laughs> he may not agree with me on that, but but that's that's my take on on his work. Um, so so when when you have that transition between sort of you know. Uh, dark kind of noirish uh, scenes and the kind of absolute weirdness of of Mars, the visual weirdness of Mars, I should say. I, I think one of one of my concerns during the whole of this series has been that uh, there are certain things I think that Orlando has introduced that he hasn't really, uh, in terms of how different an alien uh, Mars is to Earth. I don't think he's he's plumbed the depths of those things quite enough, really. Whereas Rosmo uh, has a little bit more is a little bit more adventurous in terms of the way he depicts characters and what have you. Anyway, um, where am I going with this? Right, yes. Uh, here, the, the the transition is is straight away. So so you don't get into kind of the the, the feel, the atmosphere, if you like, of uh 21st century earth you kind of it's very perfunctory and then you kind of get plunged into well actually you get plunged into birth uh martian birth um i kind of uh, 
I'm very ambivalent about these two pages, really. I, I, I think, um, on the one hand, they, they form a really nice, and, you know, I, I think from, from a, from a kind of storytelling point of view and from a structural point of view, they, they, they form a really nice contrast with what happens later on in the, in the issue. So you, you get sort of, uh, John and Miria, uh, his wife, uh, talking about having a child and about how, uh, can they, 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 they're basically having the same kind of conversations that, that my wife and I had be- before, before we had our kids. And I'm, I'm sure many in a get fresh group, boop, boop, uh, have similar experiences. It, it's like, well, can we afford this? What are we going to do? And you're kind of planning for the future. The, the bottom line, by the way, to that is, uh, you, you can't plan. <laughs> Not really. You can't plan. You can't plan for kids. The kids just happen. They, they cost you a hell of a, hell of a lot of money. <laughs> and it's always more than you think it's going to be. And uh, if you spent your life waiting to have kids, you'd never have them. Waiting for the right time to have kids, you'd never have them. Um, because it's, Because life always throws up reasons and obstacles for you not to have kids. Um, but sometimes you just got to do it. Anywho, there we go. That's, uh, that's Jez's advice for prospective parents everywhere. Right, here we go. They're doing that merging thing again, Miria and John are, while they're having this conversation. I don't, I don't know how this works, really. I, I, I get the kind of, you know, the visuals of it, and, and I get the, the idea of joining, and, you know, it, it's a kind of, uh, it's a more sort of comprehensive union than say, you know, sex between, uh, a human male and human female, but it's, it's just kind of weird really. And, and it's, it's very, uh, well, messy and, and also, um, somewhat unclear. I mean, I, I notice once again that the bloody house pet is still in the picture. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of skittering across the floor, you know, kind of looking over his shoulder at this sort of mass of green flesh kind of pulsating and merging in the, you know, in the room. And I'm like, dude, just, just get out of there, man. They're, they're, they're getting intimate. Just, just leave it alone. Uh, anyway, there we go. Um, so what happens here on the first page is, is they, they have this conversation about, are we going to have kids or not? Uh, there appears to be what, what might be an egg kind of growing inside Miria. It's really difficult to see. It's a glowing kind of, yeah, uh, white, uh, sort of capsule or, well, it's, it's clearly meant to be an egg. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, but I, but I can't be 100% sure uh, that, that that is what it is and it's what's happening. I just don't know. Uh, and what's really, uh, jarring, and I mentioned this in the review, is that you go from that this kind of sort of melded conversation about whether we're going to have kids or not to then suddenly the next page, they're having Ken and, you know, Rosmo chooses to uh to present this as a as a kind of a a joint uh activity between the two of them. So the, you don't you don't get kind of John sort of pacing up and down in the 
in the waiting room outside or or John feeling completely uh, and utterly helpless and removed from the process while he's watching it and videoing. I mean, why do you video birds? What the hell? Who are you possibly even going to show that to? It's just insane. Sorry, my apologies. If you videoed, you know, your children's children's birth, good on you. Great. Good on you. Just, just, that's fine. But I, I, I can't get my head around that. Anyway, he's, he's not doing any of that because he is, joined with her and and together they they are forming this kind of weird uh six-legged creature that is that is being used to 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 birth Kim and the the way Rosmo's done the layouts is a very kind of handy sort of upturned funnel <laughs> layout at the bottom of the page to kind of to kind of make it very clear to you exactly exactly in case you didn't figure it out exactly what's happening you kind of see you know Kim the baby sort of break through the membrane and uh you know i mean i'm, I'm assuming i mean i don't know gra- uh, mars has lower gravity than than the earth doesn't it but uh, I would have thought somebody was there to catch her, but I, there's no, nobody else around. I mean, I mean, it, this, this doesn't take place in a hospital. It seems to take place in, uh, in, in, in John and Miria's, uh, home. Um, there are bowls of food still out in, you know, there are, there, there's spilled food on the counter. It's, it's just really, it's very strange. It's, it's a really weird setup. And there's nobody on hand, you know, in case the, the, the birth goes wrong. It's anyway, it's all very kind of primitive in, in that sense. But, you know, Kim is very cute. Uh, uh, she's basically sort of like a, a green lump. Um, and, uh, they, they kind of, uh, they dote on her as, uh, as new parents tend to do. It, it's a very, very odd page, though. Um, I, it's funny, I was talking to Jim on Messenger in, in the Slack about, because uh, he asked me, he said, said you know, what, what, what is this issue like? And, and I, I told him, and I, I kind of said, you know, there's a real focus on John's family. And uh, he said, is, is this like Mr. Miracle? I said, well, no, not really. I said, although I suppose, you know, you, you could make that connection if you wanted to, but I, I don't know why you would want to particularly. Uh, the family dynamic here is really different, uh, from what we get in Mr. Miracle. It's, um, it's used differently, shall I say? And then we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about that in a moment. Sort of his, <sighs> Mr. Miracle is about kind of, you know, balancing the demands of, uh, a family and his superhero career and what have you, and having to kind of make, make choices about that and having to deal with that, having to deal with being away from, from his, his family and what have you. Um, that's not really what Martian Manhunt is about. Anywho, we have this, um, we have this birthing and then you turn over the page and you, you get this to- double page spread of Mars in utter chaos. And, um, it's almost too much to take in. Um, it's, it's Rosmo as, you know, it, it's kind of like, I, mean, I don't know what, what the script is like for this in, in terms of what direction, uh, Orlando has given Riley Rosmo on this, but, but I'm assuming he, he kind of said something along the, on the line, along, along the lines of it's a riot, make it look as nightmarish and hellish as possible because that's kind of what Riley Rosmo has done. So you, so you've got, 
some kind of vehicle has crashed into uh, into a, a building. And basically, every Martian in the picture, apart from uh, John and Miria and Kim, who are kind of uh, speeding uh, through this uh, this landscape, this cityscape, uh, in a in some kind of hover car. Um, they're they're fine. Everyone else is uh, is on fire, uh, and it's it's pretty damned disturbing. Uh, the, the 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 big kind of central image is of well uh, it, this is kind of interesting because uh, okay i don't know whether this is one person or two <laughs> it's like i have no idea they they're kind of just coated in flame and and they're screaming if it is one person then it's it's a person with two mouths okay it's just really difficult. I, I think it's meant to be two people uh, because it looks to me like one of them may have his or her uh, arms around the other one's throat, but it's really, really difficult to tell. Uh, there are other people in the background kind of just sort of jumping off buildings with their heads on fire. Uh, there's a weird kind of Martian in the foreground who's kind of running around on on his knees and and it's he just looks bizarre uh the whole thing is just messed up in a, in a fairly in a fairly massive way and um yeah that's that's what happens so so john's driving through the city and his his plan is basically to get his his uh, to get his family off planet really um now bearing in mind that uh, off planet travel uh, has been established as being illegal on Mars, so that means that he has to uh, he has to do something illegal. And of course, we know that he has been working with uh, organized criminals. The last few uh, few issues have told us that. Um, and now he he wants payback. Basically, he wants to you know to have access to to this uh, illegal uh, planet hopper, as it's called. Uh, to get off planet, and of course, the, the the big thing here is that his his family don't know that uh, they don't know that he's got he's he's been working towards that end uh, throughout the last uh, the last few issues. So, what Orlando does here is actually quite effective. Um, we have John as the one who thinks he's in charge and thinks he knows what's going on and, and thinks he's got a plan. And you've got Miria who doesn't know what's going on, but is kind of like the moral, uh, the moral conscience that, that John has kind of put to one side in order to save his family. And she is that, the kind of the return, if you like, of, of that conscience that he's discarded. And Kim, uh, Kim is just pure innocence. So, so she's like, da, why are the people burning? And she doesn't know. And it's, uh, it's, it's really kind of grim in, in, in that sense. And, and they drive, through these riots, and there are some Martian, uh, other Martian manhunters kind of uh, trying to contain the riots, and they telepath telepathically speak uh, to John, uh, asking him to help them, to lend them a hand, and he ignores them, and he drives on, and uh, that alarms Miria. In replying to her, 
he uses spoken language for the first time. And there's a big kind of social taboo about using spoken language. Uh, he's using unvoiced thoughts. I have a number of, of issues with this because language acquisition, um, you know, thinking language is different to speaking it. I, I don't... I don't want to get too much into this because it would derail the whole the whole review. But the, but the, but there are kind of big issues with that. That you know, that so much of language depends upon sound and and what have you. Um, do we think in words sometimes, but not often? We we tend to think more in pictures. So that there's there's kind of a to to kind of make a big thing about uh, about using languages being a, be using spoken languages as being a taboo thing, it, there there are a little there are some problems with that, but I'll let that slide for now. The, the bottom line is is that he's done something that's incredibly taboo and uh, and has shocked Miria and Kim, and he basically says, uh, she basically says, you you've cut us off from the thought stream. Uh, and, and and he's done that to protect them. So now they can't use uh, telepathy uh, to communicate because to do so puts them at risk of Fromir's curse um, because because the curse is telepathically communicated. So this this all adds quite nicely to the tension. I mean, it's tense anyway because obviously the world is ending and and John wants to get his family off 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 planet, but but Miria. Uh, and to a lesser extent, Kim are not happy with that. Uh, they're not happy with what John is doing. Uh, and they're even less happy uh, when it turns out that he uh, has got this uh, this planet hopper, this spaceship, uh, squirreled away. And uh, Miria is quite, is quite alarmed at that as well. So it's like John is doing several things that are either socially taboo or actually illegal. He's not helping the other Manhunters contain the riot. So what exactly is going on? And basically we see that John, uh, at some unspecified point in the past, and actually no, it's not unspecified actually, it tells you. A day earlier, uh, John has gone into the databanks of the Manhunters and he has downloaded um, information that will basically reveal who uh, is undercover and working for the Manhunters within Martian organized crime. So clearly this is his bargaining chip. Now, he says that he has uh, implanted a virus into this data cell, which is a suitably organic-looking, that he's going to hand over to uh, to these uh, these criminals so that it will corrupt and rot away in their hands uh, as soon as he gets off planet. So he's kind of betraying the Manhunters, but not, if you see what I mean. He's he's kind of, he's trying to double-cross the criminals. The problem he's got is, is that the criminals uh, are double-crossing him. And they've uh, they've gathered, they gather around him, essentially just to have their revenge, really. Um, they don't need the uh, the data that John has stolen for them because the world's ending 
and it's kind of obvious. And I, I said in my review that the, the, there's a lot of pathos here, and, and one of the things that is uh, is quite interesting, and I, and I think this is intentional on, on on the part of Orlando, is that you've got John who is so focused on on saving his family, so focused on getting him off planet, that it hasn't really occurred to him that the thing that he wants to bargain with is useless. If the world is ending, which it kind of is, it really is. If the world is ending, then giving a bunch of criminals the information uh, on, you know, who is uh, an undercover policeman in their in their organisations, that's not going to really do anything for them. So, so there's a real kind of uh, there's a kind of like I said, there's a kind of pathos to that that Johnny's so kind of blinkered and so so centred on this that he he doesn't notice the obvious. And when they turn on him, he's genuinely, uh, he's genuinely amazed, genuinely surprised. Uh, and then, uh, they blow up the planet hopper. The blast catches Kim and Miria. Uh, there's flame all around them. Uh, Kim and Miria are scared and Kim goes into the thought stream and Miria goes after her and, the the criminals all around he and that happens while uh John is is trying to talk to the criminals and the criminals are just basically kind of pointing out look you're just scum you're no different to us you you know you you'd be prepared to sell out your um you know your colleagues in the your friends in the in the uh in the manhunters and uh and they, they die, and it's it's horrible. You know, they're kind of consumed by Hronmir's curse. And even as they're dying, they are they are kind of they're kind of casting their invective and and their their curses at, at John. It's it's quite powerful, quite effective. He doesn't realize that Miria and Kim are infected. John wants his family to come to him. Uh, he wants them to be safe. He wants them to be with him. And Miria refuses. And, um, uh, John kind of says, you deserved a good life, better than a manhunter could provide. I wanted you to have everything. Um, and Miria says, so did I, John, but not like this. Uh, and, and he says, please come to me. And it's at this moment that they start to break out in the, in the curse boils, right? And they start to, and it's you know what it it is genuinely uh it's tragic it is gen- it is genuinely tragic you know the, this this woman uh, and this this child are have been exposed to this uh this curse kind of inadvertently and, and kind of as a result of of what John has done you know that in in trying to preserve their lives trying to protect them uh, he has actually inadvertently put them in harm's way, and uh, and has led to them being consumed by Hormis curse, which they are, and it is horrible. They they get you know they they get torn apart by it. It's just disgusting and horrible. Uh, John is agonised, and there's sort of three or four pages here, which I just think are uh, almost unbearably sad. Um, and, and you get this kind of, uh, this image of, of sort of John on his own, 
holding on to the sort of tattered remnants of his wife while fire sort of burns all around him. And then suddenly he's snatched away by our mad uh, Earth professor from uh, a few issues back, and you see him kind of being taken away. And at this point, he wants to die. And uh, so he's, he's at, his, at his very lowest point, sort of emotionally and mentally. He is he is taken away. He's just seen his uh, his plan and his his attempt to to rescue his wife and child has been has just fallen apart around him. Uh, he has uh, sacrificed parts of himself, parts of his character, in order to do that, and it hasn't worked. He now wants to die. He's seen his wife and child die in front of him in a mo- most horrific way imaginable, and uh, and and now even even you know even dying has been taken away from him um, at the very moment that he could kind of you know expose himself to the curse or plunge himself into the flames or whatever it is that he wanted to do. He's taken away, and it's it's rendered very well by Rosmo. Um, and then we're back in the diner, and and the first thing I have a pro- have a problem with is is Diane Mead's ridiculous hair, and 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 not only that, you know, we, we've 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 had quite a uh, a good kind of heartfelt, uh, you know, uh, Lemire's right, there is a lot of heart, uh, particularly in this issue, um, but but we're before we. You know, before we get too much into that, we're kind of whisked away back to the present, which actually isn't the present. It's the past. But anyway, leave that to one side. Um, and you end up with, with this conversation between John and Diane. And it's it's not nonsense, but it, it's incredibly exposi- expository. Okay, it's very kind of exposition heavy. And, and Mead's hair looks ridiculous. It it just does, and you're kind of pulled out of out of what was quite an affecting and and powerful story. So it, it's a very it's not as frustrating as this comic has been in the past. This issue has has a kind of has hit a kind of an emotional resonance with me that 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 the that the series hasn't really achieved before. Uh, and for that reason, you know, I, I'm prepared to give Orlando props for this. Uh, he say what you like about Orlando, and, and I do. I, and, and, and there are times when Orlando exasperates me, and and his 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 kind of his exposition and and his uh, his plotting sometimes is is just terrible. But here. Uh, here he gets it right. He pulls pulls right back with the, with the language. Okay, so so the, so there the could have been an awful lot of uh, of Martian nonsense in this issue, and there isn't. He he pulls it right back, and he focuses on the family dynamic between John, Kim, and Miria, and it works. It works really really well. Not only that, there are a couple of panels that are utterly dialogue free. Well done, Steve. Bob on. Good man. And, 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 and it, it, it works. There, there, there are two full pages of, of John, uh, one watching his, his wife and, and child die and the other of just him absolutely bereft 
kneeling in the in the kind of uh, the burning wreck of of Mars, and it works. It works really well. And and Orlando, Orlando resists uh, what must have been at least some temptation to garnish those images with with words and he 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 doesn't do that and i applaud him for that um it's a shame we get the get the last page the way it is because the last page is almost kind of to be honest with you you don't need the last page the like the last page the last page could be the start of the next issue you don't need it um he could have he could have ended with uh with to, to be honest with you, here's the thing, right? If I'm Mead, okay, and and I'm listening to this story, I don't think I'd be able to say anything uh, after after that. And 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 I and I think I think it might have been nicer and better for because remember at the moment, Mead and 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 John are not uh, they're working together, but they're not friends. You know, she's still smarting from the whole. Uh, idea that that he has been lying to her and betrayed her and uh, taken on the uh, the identity of somebody who she greatly respected. So so he she's not happy with him, and I think here's an opportunity for to allow the power and the strength of that story that John has just told her to have an impact on her and for us to see that. And and that doesn't happen. That's the missed opportunity in this issue. Um which is a shame because because I think, you know, we we we, we get the emotional impact and then we go straight into, oh okay, here's some plot stuff for next issue. And I'm like, well you don't really need that, do you? You know? Uh anyway, never mind. Uh seven point eight I gave it. And um I kind of ummed an art about it. Um I think that the last time we had a good Martian Manhunter issue, which I think was either three or four, I gave it seven point three. Um, this is this is better than that. It, it's uh, seven point eight. It's not quite an eight. There's there's a couple of reasons for that. One is uh, is the book ending of the issue with the diner stuff between uh, John and Diane Mead. It's it doesn't really click with the rest of what's gone on. And I, and I do think that it would have been better if uh, Diane had had some kind of emotional reaction to, uh, to what John's just told her. But leaving all that aside, the vast majority of this issue works and it works really well provided. And I know this doesn't apply to any, uh, to everybody provided that you can, that you can on some level appreciate Riley Rossmo artwork. And, and I know that, that there are, Lots of people in the Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, that that does not apply to, and that's fair enough. I you know I I can't argue with that. I I, I can see why you would have problems with Riley Rossmo artwork. I absolutely can, um, I, and I have problems with it at times as well. But here it, it just works. It 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 just it suits what Orlando is trying to do. I and I think the the. The issue as a whole is a lot stronger than anything we've seen so far. So 7.8. Uh, I hope that's okay. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Um, next is Wonder Woman, number 73. All right. Uh, there will be a short musical interlude, and then we shall return. See you soon.
back, uh, this time with Wonder Woman issue number 73. Now, uh, this is an issue that I didn't review on the site. Uh, the regular Wonder Woman reviewer, Dispatch, uh, has done that, and uh, it's an excellent review, which is well worth checking out. I think it's fair to say uh, that Dispatch uh, did not like the issue as much as I did. <laughs> uh, he gave it a 5.1, and I think... Uh, some of his concerns I share, actually. I, th- I think if you are reading uh, Wonder Woman regularly, uh, this issue is probably going to irritate you because uh, in a, a a story that has kind of meandered quite a bit uh, over the last few uh, issues, well, it's, it's very much a kind of one-off uh, diversion, really. To, uh, to kind of fill in the background of, uh, Dimension Kai, which is where Wonder Woman has ended up. Uh, together with her friends, Atlantaides, uh, who is a, a sort of winged demi goddess, I guess, uh, who seems to have a thing for Diana and, uh, and Maggie. Um, who, uh, has managed to get this magic sword to, uh, to work quite dramatically for her. And we saw that in issue 72. Uh, none of those characters really make much of a, an appearance this issue. Um, and, uh, this is set very much in the past. It has a very kind of silver agey feel to it, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Those of you who know me, uh, know that I'm, I'm quite up for some silver age silliness. Um, whether you like this or not um, is very much kind of a personal thing, I guess. It, it, you know, as I said, it it does it does interrupt the ongoing narrative um, that uh, that has been established over the last few uh, few months. Let's dive in and see what happens. Issue seventy three of Wonder Woman is written by Steve Orlando. Uh, the pencils are by. Aaron Lepresti, inks are by Matt Ryan, colors are by Romulo F- uh, Fajardo Jr., and uh, the letter is Pat Brusso. It is, of course, uh, published by DC Comics, and it will now cost you $3.99, because we don't do $2.99 comics anymore. Great. Um, we start with with a flashback, and, and it is kind of... It's kind of jarring um, because you know the last the last issue ended with uh, Wonder Woman revealing, "Ah, we're in Dimension Kai," and this issue kind of opens with with a splash page and a title page of the two Hippolytas kind of arguing with one another. One is a kind of a warrior woman uh, with blonde hair, and the other is the traditional Queen Hippolyta with. Uh, with dark hair and she's wearing a robe. Uh, she's still wearing her kind of forearm length bracelets. Uh, but, uh, but other than that, you know, she's, she doesn't look anywhere near as, as much of a warrior as, uh, as the, this other Hippolyta looks. Uh, around them are some, um, some Amazons from this dimension who are uh, kind of looking quite hostile towards Hippolyta. That would be our Hippolyta. I can see this is, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> okay. Um, our Hippolyta. And uh, the, the kind of design is very kind of silver-agey. It's, uh, it's kind of they're wearing these 
uh, these suits of armor with crests on their helmets and what have you. Um, and so they're arguing, uh, because this is the first time that, uh, the, the two have met. Uh, so we have gone back in time to some unspecified point in the past when, uh, our Hippolyta has kind of found herself in this alternative dimension. Now, it turns out that our Hippolyta is the person who created this dimension. Um, and we'll, we find out why later on. Uh, but that question of why is kind of always in the background as we, as we go through this. Um, so basically, uh, we have a, a kind of a standoff while the two Hippolytas are kind of arguing. We see the young Diana and she is young. She's probably, she looks about 12, um, is, is kind of imprisoned in this, uh, in this dungeon beneath, uh, Empress Hippolyta's, uh, castle. Uh, so basically as the story kind of goes, you, you end up with, this is a, a Hippolyta, this is kind of an Elseworlds Hippolyta, really, who has, um, spurned, I suppose, the gift of the gods that, that was Diana, um, and kind of thrown it away, basically. So, so she had an opportunity to, to have this child made of, of sand and clay, uh, with, you know, breathed into life by the, by the gods. Uh, but she discarded it. And, um, she, because she chose conquest instead. All right. Uh, and Orlando makes this, this fairly, fairly clear. So, uh, Diana kind of, the Diana now, the, the present Diana who's doing the narration, uh, kind of goes into detail about, um, about how she came to visit this dimension in the first place. And it was, they, they ended up kind of, uh, inadvertently interrupting a, uh, a ceremony. Uh, she got, um, she got imprisoned and Hippolyta gets questioned by the other Hippolyta. Uh, what's interesting is, is she says that the other Hippolyta saw Diana as a threat. And I think, I think that the, the point here is, is that Diana represents the choice that she didn't make. I think that that's, that's clear enough. Okay. So Diana's kind of feeling a bit, the young Diana is feeling a bit frustrated. She can't get out of the cage that she's in. And she just kind of has to sit there while her mother deals with this situation. And, uh, basically what happens is, uh, to cut a long story short, they end up having a contest. They, they have a contest to find out which Hippolyta is the better one. Um, and this is, this is where Lepresti's art really kind of impresses. So, so you end up with like a, a kangaroo drawn chariot race. Uh, they, they, they have storytelling contests. They have, uh, strategy contests. Uh, they have contests in using the lasso, contests in using medicine, uh, contests in, uh, in flying, all this kind of stuff. And when it gets to the final contest, which is the final contest is a, uh, is a combat, uh, between the two of them, uh, they are equal. All right. So they, they are, they are tied at that point. Um, so then what happens is they're about to have a fight. Okay. Sort of Hippolyta and, um, and the Empress Hippolyta are about to have a fight when suddenly there is an attack from, uh, one of the presumably many dimensions that, 
uh, Empress Hippolyta has pissed off over the over the years uh, by invading or whatever. Um, this particular group of people are from the Atom World, and they are led by, you guessed it, Atomia. Of course they are. Um, so basically what happens here is that the two Hippolytas have to kind of band together, which they do. And... Uh, well, they, they, they both, I say band together, they, they both fight in defense of this, uh, of this particular version of Themyscira. Um, we keep on being reminded that Diana is still in her cage. Um, she's not guarded at this point because the two guards, uh, displaying remarkable lack of discipline, decided, uh, to go and watch the, the, the combat. And now, presumably, those guards are involved in defending, uh, Themyscira against the Atomian hordes. Uh, I keep on calling them Atomian in an order. Uh, presumably now, those, those two guards are involved in defending Themyscira against the hordes of Atom World. Okay, look, it's it's goofy. You either like this stuff or you don't. I like this stuff, um, but it it's it it ain't for everyone. Um, Lepresti does a great job here, and and I think to be honest with you, I, I I'm probably right in saying that if it wasn't for Lepresti's artwork, this this issue could have been terrible. Um, but Lepresti's artwork does does kind of raise the whole thing and and i wish actually lepresti was was uh was on the book regularly but that's a different story so basically uh you end up with the two hippolytas um fighting uh side by side really and uh the empress hippolyta is about to die uh she's about to be killed by uh atomia uh when uh diana the young Diana, uh, finally gets free, makes her way to the battlefield and intervenes with her bracelets crossed above her head to deflect, uh, the killing, uh, the killing bolt of energy. And, uh, basically what happens then is, is they all kind of, they all kind of just, you know, just fight and overcome Atomia. And, uh, that's, this is when, and this is okay, you know, it's rendered reasonably well. Um, but this is when we get classic Orlando, because Orlando is, I was talking to, uh, Jim about this the other day. Uh, Orlando is maybe an SJW, uh, but he is a lover rather than a fighter. Um, he's, uh, he's somebody who wants people to be friends with one another. And, and I kind of like that. I can go with that. And I think in, in a, I don't know, we're in a, we're in a time of comics where, we, we like darkness, or, or at least people who write comics seem to think that we like darkness, uh, and we like the gritty, and we like things going wrong. Um, here, sort of, it's about offering the hand of friendship to people who have uh, who have wronged you. It's it's about, I mean, you do it from a position of strength in this case because they have they have won the battle, um, but. You know, Hippolyta and Diana, this is our Hippolyta uh, and the young Diana, are prepared to offer the, the hand of friendship to Atomia, uh, which obviously she's quite shocked by, uh, even though she is defeated. The Empress Hippolyta kind of goes along with it, and y- you end up with a a weird kind of union of, um, I say it's a temporary kind of friendship, uh, between 
uh, the two Hippolytas, and then they get returned home. So it's all very kind of nice and uh, and self-contained. Uh, and then we go back to the present uh, with Atlantides and uh, Diana and Maggie, uh, who have kind of realised they're on they're in Dimension Chi, and they find evidence of. Um, well, basically, what happens is is that is that Diana kind of assumes that because she has remembered this incident from her past, uh, this means that the Amazons must be close by, uh, or at least, you know, she's on the trail of the Amazons. She's on, she's on the trail of Themyscira uh, because she can remember this, and she hadn't remembered it before. So that that's kind of an interesting idea, I guess. Um, the whole point about Dimension Kai is that uh, the way Orlando describes it. Uh, let me just say a couple of things about about the the letter Kai. By the way, um, it's rendered as an X uh, in uh, in the Greek alphabet. In his writings, uh, Plato explains the two bands of the letter Kai uh, form the soul of the world. Uh, crossing each other uh so there's this this idea of kind of the meeting of one thing and another uh interestingly enough the letter the letter becomes a shorthand the letter chi becomes a shorthand uh for christ and actually that's still that still happens today with the letter x can be used as a as a shorthand for the word christ so when when you're talking about christians for example Sometimes you'll see it rendered as X I A N S. Weirdly enough, by the way, this means that all those uh, Christians who moan about Xmas <laughs> are kind of missing the point and, and demonstrating their complete lack of historical knowledge. You've taken Christ out of Christmas. Well, actually, it was Christians that did that for the first, <laughs> to begin with, with their letter because it's the letter X. It represents Christ anyway. So it, you know you, you're being silly. Stop, stop being silly. Um, and together with uh, the letter Rho, uh, Chi Rho uh, has, becomes the symbol of, of Jesus Christ uh, for the early church. So that's kind of interesting sort of spiritual connotations. I have no idea, to be honest with you, whether any of that is is uh, is intended by by Orlando. I think, to be honest with you, uh, Dimension Chi, if memory serves me correctly, um, is uh, first referenced in a in a Silver Age comic anyway. So I'm assuming it's just the fact that Kai is the letter X in Greek that is that is the issue really here. So I wouldn't put any uh, any more store on that. Uh, to be honest, it is worth pointing out though that the the X symbol, of course, is the the shape made by the young Diana as she deflects the the energy bolt. Uh, during the issue, so I suppose maybe you could kind of say there's there's a link there. If so, it's a pretty subtle one, but it, it I kind of like that. Or it is entirely possible that I am overthinking this. It's always possible <laughs> that I am overthinking. I probably am. As an issue as a whole, it, it's kind of inoffensive to me. I I, I think you know it. it there are some sort of Orlandoisms in in terms of the dialogue, but nothing particularly uh, egregious. Uh, there are some uh, some moments where, where the dialogue's a bit clunky, and and it's all very earnest, um, which uh, which is okay. I, I I think there's there's a there's room for that in comics, but a little bit of humour wouldn't go amiss at times. I mean, I, mean, I, I think there is there is a bit of humour. There's a, there's humour in the kangaroo. 
uh, chariot races. There's 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 humour in some of the um, some of the um, the contests and and what have you. But but generally, this is this is a very very straight comic book. It's a, it's a very um, uh, as I said, it's a very earnest story. That's okay. The, the the problem is is that it's difficult to see if if you're if you're a regular reader of this book, it's difficult to see how you wouldn't be disappointed by this because it hasn't moved the 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 overall plot of the series. It hasn't moved it on one iota. All it's done is provided some useful background uh, to the place where where Diana is now. And presumably, you know, next issue, she will meet Empress Hippolyta or at least kind of have some kind of revelation about what's happened in Dimension Kai while, you know, since the last time she was there or whatever, whatever it is. There'll be some reference to it next fortnight. But uh, the story as a whole is not without worth. I, I, I think, you know, th- there are worse stories you can tell than... Uh, you got to fight. Sometimes you have to fight with people that you don't like particularly. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know, you, you have to be gracious in victory. Uh, you have to, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't mind that. That's that's. I mean, that's staple comic stuff. It's it's not bad. The the, the problem is, I think, in in is the context in which the story appears. And I think Dispatch is absolutely right. If if you are, you know, wanting this to you know, to to kind of advance the the overall story, you're going to be very very disappointed. Um, I don't think I'd give it anything as low as a five point one. I, I I like this issue actually. I I, I think it, its message kind of resonates with me to a certain extent. Um, I think uh, Lepresti's art is gorgeous. I, I I mean, I'm looking at the last page here, and and Diana just looks awesome. Uh, the, the 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 last. Uh, panel of Diana shows her with this kind of serene, slightly thoughtful kind of expression on her face. And she looks just stunning, 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 absolutely stunning. Um, so that's great. Uh, and, and the artwork does, the artwork makes this issue. And, and I, and I don't want to give it, uh, anything lower really than sort of a six or a six five. In fact, actually, I, I'm kind of tempted to go six five. Um, six, six point five. Um, because as a story, it makes sense. Um, it relies a little bit too much on that moment where Diana breaks through the bars and escapes, uh, which is something that it has been proven that she can't do up until that point. And it's a little, well, actually, I mean, it's quite, uh, a, um, a kind of get out of jail free, literally, <laughs> literally get out of jail free moment. And the whole story does hang on it. So I, 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 I don't want to give it any more than 6.5, but the story as a whole is okay. Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, I think, I think this is the problem with fortnightly comics. I think, I think writers get burnt out. Uh, writers run out of ideas. And I think presumably, uh, editorial just kind of said, look, uh, which, which is not a, not an unreasonable thing to do. Just I said to G. Willow Wilson, look, you know, just take a bit of extra time, work on, on, on the next story arc a little bit more, give it some thought, uh, and we'll give Steve Orlando an opportunity to kind of explain what Dimension Kai is. And I think if you're doing a fortnightly book, that's probably okay. 
Um, I think the I think the problem is is that this this kind of interlude takes place in a story that has already been kind of meandering and wandering around, and it's taking forever to kind of reach a, a conclusion. And I think that's why people are pissed off with it. Um, the story itself is is okay. It's it's not great. It's not amazing, but it's not terrible either. So six point five from me, and uh, that concludes our. Orlando Zone for this week. I'm very excited to say that next week is the finale to The Wild Storm. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. Looking forward to that. Not only that, um, uh, but, uh, but Jim has very graciously asked me to, uh, to do the, uh, review for, uh, the new Doom Patrol book that's coming out. So we're going to be doing that as well. So, not an Orlando zone next week, but there will be a couple of reviews from me up on the site and on the podcast. So I hope to see you or hear from you or be heard by you. <laughs> then thank you very much uh, for listening. As ever, do check out the Patreon, which seems to just be going from strength to strength. I'm just absolutely blown away by the by the quantity and quality of content i can't keep up with it i'm way behind but um i'm enjoying it nonetheless i am enjoying uh the news stuff enjoying the sales and solicits stuff i've been getting into some of the marvel uh stuff as well it's all all well worth listening i mean i i think we're probably at the stage now where you could listen to you know, weird science, uh, podcasts for like two hours a day and still not get, get through everything. It's, it's just phenomenal. What's, what's out there. Uh, if that interests you and if you're, you're not a Patreon member already, all I can do is, is just urge you to, to give it a try. Um, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, the guys put in a tremendous amount of effort and uh, they deserve our support. And uh, yeah, there you go. So uh, check out the Patreon. If you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at Door Jeremy. I'm uh, semi-dormant on Twitter at the moment, but I will join in with the odd uh, debate and discussion uh so please by all means uh hit me up on twitch if you want to you can always talk to me in the slack and uh you can also check out my website uh, my blog which is uh com, and uh you can check me out there but in the meantime have a great week i hope your comics are great and uh, I will see you in seven. Take care. Bye-bye. Sup, Weird Science. This is Batman Beyond Mark, and I am here to bring you a Batman Beyond review. Shocker, I know. Um, so this is Batman Beyond 33, uh, written by Dan Jurgens. Penciler is Rick Lunardi. Uh, inker is Andy Parks, I believe. That's how they say the first name. Uh, colorist is Chris Sotomayor. And letter, as always, is Travis Lanham. And as also always, I start with the covers. Uh, I really like the normal cover uh, with Bruce and the, 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 just the woman that he has, uh, arms around it. Uh, like, they're, they're just walking away from just Batman, or Terry's Batman, just with the suit all destroyed. With the, uh, and we finally get to see, you know, like, the, the red, like, circuitry and, and grid part underneath it. 
when it's damaged. And he and Bruce is just like, don't worry about him, sweetheart. Like, you know, Gotham is full of garbage. And it, it's great. Uh, and the, the variant's pretty good, too. It's um, just kind of uh, Terry's Batman Beyond, just kind of like zooming through kind of just like an upper mid-shot torso stuff. I'm just coming, moving through. It's pretty good, but uh, I, I really like this normal one. So uh, we pick up pretty much where we left off uh, last issue with uh, Terry, you know, Batman, just completely beaten again. Um, and Split is in the process of, of, you know, trying to retrieve a piece of technology. Um, and the two of them are just... <sighs> How do I put this? Um, they have they have to move really fast to be able to get it, uh, but they're they're looking for a piece of technology called uh, it's a matrix unit, whatever that means. Um, but Batman wakes up, Terry wakes up, and he attacks Split again, um, and then we get Terry, you know, explaining everything we already know. Um, that, you know, that, you know, he's, he's pretty much two people that become one and they call themselves split. Um, and that they're speedsters, everything we already know, just explain again, it's going to read very strangely in, in trade that bit. Um, and then Terry pretty much is like, you know, dealing with this, dealing with one speedster would have been a challenge, but but two, he's, I don't know. He feels, it feels like Terry's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's going to be tough, but I got it when he really doesn't. Um, so split splits and Terry, you know, is like, he, he, he's been able to separate them from the matrix and he goes for it. And then he just, he just gets absolutely destroyed. Um, they, they just, they just annihilate him. He tries to throw some explosives at him, but they, they basically catch him at super speed and throw him back at him. Um, and he's just like, oh, they're just moving too fast. I don't know what it could do. He manages to kind of, you know, jump boost, uh, upwards and get out of there for a second. Um, and then we cut back to the, the back cave where we have, uh, Matt and Melina. Uh, and <laughs> it's something where they're kind of like, they're just commenting on this and it's, it's kind of annoying. Like, Terry is like, you know, it's like, but starting to wonder what it'll take to beat these guys. And then Matt responds, yeah, the split's so fast, he could be all the way to Timbuktu by now. And it's like, yes, yes, cliche joke. Um, and then Terry's like, hey, so, so are there any words of wisdom that Bruce, you know, can tell me how to handle this or help me with? And Matt just kind of passes the buck to Molina. He's just like, yeah, about that. Molina, take this. And Molina's like, yeah, you know, he's still he's still gone. And, and Terry's like, where is he? And Matt, Matt's like, you're never going to believe this. And once again, we have this art where, oh, oh boy. Because it, it's interesting. Because when Terry's in the bat suit, the Batman pretty much... 100%, not 100% of the time, but, but most of it, he's on model. Um, for people who don't know what that, what I mean by that, it's for animation or comics and stuff, they, they basically make turnarounds of characters so that you, you can get an idea from most angles what the character should be, what it should be looking like. But, but Molina's face is just, I don't know, it looks kind of like a, like, like a plastic, like doll that you've, they've put hair on because she just doesn't have an ear. Um, and then Matt is just, I don't know, like every single panel Matt is in, he looks drastically different and I hate it. I really do. Uh, and then we get to the good part of the book. So we cut over to the casino and everybody's like, Oh my, oh my God. Like, is that, 
and I'm summing this up. Pretty much everybody's like, oh my God, is that who is, is that Bruce Wayne? It's like, like, wow, he's really like lucky. Then others are like, that is not luck. That is skill. Um, uh, which is funny because he's playing roulette. Um, but pretty much, uh, pretty much he's been on a winning streak or this fake Bruce has been on a winning streak. Um, to the point where he's won $7 million. Um, and he just decides, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm cashing out. Uh, he leaves a pretty nice tip for the, for the guy operating the roulette wheel, a good, uh, 50,000. Um, and then he's been talking to this, this is a girl that's kind of, this woman, I should say, that's been hanging on him. And, uh, she's like, oh, you're, you're calling it a night already? And he's like, no, I never said that. Like, in fact, I think I'm gonna be up all night. And just, and then just apparently, <laughs> Melina, or Melanie, sorry, not Melina. Melanie and Matt are watching this, and something is wrong with Melanie's face. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't look, it looks, oh, it, it looks like somebody's trying to draw a human face, but it's just, there's just something off. And it's really frustrating because I completely, believe and like all of the art that i'm seeing from inside the casino and then we go to the bat cave and it almost feels like a completely different artist it i mean we know it isn't we know it isn't but it almost feels like we have somebody else doing those the art for those parts um but yes molina or melanie comments is like that doesn't seem like the bruce wayne i know to which i have to ask do you know him? I think you've met him like maybe twice. Maybe twice. Like apparently a lot has gone. Apparently has a, a lot has happened between, you know, the, the end of the Joker stuff and, and this and this stuff. Like apparently we've had a significant amount of time because she's familiar with Bruce Wayne, I guess. I don't know. The the big thing that I have felt throughout all of this is that except for some of the flirting with Terry, you could replace Melanie with Max and Max Gibson. And, and not only would it not change anything, it would probably make things make more sense. But yes, so – you know, met, they basically start kind of trying to figure it's like, well, something's happened to him. Like, you know, like, I mean, gets, Matt's like, well, I mean, he did go to Arkham. And Mel, or Melanie's points out, it's like, well, I mean, it's like, well, that could screw people up, but I'm not, not this much. Um, and then, uh, fake Bruce is telling the, the woman he's with, like, how about we go back to, to Wayne Manor? And she's like, oh, that the old place on the outside of town. And fake Bruce comments, it's like, oh, you, you know, it's bigger than you think. You should see the uh you should see the underground garage. Like the cars defy description. And in the back cave, Matt with just an, an egg for a head with just hair just glued on top. Because just I don't know. It it, it really looks like you have like a, a figurine and then you just kind of glued some like fuzz on top. That describes Matt's hair. Uh pretty well, actually. Um but yes, they're 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 like he's talking about back. What the heck is going on? And, and Terry, who's who's you know left the the scene because Split's already gone, and he's flying back. He's like, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, um, 
I can't believe he would do this. And, and, and Matt kind of says, like, I'm telling you, there's something wrong. He's he's just not acting right. And Melanie's like, Arkham. It could be could be the cause. <laughs> and then they're they're f- so that we cut to the uh uh, I guess Bruce Wayne's car, uh, flying car, flying away from the casino, which is apparently just in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Like it, it straight up looks like the Death Star or the Technodrome from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is in the background because that's not the moon. That is that is absolutely one hundred percent not the moon. I think that's supposed to be the moon in the background, but that is absolutely positively not the moon oh, it's just, it's so weird um but yes there him and his his you know the the woman he's with um are are flying off, and uh Bruce pretty much says, you know take us home alfred or uh and uh T- tell those people that are in the house to get lost. Like once they're gone, change all of the sec- you know the security codes and bar their entry. And and, and the a- Alfred AI thing it starts questioning is like uh like uh like I object, sir. The the McGinnises and Bruce is just uh, fake Bruce is just like do it. And he's like yes, sir. Uh, so then we pop back to the back cave. This this was a little funny to me. Um, so we finally see the kind of a representation of the Alfred AI, and it's just a it's just like a a, a rose. Um, lapel uh a bow tie a mustache and, and a derby hat <laughs> and i find it amusing because this is like the third or fourth like visual representation we've seen of this version of the alfred ai and that's kind of getting annoying to me it's just it's like pick one first it was a giant red circle then it was a fuzzy screen and now it's this it's just pick something and stick with it um but yes, the AI informs him that Mr. Wayne has has decreed that all of you get out. And it's like I like I like immediately I'm afraid I can't do anything about that. And Matt's like, do you mean move out? And it's like, yes. And then Matt's like, I guess I will just look like a completely different person every single panel I appear in because that is not Matt. That is absolutely not Matt. And it, it's just, oh, it's just so weird to look at. And Molina starts walking up. She's like, you know, that tears it. Like something happened at Arkham. I'm going for a visit. Um. So then Batman or Terry is informed that you know Wayne has ordered them out, and he's like, yeah, I heard. I, I'm 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 intercepting the limo. Um. And so he flies up alongside the limo, and uh, Bruce just kind of looks like. Uh, the Alfred AI informs him, and Bruce just kind of looks like, yeah, I see him. And the, the woman with him is like, w- w- what's Batman doing here? <laughs> so so he lands, and uh, they land uh, on Graham Tower. I'm not sure if that's going to pose any significance uh, in the future or if it's posed significance to the past. Just more pointing it out because it's actually being named. Um, and then as they're, they're setting down, uh, Bruce pulls a gun. Like from a holster, not just like tucked in. Like there's a holster there in his jacket too, and almost like a gun. And, and Bruce is like, "Fake Bruce is like, uh, picked it, uh, picked it up on the way to the casino. Figured there might be trouble, and it's just like, okay, so that means someplace Bruce Wayne just walked in and picked up a gun or like bought a gun. So uh, that must have been an interesting story. Um, so so uh, Batman lands and. Bruce, fake Bruce gets out. He's like, you're messing up my date. And, and Batman's just like, we're worried about you. Uh, the woman starts getting out of the other side of the car. And fake Bruce, because she wants to meet Batman. And 
Terry is pretty much like, you know, I hate to pry, but your behavior, you're not really yourself. And then uh, fake Bruce, you know, is like, asks the Alfred AI, like, are the, are the losers, and that's a quote, uh, in the cave watching? And he's like, well, of course. And he's like, block transmission. And the AI's like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, block transmission. Completely cuts off the transmission. Um, Matt, once again, with a completely different looking face. Uh, it's just like, oh, yo, like restore the picture. And the Alfred is like, I can't. I'm really sorry. And then Batman, uh, or the Terry, or sorry, fake Bruce is pointing the gun uh, at, you know, Batman. And Batman's like, Bruce? And just fake Batman just, or fake Bruce just shoots Batman square in the chest. Just like it. I would say it was a, like a laser beat, like a, a blaster, but it was just like, ugh. Like maybe like a Star Wars type blaster where it just shoots out the energy and it can can have an explosion. Um, it, it looks pretty devastating. And then we find out that this is a neural shocker um, as Terry is just clutching his chest as they're like the the smoke from his chest from where he was shot. He's like his fake Bruce tackles him off the, you know, the side of the building they're on, like pointing out, it's like, you know what that means? The neural shocker means it's still alive, which is good. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> a neural shocker, a, a neural, if he hadn't had that suit on, that could have torn open his chest. Like there would be like just all, maybe not a hole all the way through, but probably would have destroyed his rib cage, the heart and all that stuff. Like pff, neural shocker, nothing. That that legitimately feels like a disconnect between the art and the writing, because it's just that doesn't make any sense. Like, also, like a pistol, like, uh, like is this the noisy cricket? Like, this is a powerful pistol because we've seen Batman with this suit, with this this version of the suit, take like giant laser, like laser beams, like a tons more damage than a shot from what is apparently a stun pistol oh yeah they go over the they go over the building um so then we get to we get to you know arkham (laughs) and and we have what we find as the doctor from before uh you know talking and pretty much saying you know like we we have a you know uh how do i put this um you know we have we have a you know policy to protect the privacy of our guests uh, Miss Walker talking to uh, Melanie. Um, uh, and, and then as they're walking down some stairs, Melanie's like, I'm head of security for Wayne Enterprises, Dr. Shana. Uh, Shanann. Uh, if you value my boss's donation, at which point I just want to say, okay, let's back this up. The company's called Wayne Powers. Yes, Wayne... Uh, uh, Enterprises was mentioned two issues ago, but it was talking about the merger between uh, Wayne Enterprises and uh, Powers Technology. It, w- it was used in that context. We've established, boy, the what's this continuity that they're going with the same thing like the, the like in the show, and it's Wayne Tech, or sorry, Wayne Powers. Um, that's the name of the company. So first of all, this doctor should be like, uh, ma'am. Uh, you're, you're going to have to leave because that's not been a company for like 20 years. Uh, and second, apparently she did this with no ID. She just casually walked in and was like, I am the, you know, head of security for, for Wayne Enterprises. Now I know my boss was here. He's been, you know, acting fishy. Show me around. 
Otherwise, you won't get any more donations. And I'm just like, what the heck? It's so forced. It's annoying. Um, and so she shows it around and points out, is like, you know, it, as I said, he's, you know, been acting weird. So she shows, the doctor shows Melina, or Melanie the, the footage uh, from, like, when the lights went off and stuff like that. And we get to see those exact panels, which is legitimately nice, coming from uh, uh, doing the whole... Uh, you know, Hero Notes uh, podcast with uh, Luke, uh, small plug, um, where we, we have times where it's like they're showing us, like, here's this important thing. And it's like, that's just a blank screen. I found it legitimately refreshing that they're like, yep, nope, we're showing you this. Um, but then, so uh, Melanie sees it and goes to find the spot. Then we see our old friend, the, uh, the new scarecrow in her cell. Um, Melanie is like, this is the correct cell. This is the right cell, right? And the doctor corrects him once again. He's like, she corrects him. He's like, no, guest room. Guest room. Um, so Melanie kind of just looks in, like, through, through the window. He's like, who is in here? Uh, and it's the doctor is trying to explain to her. It's like, yeah, we, we don't actually know, you know, his true name. Uh, he, he used an alias um, uh, the police gave him. Uh, and then here's another strange one. He's like, I want to talk to him. And I'll be honest, I don't entirely know what she's doing because it, it almost looks like she's picking a lock or, or like inserting something. However, or, or like peeling back something because there, there's, there's nothing that she's inserting anywhere. Technically there's nothing like she couldn't technically be picking the lock because there's, it's just a blank slab that she's like holding something to, or she's that that's like a tiny little lock. I don't know. It's bad. It's a problem. Um, and then we, she opens the door, and then she becomes basically a mannequin. Her, her face becomes a mannequin that they've hastily slapped a wig on. Uh, as, as the person – the doctor's like, you can't. And she's like, already did. And then she's just, she's just like, don't, don't let him out. And the person inside the, who we've seen that has the, the helmet on, who we know is – you know, we know at this point that it's Bruce Wayne. And that um, it's the the person is supposed to be in there is false face, but it's actually Bruce Wayne. Uh, and she's, the doctor's like he's a dangerous killer, and you know, I guess fake false face, actual Bruce Wayne just tackles Melanie, um, and, and and a fight starts, and uh, uh, so a fight starts, and Melanie's like, oh, so he can handle himself, huh? As the doctor's calling for the guards to come, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's there's a scuffle. Uh, Fake Bruce pretty much takes down the guards pretty handily, despite the fact that he's in a straight jacket and like he he's able to like move his arms enough so that he can like grab onto their weapon, but that's that's really about it, and like you know uh throw him around with it, but then Melanie you know those the two guards are knocked out them uh Melanie picks up one of the taste sticks and she's like, "You know what like like easy guy, I just need to talk to you uh you, you know, i i I don't know who you are or why you attack me, but we need to talk. And by we need to talk, I'm just going to attack you. So, you know, whatever. So they do that. And then we get back to the Batcave where where Matt is a – I'll be honest. There is something very, very wrong with his his chest and his arms here. Like just like both the the pose that both of his his arms are – Oh, that's the problem. He has two right hands. Yeah, he has two right hands. So, um, 
he, he's extending his uh, his right hand, and the thumb is on the correct side. Uh, however, his left hand, um, he he has it on top of his head. It's lying flat, so the so the back of his hand is up. Um, uh, however, given the angle that everything's at, he either has his hand like upside down on his head, except he's bending all of his fingers completely back so that they can wrap around the top of his head, or his thumb is now on the wrong side of his hand. So there's that. There's there's just I don't. Not, not, it's just, oh, it's so bad. Um, and it, Matt is arguing with the Alfred A. Like, like bring everything back on, like please. And, and Alfred's like, I'm uh, is like, I'm really sorry, but I can't without Mister Wayne's order. And we get somebody coming in, don't worry, saying don't worry about it. And it's Terry in the bat suit. Um, and Matt's like, what happened to you? And Terry's like, Mister Wayne happened. And here we see another thing that pisses me off. Uh, first of all, apparently that stun blast uh, tore just the. D- d- burned tore a hole in the uh, square in the chest where it in the back logo of the beyond suit yep that neural stunner that stun gun that caused a giant explosion uh tore a hole in the suit i'm calling shenanigans on that neural stunner um second of all once again, we have damaged the beyond suit and we don't get to see like the circuitry and stuff underneath which Seeing as how it's a staple enough that the cover artist was like, yeah, no, I need to have this in. Uh, it just oh, pisses me off again. And, and then we get to the fact that this suit has taken significantly worse hits than, than this and, and not received anywhere near this level of damage. And it's just – it's everything is just convenient for the plot. There is no such thing as consistency. Um, but yes, so Terry lands – uh, and he's like, pretty much like the, the guy shot me square on the chest. It, 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 that's like, why would he do this? And, you know, as his neck juts out in a weird way, um, from where the rest of his body is. And once again, like Batman in the bat suit looks great. And then you have bat who just, it's like, mm, there's just anatomical problems here. Um, and, and Terry's pretty much like, uh, you know, because it isn't Bruce, like, like someone, it's a doppelganger. Like, it has to be. Uh, and he points out that Melanie's, you know, uh, gone to Arkham to look into it. And Sarah's like, well, we should check that out then. Um, the a- Alfred A is like, I can't. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, and then Terry pretty much says, you know, run voice, you know, analysis and confirm Terry Mag- that I'm Terry McGinnis uh, and override. Uh, and then we get this dr- supposed to be dramatic shot of Terry, but it. I would say it looks like he's horribly bruised, except like he, he's like bloated from the bruise on like a chin, except that it's not. Um, and if if you didn't tell me this was Terry McGinnis, I would have never guessed it was Terry McGinnis. Uh, but the uh, AI is pretty much like, you know, identity confirmed, overriding, you know, basically using a previous uh, command from Bruce Wayne that, you know, this is an override. So they, they cut immediately to, or we, you know, see their security cameras in uh, – Arkham is just in time for them to do the unmasking. And uh, so apparently without really telling Melanie at all, she's just like just talking to no one. Pretty much like, you know, uh, like about time you guys checked in. Like uh, I have a theory, like something I I didn't think possible. Um, And and Terry's like, what? And I'm like, how did she know? Also, is there a communicator? Did you guys talk to her? How does she know that you're watching? 
Um, so she takes off the mask of the the person, um, and just I don't know. There's just something skewed with her face, but whatever. There there should be an ear there, or at least like a beginning of an ear, but there isn't. Um, and she's pretty much like, you know, the, the one like that one of the prisoners, you know, switched him, like switched places with him, um, and, and you know, put him in this stuff. And he's like a prisoner called, and then the the. I guess this was a conversation that they had in between, because um, because it, it almost seems like the uh, uh, the doctor is now surprised, like false face, and that's like never heard of him. And I'm like, what happened to your face? Your eye, your eyes are now just outlines, and uh, your your lips are puffy. Like, what happened to you, Matt? Uh, and Terry, like, wh- what happened to you? Because you're kind of in the same boat. Um. And Terry kind of points out, like, why didn't he tell the guards? And the doctor, who's up, I can't tell if she's talking to Melanie or she's talking to them. I don't know. It's a little confusing. She, But she pretty much is directly responding to Matt and Terry's questions. Because um, Melanie says nothing during all this, at least that we can see. Um, and the doctor says, you know, when false face assumes somebody's identity, they they lose, you know, all sense of themselves. Uh, the, the real Bruce didn't know who he was. Um, uh, plus, you know, they keep false face in a Promethean, <laughs> Prometheum, sorry, uh, helmet to inhibit his powers because apparently Prometheum can just do whatever you need it to know. Um, not that I was ever entirely clear with what it did, but eh. um, and she continues as her face is stretched out. Uh, you know, he's clever and cunning. He likely used the power outage to escape. Um, uh, but once he's, uh, but once uh, he was free, he put uh, the helmet on Mr. Wayne to, you know, prevent, you know, anybody from knowing it was a miss or anything was a miss. Uh, and then Matt turns his head and then apparently got punched at some point because it's just now swollen or something. Um, and, and he's like, like, that explains why Mr. Wayne or false face tried to kill you. And Terry, looking very menacingly, says, exactly. Uh, what really burns me is that I lost him. False face is gone. And, and Matt just turns to him. He's like, uh, he could be masquerading as anyone, a street beggar to the mayor. And just we get another super ominous panel of Terry being like, yeah, anyone. And the anyone part is emphasized. It's bolded. Then we get to our last page. And let me just say that this last page, despite my other problems with this issue, might be one of – so, so uh, Dan Jurgens has become – the master of the cliffhanger. Uh, it's just you know, the biggest, I feel like the biggest reason a lot of people keep reading is the cliffhangers are so good. And this is a fantastic one. So we're, we're in the bottoms, can you, you know, just like the, basically the ground level of the city, the slums. Uh, and we see just a guy walking. We see the kind of two like punks are like, Hey, I think the guy had too much to drink. Like he can barely walk straight. He's like, looks. And the other guy's like, it looks charitable. He could, uh, maybe he could be, con- he could contribute to our cause. So they go and they, they beat him up. And they're like, you can't even, and they're just laughing, can't even fight back. He's like, this is the easiest bark ever. Uh, and and they, they steal his ID and his wallet. And uh, it's interesting because the picture on the ID, it's Terry McGinnis' ID. Um, but the picture on the ID is actually the one that I was, uh, the panel um, that I said is like, oh, if I didn't, you didn't tell me that was Terry McGinnis, I would have never guessed it. They used that piece of art for it. Um, they're like, awesome. Like an ID and, and creds, shway. And they're like, let's cut. And they run away. And then just the, the guy who um, 
has like two chins for like has like a, a black band over his chin in the first piece. I uh, know the art's not great. Uh, he's like, who were those guys for that matter? Who am I? And we see that it's it's like a like a beaten and bruised Terry. And the only question there I have is, where did he get those clothes? Because he was definitely not wearing those underneath the suit. Like 100% not wearing those underneath the suit. In fact, he wears clothes over the suit so he can just do, you know, basically the whole Superman, pull off the, the shirt and just go fly off. Um, and it's not the same jacket as, as Bruce had on. Um, or his fake Bruce hat on, false face hat on. So there's there's a lot of questions, but it's a really good ending. It ends so very strong. And once again, we run into the thing of, so all of the stuff around the actual mystery, or not the mystery, around the actual false face stuff, tends to be the better stuff. Um, I gotta say, Split in this issue is just kind of, it was just like, oh, well, I didn't quite end the stuff from last issue, so let's just get that done and use that to move the story along. Um, which is kind of sad because they were so far one of the more interesting things. I really loved all the stuff when they were in the casino uh, and even the, the flying back stuff, but, and then the very end, but I don't know, everything with Matt and Melanie just looks like garbage. Like seriously, all the art in this issue that doesn't involve them is actually not bad. I wouldn't say pretty good. Some of the stuff is, there's a couple panels that are pretty good, but some of the, but most of the stuff is not bad, except anything that has to do with Melanie and Matt. And unfortunately, they're a good chunk of this issue. And it, it's a, a panel here or there where people are off model is fine. But when you, they basically don't have a model anymore because you just, I don't know, didn't make one, it, it bothers me. Um, because I want this book to be good. Uh, I know on the site that Eric gave it an 8 out of 10, um, and I will be respectfully disagreeing. Uh, while there were some very good parts in this issue, especially the Melanie stuff in Arkham, like that, yes, Terry getting his butt kicked again, not great. Not great. I, I'm fine with, you know, the hero getting getting beaten or getting driven off, you know, early on and then makes the comeback later. But but this is basically, I mean, I guess it's like confrontation two and a half, I suppose, since, you know, the, the first one and then got knocked out and then woke up and then got beat again. It's it's old. Um, Melanie, they're really trying way too – he's trying way too hard to, to push her character. Um and even if it wasn't, there's just, I don't know. I, I just, she's that familiar with Bruce Wayne already that she can do this. The, the fact that, you know, he doesn't remember that it's, you know, Wade Powers. It's just all the stuff with that. I can't give this thing higher than a 6.8. And that is me being very nice. And a good chunk of that 6.8 is the cliffhanger. It's such a good cliffhanger. And all the stuff with false face. Good. But, mmm. It's it's an improvement in some ways, and it's a uh, it's just sliding more down the 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 ledge, whatever. I don't care at this point. Yeah. So uh, that's this one's Batman Beyond. I hope I didn't hope I didn't come off as too like whiny and annoying. But it's just, oh, there's there's so many art problems that it's just it's it's rough. Anyways, uh, that's it for this month. Uh, back to the podcast, and I'll talk to everybody later. Yo, it's Mail Call. It's Mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's Mail with Eric. Oh, yeah, it's Mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's Mail with Eric.
right, and here we are with the third and last of our email sections, and it's Dancing Mike's time to shine. Eric and Dancing Mike says, hello, Eric, and hello, What's mother. Up, I guess he, he doesn't care about me. Ah, first of all, a big shout out to you the got Craig Boop, beep, boop. No, beep, that's boop. Devo. He says, whip, whip. No, that's Devo. Wipe, wipe. No, that's coming to America. Oh, wait, it's whoop, whoop, cough, ship. That whoop, is whoop, true. Ship. And Jim. I didn't forget to greet you. I just didn't want to lead with hi, Jim, when the correct greeting this week is happy birthday, Jim. Oh, my. And unless my calculations are off, I think you're still one year away from a specially priced DC anniversary birthday. We'll see. But anyway, happy (laughs) birthday, and I hope your wildest (laughs) dreams come true like the time you voted for Pedro. Yes. Uh, I got a lot of comics this week because Diamond, or as I affectionately refer to them, uh, F it word, goat stroking, sister humping Diamond, finally, finally, The Rock Clever. says finally, sent all the issues. They shorted the Golden Age 1942. Nice. Hopefully it wasn't because the 1942 did not pay their bill, Eric. That's what I'm <laughs> but I profusely thank the owner, David, for his persistence getting Diamond to do their F like wording that. job. My guy came what? up with reasons why they didn't send him oh, books yeah. besides for the truth, uh, too. Tell Tony would keep going on and on. It was like a, a cheating girlfriend the way he liked you. My favorite DC comics this week is definitely Batman Beyond number 33. Eric Shea was one of the most it. positive on the roundup. I really enjoyed I'm Dumb Enough that I didn't see everything in the end coming, although I would have if I'd read it more slowly. But I didn't read it more slowly because I was enjoying it so much and couldn't wait to get that to happens. the ending. So I think that's a good thing. And the fact that the ending explained and tied up the rest of the issue perfectly is another good thing. So kudos to that book. I of course, love my the favorite book. Of that issue. His favorite book overall, Eric, of course. And he ended up tweeting this out. Uh, unexpectedly early copy of the Indiegogo. I, I'd love to think the Indiegogo is a dance club. Does that wake me up before you Indiegogo? No, I want, I want to have a lot of dancing like they did in those uh, like quick segments, those wraparound segments in uh, Laugh-In, where it's down, okay. down, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. He even had them in the, uh, in the Austin, Austin Powers. Powers movies. That's what yeah. I think the Indiegogo would be, but it would be constant. And I think that you'd realize that that like constant, I'm telling you, that constant deal would wear you out. But yeah, it's one of those dance thons where you have to keep dancing. dancing if you stop, you'll you lose. you know who did that? The Fonz, he did. Eric, the Fonz was about to fall asleep. Then he started kicking like he was in Russia. He, he was so excited. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the Andy Coco project. He, he wasn't going to be uncool. And boy, uh-uh. not finishing that would be uncool. I do believe that at the point they told him that he was like a loser or something. That's when he kicked <gasps> it in. Then he got his second win. He doesn't want to hear. That's right. Which will now be uh, shipping the stores from Antarctic Press. And it is Walmart First Term Part 2, which is unabashedly political, unabashedly anti-SJW, extremely irreverent, and extremely funny. I I want that to be on the cover, slash dancing Mike. Unlike Mark Russell books, which aren't supposed to be about politics, fail miserably at being funny, and can't really be perceived as irreverent uh, because his brand of striking out at imaginary injustices is the same kind of hand-wringing, impotent, virtue-signaling tripe that can be found in approximately a 100 other mainstream books every month. You know what I like, Eric? Tripe. Yeah, because this tripe. one does the opposite. That's why this one's cooler than those. Yeah. Do you like tripe? You down with that? You ever have tripe? I will never eat no, tripe. No, I've never right? had tripe. <laughs> is, is that like where you actually just eat the whole fish? 
No, no, tripe is part of an uh, like a cow. It's like the intestines of the cow. Oh, if you for remember, some reason, I thought it was like one of those times when they serve the fish whole to you, and then you no, got to do everything no, yourself. What the hell is that, that called? Nonsense. That's called lazy chef. Is what that's called. <laughs> let them. De- that's the uh, that's well, the version it, of a explain, Tom King chef. He's going to let you fill in the blanks. Explain tripe to me, then. Tripe, though, is if you remember. In the classic Simpsons episode where Lisa becomes a vegetarian, which I believe was called uh-huh, uh-huh. Lisa the Vegetarian. Lisa becomes at veg- that yeah. point, at the point after they watch the PSA about how you should eat meat, Lisa yells out, what do they expect us to believe this tripe? And then they go, oh, by the way, the meat council has given us this tripe and ends up going and it's just uh, intestine. Ralph has it coming out of his mouth. And then it says, is my I graduated from crazy? Bovine University. <laughs> I'm going to go to Bovine University. There you go. A grade and A Mark, moron. And <laughs> Lisa's a grade A moron. And Mark Russell also sunk. Speaking of SJWs, please stop bullying a seven-year-old girl. In case you haven't heard, SJW morons have been what harassing she, she talking? Lexi Rab or Rabe on social media. She's the seven-year-old girl who played Tony Stark's daughter in Avengers Endgame. So the adorable little uh-huh. girl who said, I love you, 3000, is being screeched at by rage-fueled Buhair. Is it because blue-haired. people keep saying that SJW, and it's getting it's annoying funny. now? It's weird, though. It's because only the blue-haired SJWs, he claims, are attacking her uh, that think they are now, whitewashing what is that? Is Ironheart. People like to dye now, their hair just old people. Maybe. My my mom at one point had blue hair. Now, this is the thing. I did kind of look into this. Number one, he says they are attacking her for being, you know, oh, you're whitewashing Ironheart. Number one is if they are doing that, not only are they bullying a seven-year-old girl, which is complete nonsense, but they also are morons. She's talking shit. Ironheart is not the daughter of Tony Stark. That's not the case. That It's a completely other character. So anybody who would be yelling at a seven-year-old girl that was in Endgame as Tony Stark's daughter are, are just complete morons because they aren't whitewashing Ironheart. That's not the character. Uh, you know, if they decide to have Riri in the movies, that isn't Tony Stark. It's not Riri Stark. All right. So like she has any control oh. over that, what the MCU does with the character. Now, the other part of this is me looking this up and, you know, looking for about three minutes. I didn't really dive into it for the it's most usually part. How long it takes. For the most part, this bullying is because she goes to the mall with her mom and a couple people have wanted pictures or autographs. And she doesn't want to do that because she's just a little girl that. and it weirds her out. And she actually had a thing. So for the most part, it's not about Riri. Yes, there might be people going online like, oh, man you destroyed Ironheart, whatever. It's not Ironheart. So that doesn't make sense. What she is saying, this bullying, which came about, you know, big time today as we record, is because one guy tried to get a picture with her. She didn't want a picture with this old guy. No, no, he's just some old guy or some an older guy, and she's like, uh, no, old guy, then, blue hair, yeah. gotcha. So he got online and said, she's a real jerk. A Mr. Wilson type. Yeah, but uh, that's the thing, though. This doesn't really scream to me, SJW. It doesn't scream the other side to me. It screams asshole who wanted a picture taken with a girl who's in a movie and she don't want to take a picture, which that's her right. You know, and again, unfortunately, it's also his right to get online and say it's not nice. He shouldn't bully, Uh, you know. 
there you go. That, uh, these are the same people who celebrate the legitimately right. whitewashed Captain Marvel, played by whiter-than-white expressionless middle-aged housefrau Brie Larson. If there was ever a character that legitimately should have been a person of color, it's Marvel's. Let's make sure we keep the copyright away from DC. You know, that's their big plan to keep that copyright that DC ended up screwing themselves out of by suing, uh, who was infinitely more interesting as Monica Rambeau, who is black and not the Carl Manvers character has been canceled eight or nine times and looks to be on the verge of cancellation again because no one is buying her new book. And we're talking Captain Marvel. This just in, Erica. Where is my, this just in. I like that book. I'm one of the fans, and I'm one of the people who get it. But SJWs are fine with that whitewashing because RBF Bree did a lot of white male bashing and virtue signaling every chance she got. Looks miserable and angry all the time, like a good little social warrior should. So she gets a pass. But let's attack a seven-year-old girl. Go weird. How about we not attack anybody, Mike? Yeah, that's the thing. I think we should not attack anybody is what I would say. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I said it before, and I will say it again. I'll say it again. I just don't have the energy to get up every morning and look for things to get angry about. (laughs) I have a good time and enjoy life. So do I. (laughs) Things like sharing three flights of beer. Uh, with my wonderful wife at Kroger after work Monday. That's the non- That's the thing that I want to protest is that you get to drink while food shopping. I, I don't know if that should be illegal. I think that should be illegal. Or that's when friends don't, don't let friends. Right the- the- What's that? I said you might get some more like you know snacks bought out of that if you have a well, few drinks at the grocery friends store. Friends don't yeah. let friends grocery shop drunk or going back today and getting a growler yeah, of the pineapple cider that we both really like or having a beer or two after this email is sent or going to a wrestling show sunday evening where i get to see i love really i love the uh <laughs> the deal of these wrestlers you have dale rebel henderson he's from the southern great, bad man. boys and the last man standing match <laughs> southern <against> bad boys <laughs> i don't really find them all that threatening now <laughs> a match again i'm a southern bad boy yeah. are you now sounds like they're pretty sexy and he's gonna be in a match against hangman larry cooter that sounds inappropriate. that's a cool name. that sounds very inappropriate and sounds i also like a get to person. see frankie swamp tower and the black and assassin menace I don't know if this is a wrestling <laughs> match or a hate crime going on down there. So it's going to be a good show here in Merville, Tennessee, in the beautiful foothills of the Great Sounds Smoky like Mountain. Show. I wonder if Manship can go there. He'd show up in those short shirts, get that crap kicked out of him. So that's all I've got short this week. Short shorts got Manship's here to wreck house <laughs> and like take names. Scott Short Shorts Manship here in a, in a no-holds bar. Last Manly man Manship match. here to show you what a man should look like. <laughs> Short shorts and rainbow suspenders and a half shirt. Oh, you guys out there, close your eyes while your lady ship with the man ship. I'm shipping this, aren't you? Here we go. Let me get on my, my rollerblades, baby, and skate into your heart. So that's all I've got this week. Be sure to support Jim and Eric by going to patreon.com slash weird science. Watch out because these guys from the pop culture podcast might come up from behind and do something that usually only happens in Florida. Keep it weird. They got to touch you in Boosh Sevens. 
and then says she's seven year old. You freak. She's seven year old. You freaks. I. It's funny too because when Mike sent the email, What's that's happening? all I saw was she's seven years old. You freaks. I'm like, what the hell did we say that that he is insinuating anything? That things are getting weird. And now. right away, you know what podcast I thought we said it on. You say pop it right culture. Now. Oh yeah. <laughs> what did we say in the pop culture? That's got him on a tizzy. Uh, yes, I gotta stop yes, drinking yes. before those. <laughs> it's funny too, as, as we go uh, through this. Dancing Mike seems to be the only one who has realized that we had tried not to curse for a couple episodes. That ends this week for some reason. And, what are you and talking really, about? You end up later pretty much dropping the F bomb for the first time in about six months. Fuck and then. You. And then <laughs> <laughs> well, this just is. Go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> I ended up when you and and as we record out of sequence, that just opened the floodgates for me a bit. When you dropped that F bomb, I'm like, all right, I guess he's going against that. I didn't even. That was kind of your for thing. For some I reason, did. I feel that you started it right away with your updates at the beginning of the books. No. I, I think Talking you about did. Jody. Hey, this isn't. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, no, that was not the case. You ended up doing it with that. I feel with and you. I think I said I don't give an F, right? I don't give an F or an H or a J. No, I no, said you didn't. You didn't. That's what I said. Because I would have made fun of you, you child. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. I am a loser. Ah, uh, no, I, I ended my up action and, figure, and I, I would, I would guess in the whole deal is that you will go with one of those like say you're a vegetarian you're a vegan these things just you're very flighty with these things but i think I that am. what am i correct in saying Variety's that the, the non-cursing you just wanted to see if you could do it right that's probably yeah. what it was yeah now we're everything back. in my life is just a personal challenge i ended like up just by, life yeah, itself really. Dating, it's very challenging. Dating Jess, you know, not getting dating married, other girls, not letting Jess find out. Other girls on the side making up weird nicknames for said dating. You know, fun times, <laughs> things that adults do. Where's Jess now? We are well beyond episode fifty. She's not there right now. I'm right? staring at the she door better right now. <laughs> she better not. All the gunshots that we hear throughout. I think it might be Jess coming with the shotgun. But yeah, uh, we ended up, I was able to actually release some podcasts that had didn't have the E uh, for that, which I would like to say E for everyone, the but explicit? it's like ex- yeah. explicit. And with that, uh, our brethren in Russia, I don't think get to hear those. There's a couple countries that if you put E, you're, you're out. So I got a couple out. episodes. They're like China. Yeah, we're back. We're back on the outs again. It's a good bet. You, you like the cursing. Did it flow out of your mouth good? Do you like that? You like saying? I didn't really think know? about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like everything else, including your reviews, right? Is that what yeah, we're saying? Yeah, most things in life. Just uh, go and see yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah just and as, the, long as, if, if as long as it doesn't wrong, inconvenience I'll be emailed you. about it later, and I won't remember what I said anyway. Yeah. I love when people uh, they'll be in the slack and they're like, "Man, Eric, when you there's the one thing where every time, like every other time, I get it, like, yeah, that's right, uh, fuck the ocean, Jim slash Eric. Well, I don't know I have what no that's idea about. what that is. <laughs> I always forget what we're talking about. I guess I was against the ocean that day. Uh, I don't like the ocean. I am not. Well, I an thought old, you were. I'm and not agreed with you wholeheartedly. Soul. Yeah, really. I'm one of those. I don't. The ocean scares me. It's too vast. Me too. It's too big. And the one time my brother ended up getting hit by an undertow. Yeah, really. Hot dog in a hallway. He ended up getting like pushed out by the the tide. I grabbed him from the undertow. Sadly, you grabbed him. I'm still mad that I did that. He just walked all over (laughs) my 
This just in. No, I helped. Eric stepped over my joke. That's what he did. He's a joke killer. He is. <laughs> that's Jim's joke, and, and I, I helped. helped. Oh my! Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's the end of mail section number three. We're going to go it. off now to finish up the podcast and enjoy whatever the hell we're doing, and then go home and go to bed. Right? That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. That going yeah. to bed. All right. We'll we'll be back in a second. Go burn that target to the ground. Uh, yes, that's a, that's not nice. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. Now it's to evident. the ground. It's <laughs> and then piss on it, right? Right. And what are you going to say to them? Right what are you going to say to them at the last bit while it's burning? What do you what what quote are you going to say? Do you have a quote there? <laughs> I'm going to be too busy huffing and puffing to get out of there. What are you talking about? <laughs> really? You're going to run out of there? There's no way. You're getting caught. I'm not I, I driving. Just, I was just trying. Yeah, you can't. I was just uh, hoping that you would curse one last time, but that's okay. That's okay. Bullseye. We're going <laughs> to go off to some books. All right, me and you are back, Eric. We're back for the attack with one last book. It's good to be back. And that is, yes, it is. The Terrifics, number 17, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Steven Segovia, Proto Bunker, Tom Napolitano, and Dan Mora. It's been probably a while since we had Proto Bunker, I believe. Gene Luen Yang continues his AI as God story. And while I really want to like this, I just can't seem to muster up that much enthusiasm for it. As Brandon says, Eric... Let's discuss. I ended up changing my intro. My first intro blurb was very negative. And uh, from earlier, I kind of got myself down while talking about Justice League Dark. And I'm trying to trying to get myself spruced up trying here. Trying to turn it around. Well, this is another book that, and it's one of those two, is that me and you have pretty much not really cared about this series since, you know, issue so three. We keep doing it for the podcast. It is one now. It is the last the of last the last heroes. Yeah, it's the last survivor. Last and I just standing. sit here and I'm like, every time the solicits Why? come out, I'm just <laughs> waiting for it to be canceled because it just doesn't really seem to have any sort of reason to keep going. I just enjoy uh, the silencer so much more than I've enjoyed this book yeah. the entire run through. And I'm like, yeah, I'm why did this have to be? It's because it has the biggest amount of characters in it. Like, it's a whole bunch. It's not even like that. Everybody else got new characters to deal with for the most part, besides for maybe like the Immortal Man during the War of the Immortals. Those are some big characters. That's a big character right there. But yeah. now we have Mr. Terrific, Plastic Man, Metamorpho, and uh, Phantom Girl. I'm like, 
is that the only reason that this really stuck around and no, grabbed people? There's, so like there's money? one reason. It sold better than the rest. And it's not selling Grab great, money, but it yeah. sold better. It sold better than the rest. And with that, it had Jeff Lemire on it. You had that Fantastic Four kind of tie-in deal that they're kind of getting away from it. Gene Luan Yang's kind of getting away from that right now. Uh, but even so, the thing is, he's thrown in on this book. He's got to kind of pick up the pieces, try to start telling his own story. It's just not that interesting. That, that's my biggest problem. It's just kind of boring. You and don't no like real that the news considers there. itself God and wants to consume all of mankind because that's no, what I'm God does? No, I'm telling you, Dispatch, who reviewed it, that, that drove him nuts. Uh, I don't <laughs> care that much. Mainly because... You know, I, I've seen the story a hundred times. This whole, I mean, this is the joke of I cannot love. You know, when we talk about all our stupid things about robots and our jokes, it's kind of the idea of this. You know, oh, no, now it, the, it's it's using tools. Oh, no. And now this is the an new AI. Sphere, though, has gone beyond sentience, That's Jim. What it's I'm become saying. sapient. Sapient. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> There's a little, little trick of words. There. And, you know, so with that, we have such great things as talking lips on Metamorpho. It oh, really- even that. It's such a weird thing that we had presented last issue to talk about now. It's like, this is actually Mother Earth, Gaia, and it was born of the element, yeah. so it can only talk through the element man and element dog yeah, here. Yeah, through Metamorpho his element, and element dog. And, and, and element what, dog. I, I just want to know why Gaia, this talking mouth that says, we got to destroy this god or all of Earth is going to die, looks like the most terrifying mouth. It's got oh my fangs god. and stuff like that. Why, I am not what, trusting what did they this do? mouth. Did Gaia sit there and have so much time on his or her hands, I'll say her, her uh, that her, she her. had to end up sharpening her teeth? I mean, really. Uh, and when uh, all I need, though, is I need it's like this the mouth to be, of a headless horseman or Christopher you, I, Walken from that movie. I need this to be live action because I really do want that to be like a space angel's inserted mouth. But even better, Conan when he used to do that thing with Clinton. With <laughs> that's what I need. <laughs> I need. I need to have that superimposed hey there, mouth. Yeah. Hey there, what you doing there, Conan? Oh wait. And yeah. So with that, we have. Know the progression a little of Mrs. Terrific and Mr. Terrific there, where pretty much you know she's like, Don't you know, let me die, don't worry about me, I'm not really, but you know, and then it turns around, oh, I yeah. never let the, anybody the turnaround, die. If- if Mr. Terrific died the last time, you you almost sacrificed everything by bringing me back. Don't anybody do anything stupid like that again. Until now, it's Mrs. Terrific. Mr. Terrific. Yeah. Like, I have to do what he says because I can't yes. let you go. Even though you're yeah. not my Paula, you are the Paula you for are me. The Paula. <laughs> you are a Paula. <laughs> you know. So that's pretty much the whole deal. And and with that, you do have. You know, you start off. And I, I'm telling you, it's just there's, I'm there's you, the, not the Simon a lot Stag to grab on. Sentient to. king that we had at the well, end of the last king issue, Stag leading into this is, one, yeah, exactly. But the idea that the whole point is we need a, a T-cube or a T-sphere to give them them so they're able to have an internet connection so they can break out of this whole construct yeah, they and want to take over out. the world, which Guy is trying to warn them against. But when we give you – Mr. Terrific's like, here, Stag, I gave, here's a T-sphere. Don't worry, everybody. I programmed it with a virus, but then, like, you know, which destroys King Stag. But later on, we actually see the new sphere, and the idea is like, all right, you're going to give this to me or Paul is going to die. Why didn't he just give him another like virus? You yeah, know, virus sphere. Like the whole. I don't. If know. it worked once, try it again, baby. Until it doesn't work no more. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep going with what wins the game here. You don't have to change. If the fumble ruski has worked six times in a row, you do the fumble ruski. Uh, the right. one thing is funny, and and you kind of pointed out, and just to say one more time, the idea that you Gaia is on their side. 
Gaia is trying to warn Mother them. Earth. Why does she look so horrific? You you could have just had lips. This it monster Earth. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, and that's also like Better you said, look like on a Rolling Element Stone Dog. symbol. If I'm going to trust you, yeah, that's what I want. And uh, yeah, so you have this going on. I'm like, I wouldn't, you know, do that. And what happens in the story is, like you said, you have King Stag until you don't. Then you yeah. had Pixelix when it was got. Now she's back, and so everything she's is back, like baby. here. Yeah, and so it's like, all right, the what am Herald I supposed to get behind here? And, and it's yeah, such so a weird it's, again, idea it's, because it's we have the this, Silver the, Surfer, like we said, the, and the yeah, New the, Spheres Galactus. You have the whole. But deal. when you have the New Sphere, which is actually going to consume everybody, just like Galactus, the whole kind of Fantastic Four take on it as well, which is yeah. wasn't apparent to me last issue, definitely apparent to me now. Oh, but yeah. the idea that. I am the new sphere. I was created. Simon Stagg used to use me to figure out, you know, different things yeah. for his company. And like his I gained sentience. And then I realized, you know what? I am a god. I need to take over everything and consume all of mankind. Yeah. And while I'm along the way, because I am God, I have to do all the freaking, you know, the plagues. And I'm like, and then yeah. at one point, Plastic Man is separated into the seven oh, deadly my sins. I'm like, gracious. I don't know what Plastic we're doing Man anymore. You're just get, doing stuff. You know, the- He's getting boils. He's he's having his issues there. And then the then boils seem to become little plastic men. Yeah, they become seven little, little plastic, plastic men, which I, are the seven deadly sins. And and you just have to like the one is guy kid, Eric. The one yells, "I want to smooch." Yeah, it's guy kid. 100%. That's all I thought about. <laughs> it's the plastic man thought, guy kid. Hey, I'm hungry. I'm like, hey, it's Jim Warner. And then I, you know, I want to sleep. It's Jim Warner. I want to eat. It's Jim Warner. I want to kill Jim Warner. <laughs> I want cash. Made. I want it all. Baruch Assault. Uh, I, yeah, I want kill. cash. Tanya Werner. There, there you go. Yeah, Ma, I did. Hey, I want to smooch. It's going after Paula. Paula has a look of horror. And then yeah, the one's Freddie Mercury. Me. I want it all. I want it all. Yeah. And so then the ones just the, the killing one's best. Die, die, die. And they're just going. And yeah. That's kind but of it's funny. funny. If, th- if this was kind of the whole thing, I think I could have had more fun with it because I don't know you had the freaking the plagues of Egypt going on and then you go to the boss, but then all yeah. of a sudden Plastic Man just jumps, all these little Plastic Men jump out, these chibi Plastic yeah. Men and become the seven yep. deadly sins. I'm like, I, I don't know what we're and doing then anymore. He looks, now we're just he looks like up. he has turned into like some, some circus game with all those holes in him. Oh, oh whack-a-mole. Yeah, it's like whack-a-mole. I wasn't thinking sex he's a, doll. He's a seven-input guy. I like it too then because when the uh, when the guy kid plays him and goes, I can only think that's the one that grabs the controls from Phantom Girl. Scoot over, kid. I'm better than you. It starts you driving. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to smooch all the ladies. I'm telling uh, you, I yeah. don't understand the point of the seven deadly sins of Plasma because know. even when we get back to the locusts, now they're just alien locust uh, simulations. I'm like, yeah. What happened? And that's the whole terrific? thing. The, the you, you thing that such gets a great me. Pro- premise beyond yeah, yeah. the Fantastic Four ripoff yeah, nonsense. Well. Well, I would think that it was going to get past this, and you have some of that, but you still have the Galactus and the Herald of Galactus, you know, Silver Surfer, Pixelix. Uh, but yeah, even with that, though, the the whole thing, and it really was spelled out at the beginning with King Stag, is when they do go and there's the Locust, the alien race. That they, yeah. He's still in an AI, and it's still everything just ends up being deleted at times. They get out. they, they You know, nothing really ends up really having any sort of, you know – 
tension build or whatever because everything just ends up ending uh, by the time we're done. But yeah, you end up having, and I, I also don't like the digital mouth on the nose. I'm telling you, why it's is this so mouth weird. the symbol of God or anything at this point? Because I'm telling you, Gaia is a bunch of fangs and a mouth on Element Man or Metamorpho yeah. and Element Dog. And then once the new sphere gains, you know, internet technology and is able to move outside of the stag industries, it has a mouth like Gaia has, yeah. but digitized. I'm like, why and not is this as, the symbol not of a god sharp, figure at this point? Yeah, and not as sharp teeth. Yeah, it way reminds more trusting. Me, <laughs> and, and it reminds me of things that you would see on like Sesame Street or Electric Company when they're counting in the mouth. Definitely there. Electric Company. It, it is Electric Company. One, two, three, four, five. It, it freaks Six, me seven, out. Eight, nine, uh, but yeah, nine, so then 12. at the end, nine, nine, you nine, end nine, up nine, with nine. the idea with the, you know, hey, you're my Paula. You're at least a Paula. We can't do that. And then the, the big deal is, hey, Paula. Can can I say the words now? Go, terrific! Sure Go, yay, yay, whippy! Yeah, and so by the end, I'm just like, all right, we had, I don't like we this actually, book. we actually had some more fun talking about it than I ever thought we would. Uh, but yeah, you can tell when we don't like the book God Game Part minutes Three, and that's the thing Ooh, is I'm just wait. staring at that stupid fucking mouth on the front of Metamorpho. I'm like, why? <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and, and this and this freaking Phantom Girl what? holding You're the hand of one of these chibi plastic. Man, yeah. oh, it's just ridiculous. Yes, I want to smooch. I'm gonna go smooch the ladies. That's all I can think of the whole time. I'm like, all right, you're getting me a little, but yeah, it's just at the end, like, what do you do with that? Do you take these little round plastic men and shove them back in their main plastic man? Is that I how we fix it? I this? don't even, I don't even know. But yeah, we also, in the meantime, you did have Stag and Sapphire, they were outside, people were freaking out. Everybody's running, hey, it's the end of the world. Offspring and then and you have dog showed up, you have and did offspring show up. Hey, is my dad in there? That's all you get. That's pretty much what you get. Thank with you, them. Offspring. Yeah, thanks, Offspring. You're you're Looks just like you got some I, competition with Fangirl all of a sudden. I I never realized that anything named Offspring will always say the same thing or sound the exact same thing. Well, I mean, you, you gotta really, keep them separated, Jim. Yeah, really. That's the thing. There, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty fly for a white guy. But uh, we we were talking about Offspring at work the one day. I was we listening like, to Offspring man. this morning, and we we're like, oh man, yeah, which song because everyone is all of them but oh, obviously kind of, you gotta we keep them separated them. You, you always have to keep them separated i got a, a you know low self-esteem or whatever come out and play uh, yeah come out and play yeah here we go uh what did you give this uh, i don't even know at this point i didn't have a, a <laughs> score made up in my head before we got started i read it earlier i'm like i don't like this book but the art the art is really I really, really like good. the art steven segovia yeah. on art is the only thing that really attracts me to this book anymore because i know the story is just gonna you be like nonsense the is the smooching you something like you might smooching. like do you as like long as not that lips on freaking element man's chest that is true. Yeah, that that's trouble. That that's disgusting. But uh, so you gonna? Did you say a score, or are you just gonna sit uh, there and be an original I'm, prankster, Eric, and not give us I'm a score? Is that what you're doing? This, I'm gonna give this a five point <laughs> three out of ten. Uh, yes, uh, yes, Eric, uh, come out and play, like you said. Um, five point five, whatever. It's, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a five point five. It's just well. not interesting. Is the problem? Like I had a big problem with action comics, where I thought it was a very boring issue. Even with the way the story was told in Detective Comics, found that very boring by the end because we didn't do much except for reiterate the same things over and over again. This issue, we're still playing with the same idea of the plagues and stuff like that, and then they just go and do stuff for no real reason with the seven deadly sins. Maybe that's a plague. I don't realize happening because I'm not a big, you know, Bible reader at this yeah. point in my life. But 
I just find the characters not that interesting anymore because they are just playing off the Fantastic Four thing yeah, still. I, at one point, and it in, seemed in, to be trying to get away from that. Now it's right back. It's like, I mean, really, what they have to do with this Fantastic Four thing is they got to get away. Eric, there, there's another song there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I'm I say, the most interesting why part don't of this you get a mind. job, Eric? How, how about that? I have that? a job. You like that? You're going to go far, kid. I'm just re- reading a list of their songs. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go 5-5. Five, five. The art's great. The art really is. It's great. It, it's, it's got that. And it, it makes you want to get excited for what's going on. And then there's just nothing I'm telling you, Mr. and Miss Terrific look amazing when they show up in the beginning of yeah. this book. I'm like, just even the color work, everything about the art, not even just Steven Segovia's pencils, but everything about the art is great. I love the sh- the, the brightness of the colors. Yeah. And even the part with Miss Terrific and Mr. Terrific where they're going to go with their relationship, if you're my Paula, what that means for the multiverse, that is the most interesting part of the book. Yeah. And it's two panels long, pretty much. I'm looking at the credits page, which is the last page on the cliffhanger yeah. page. And boy, that, that, that mouth looks horrendous but i do kind of like in the back i do like in the back where you have phantom girl and she does have the plastic man that ends up looking like an inflated mate really does and then is holding also on and is also holding on to what i would love to think is still guy kid uh plastic man chibi so i don't mind that He, he wants to smooch but yeah i'll give it a five five that's it what is your book of the week my book of the week which is by far the best thing that dc had to offer this week is just league dark number 12 yeah i i don't know what mine is i guess mine is probably flash <laughs> i think i i don't know i didn't like a lot of the books this week well, so, how'd you feel uh, about the silencer this week I, i'm telling you i think that i can't remember what we gave it i think we went a little bit lower i think i was higher on flash and this is one of those where i've been a little more positive on some of the books than you and i do think that my book of the week is a seven that's pathetic uh but yeah you want to hear what we're going to talk about next week of course you i do hear? well of course two of these will be on the patreon and with that the patreon will be rolling over into july roll over roll over and then they fall off the bed and the little one's set. Do you remember that, Eric? Are you down with what I'm telling you? Uh, we have Beethoven? the Patreon account. And no, no, no. We don't need that. Uh, yeah, so it'll be July starting off. You can jump on. You won't be charged right away. You won't be charged till August. And like I said, way, way back at the beginning, uh, it is an annuals month, July. So by the end of the month, we will have an annuals uh, Patreon-only Patreon-only so, show. Uh, very, very low. Very low. But yeah, here's what we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to talk about uh, next week, minus two books that will be on the Patreon Spotlight. Adventures of the Super Sons, number 12. Finale. And that's the finale. Batgirl, number 36, which has to be close to, or if not, the last issue of Marguerite Scott. I believe it Uh, is. Me and Brandon still have Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, number two to talk about. Number three comes out. Maybe we'll combine those. It's a combiner, Eric. I don't know if you're aware of a combiner. We also have Deceased number three uh which you know we're, we're pumped up about we like yeah, that i, I know that, that the superhero girls is continuing their weird science uh storyline i saw maybe, that come in this i'm like yeah. you know what this has been going on a while and for some reason it I has it's number 13 mind. so uh yeah. we have deathstroke number 45 and a lot of these are going to be starting up the, the offer, offer. Yeah, we also have Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, number one. As we speak now, this is obviously a full-out Reggie book. I I thought that until Reggie was going to review it, Jeremy was thinking of reviewing it. Uh, In the meantime, there is a possibility that Reggie may review it on the site. We have to see. If not, 
uh, him and Chris may combine and, and try to work out something, but that may be a, a big return. We have Female Furies number six, which will finish that Finale. series. Yep, the big uh, mini series. Justice League number 27. The big series. <laughs> it's the big one. It's six issues. Uh, we have Lois Lane number one. Eric, did all you right. take any peek? Did you peek at Not the Lois at Lane all. number one? Neither that is did future I. Eric problems. That is true. Also, future Eric problems. The Green Lantern number nine. And no, no, that's you. You still have to <laughs> talk about book. it, though. You still have to talk about <laughs> it. And Jeremy talking about the Wild Storm and reviewing it on the site. The Wild Storm number twenty-four. Now, in the meantime, we do have the start have of it, those Walmart books coming out as you know monthly now. And the first is Tom King's Superman Up in the Sky number one. We'll discuss if we're going to talk about those. That might be something that be we'll short put discussion. on the Patreon poll <laughs> and end up uh, <laughs> and end up uh, if it wins, it'll be on the Patreon, but won't be on the regular podcast. Don't you put that evil on something me. like that. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't think that I've read them uh, up to a point. And the next one next week, the Brian Michael Bendis Batman Universe is what they're calling that comes out. They're not awful. The the Superman one just if you like Tom King, you're gonna like it because a lot of young kids die and things but like that. Jim, it's misery. I so. don't like Tom King. Well, you don't. But you know, some people need to hear these things. Maybe this'll be the book that grabs you. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll see what we're gonna do. <laughs> um yeah, but besides that, anything else you wanna say? You want you wanna thank no. the people, Eric, while I find our uh my I, uh, things because I, I would don't love, know where it is. love, what love, would, love what, what would you to like? thank the people. I would love to thank the people. <laughs> you would love to thank the but what people doing a lady do die like wave the, here as I'm thanking what, the what people. people. How too soon, Eric? It's always <laughs> too twenty five years. That's ago? the people's princess. We're crying sure out is. loud. All right, Eric. What do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep week. it weird, and we'll weird. see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> He wants you to be amazed by his ingenuity He came to DC Comics, demanded Superman Got rid of John, gave us Rogozar and changed up Leviathan Oh, I've got big balls, I've got big balls They're such big balls, daddy big balls And he's got big balls, and she's got big balls He's got the biggest balls of them all. Well, he's got a bunch of imprints for the books that he writes. And I'm sure we'll get more and more again. When he looks into the mirror, I don't know what he sees. But an ancient man with a bald head is a new face of DC. Oh, I've got big balls. King has-